Well, hello everybody. It is Saturday night, January 28th, year 2017. I'm Wong Xu. Yes, 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 yes. You know, you always normally hear Patricia's theme song when she's on, but Patricia threw out her back. But she'll be with us in two and a half hours just to give us a little wave to us an update. So, wow. instead. Is she, on, is she on medication? Well, yeah, well, she should be on painkillers. Pain- a drug induced state. <laughs> Everybody should be on painkillers when they listen to this show. <laughs> and so, sitting uh, so in for Patricia, I had, I had two. I had to find two twins. Well, you actually didn't. I know. I guess, you did, so you're I stuck did. with us. <laughs> so, hello, John and Worry. How are you guys doing? Walden who? I know. Yeah. I know. Yeah. You said that last week when we were broadcasting from Las Vegas. I did, it? yeah. I know. Yeah. And, and, and John said, don't you know who he is? And, and I said, no. He said, well, don't matter. He won't be, he won't be with us when we're done anyway. <laughs> anyway. Well, anyway, we're here. We're here. on the Pacific Coast, but not where our guest is. That's right. She's on the other side, 3,000 miles away. So, And we're going to have a good time talking about the Canova family. So, Joni Canova, welcome to our show. Thank you so much. I'm happy to be with you guys this evening. It's about 1030 here in Florida and somewhere in the late 50s as far as our temperature. So it's a great Florida night right in the center of the state. It's funny because that's about what it is here, too. Maybe maybe a little maybe the early 60s and it was 76 today, which was weird because it's been raining. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, for us until today. Santa Ana winds today. (laughs) <laughs> oh, I guess. Well, well, well. We've got our sweaters on here in Florida, but uh, it's okay. It's it's beautiful night, and I'm so happy to be with you guys uh, this evening and have a great chat. Cool. Good. 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 Tell us. Tell us for those who don't know. Tell us your relationship to Judy Canova in terms of the family. Uh, Judy Judy Canova's father and my grandfather. We're brothers. So she and my daddy were very close. My my father's name is Bruce Canova, and daddy and Judy were, you know, went back and forth to each other's homes over the uh, summer since their daddies were brothers. Mm-hmm. Um, she had already moved out to Hollywood, California by the time uh, that I came along. Um, but as I said, she was close with my, with my father. I finally got to meet, meet her, uh, when I was 18 years old. Um, that what, that was the first time I had met Judy and she invited us to come out to her daughter, Diana's wedding, mm-hmm. um, which, which was in her, um, her sister Anna's backyard in Hollywood. Uh-huh. And that was the first time I had been to, to Hollywood. And it was the first time meeting Diana, her daughter, and, uh, also Judy. So it was just um, just wonderful to me because um, for for all of my life I had heard all of the um, the fantastic career of Judy Canova radio films movies and everything and so um, I was just uh, awestruck to to meet her. <laughs> we didn't get a chance to meet her. We we saw her on many occasions at, at Pacific Pioneer Broadcasters. She would come from time to time in the early in the early seventies, I guess. Yeah, uh, from time mm-hmm. to time. And so we were, of course, aware of her, but came along in nineteen fifty five. So we were much too young to be contemporaries. But we've collected a ton of stuff over the years, uh, a lot of her radio stuff going back to the thirties. And I wanted to ask you about that. I don't know how much you know about 
when she was with her brother uh, Zeke and her and her sister, and and was on shows like Rudy Valley's show and and Paul Whiteman's uh, varieties and shows like that. Are you aware of when they were an act together? Uh, yes, um, her her brother Zeke and her sister um, Anna. They they had a, a a great little trio and just did did all kinds of things. Vaudeville mm-hmm. um, and and it's so funny that you mentioned about Rudy Valley because I haven't really you know spoken his name or talked about uh, Rudy Valley in a very very long time. Mm-hmm. And just before. I, just before I chat our chat here, um, we we came across some history of Judy that it was uh, she was just a teenager in 1931, and it was Rudy Valley who offered her her very first radio appearance. Wow! And that was that that would be the answer to your question. It would it was 1931. So, um, you know, I- anybody in. Um, uh, music, acting, uh, you know, in any of the theater, if you were uh, for the 30s, the 40s, and the 50s, you knew who Judy Canova was. Yeah. You know, uh, she, she started slowing down in the in the 60s, and then, you know, by the 70s, as the, uh, genera- uh, the uh, younger generations came along, it was, you know, less and less of those that knew who she was, but for for all of those years, and especially her her films, which were 1935 to 1952, um, you know everybody knew who Judy Canova was. And on Saturday- <laughs> and myself, when I worked at I worked at Cypress Gardens, Florida, here for uh, for ten years mm-hmm. from '93 to 2003, and I met tourists from um, all over the world because I worked in the gazebo outside of the Butterfly Conservatory, mm-hmm. and they would say. Uh, hi, nice to meet you. Uh, I would introduce myself as Joni Canova, and, and it would go one ear and out the other, and they'd say, "Nice to meet you, Judy," because they were all they were all seniors who remembered Judy Canova. Sure, sure. But it was it was lovely. It was lovely. It's less and less. It's less and less. But during those during those years, um, uh, they they all knew who she was and remembered her movies. It's kind of sad too when you think that that. And it happens with all the the major stars because they've not been in the limelight for a while and many of them are now gone. The younger people don't know who they are. And I, and that seems kind of sad. But then again, you know, if your name isn't in the public, uh, it, it, it does happen, unfortunately. Oh, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And it, it made me think that, um, you know, there's the the prominent years of, of real Hollywood what you know trying to think really uh, when it was if, if we didn't include the silent movies and and it was uh, you know did come after the, the 1920s mm-hmm. um, the stars of the 30s 40s and 50s um, there's a, a small um, thinking of overall the way it is today a handful and everybody knew this Everybody knew the stars, and that was uh, just just prime. And like you said, um, without being in the limelight now, those those were just I would say the golden years of Hollywood. And I I couldn't be more more tickled to think that um, you know a relative of mine, even though it was a, a generation before, as I said, Judy was the same age as my father, um, that she made such an imprint on 
uh, Hollywood itself, and I, I understand that um, uh, her ashes are right there on um, Hollywood Boulevard with the rest of the stars. So. It's interesting, too, because I, we've listened to a lot of her radio programs, and she's always she always has that folksy kind of character. I've only heard her in a couple of instances away from that when she was talking, and she, of course, didn't have the character sound that she did during radio. Did, did she ever break character? That you're aware of when she well, shows. Well, when I I I met her personally, yeah. of course, she uh, had bleach blonde hair and a, a dress for her daughter's wedding, and yeah. didn't look like the uh, Judy Canova that I had seen with, um, you know, long black pigtails and and quite a character. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that's what I know. She was known as a, an American. Um, comedic and actress, singer, and radio personality. But I did, I have a piece of sheet music uh, that says, Good Night Soldier on the top of it. And it's a, it's a glamour shot of Judy. And uh, it's a special one to me because there, there are so many silly pictures of her and on some of the album covers, um, just, you know, m- making some making some comedy like some of the other country comedians um but uh I, but i think she did she did change uh, she just played up what she thought was her was her strong point uh she in her time was probably not the most glamorous looking woman around so she she played up her strong point which was um her her comedy and her uh, ability to to really entertain that way and and be kind of silly. So that's what she did. But um, but there are some certainly uh, serious sides of Judy, and that glamour shot is one of them on her on the song on that piece of sheet music. Um, Good night, soldier. <laughs> when you listen to her sing, she sings very well. And I had heard that she studied opera, and of course she she couldn't do some of the the great things that she did vocally without that kind of training. Did she actually study opera and, and sing? You, you know, um, her, her opera training history, I don't know all, all of that to, to be, um, you know, to, tell, to feel comfortable telling you the facts, but I, but I do know that, um, you know, has, that was stated that she, did, that she did study and that enabled her to, uh, yodel as mm. well as she did. It, mm-hmm. said, it said that her her um, operatic chain. I, I didn't hear my dad speak of that, so that's why yeah. I didn't want to say anything that I didn't know for sure. Right. But in, in in things that I had read, um, it said her operatic uh, training uh, did help her with that and in, in in the yodeling enough. She was a great yodeler, and that's something that. I've never been able to do. Um, mm-hmm. I started performing here in Florida um, as a little girl. I've never, I've never done anything and I, anything else. And I still um, perform live music with uh, as a single act and also my brother. But yodeling was um, not, <laughs> not hasn't been part of it all these years. <laughs> so my my hats off to those that do. Do you yeah. guys let yodel? <laughs> well, we, we don't yodel, but John and I have been barbershoppers for 43 oh. or 44 years, so I am well aware of what oh it takes gosh. to do that kind of stuff. 
Oh my gosh. Yeah. Oh, well, that's pretty neat. That's pretty neat. It's oh, fun. Wow. Kept us off the streets, not necessarily out of trouble. I understand. Well, the, the, just the wild rose and a wonderful, the, the entertainment, uh, <laughs> the nothing, entertainment and You know, there's, there's nothing like being in front of an audience to entertain the audience because the feel, the feeling you get when they applaud and when they react to what you've done is just wonderful. I, I assume maybe it's like what theater people get when they do scenes from plays, etc. In the theater, that live effect from the audience, there's nothing like it. Oh, well, sure. They're very rewarding. Um, however, I think that there are certain people that are that are born for it um, more, more so. I was actually born... Um, a very shy little girl. I didn't want to say boo over the microphone mm-hmm. um, growing up, and my brother did most of the speaking, and then I, I had to completely bloom out of that. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know that, that uh, Judy was uh, born shy, but it, it, uh, it's harder you know, to get up in front of an audience uh, when you're a bit shy. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. I'm, I yeah, of I, course I've, it is. I have never had that problem. I just get up and go, and it doesn't. You're not fly. shy? No, 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 no. No. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Well, I well I was, but I was born into a family of musicians. My father played. My, uh, but his twin brother, they and, and another brother, Uncle Nolan and Uncle Bert, they had a a sax trio. And that same day of Judy, they ran around and. Uh, played with the um, at, at colleges and mm-hmm. the, the big band era and all of that. So I was born right into it, and they just said, hey, you know, this is what we do. You're part of it. So my dad brought, bought me my first drum set when I was six years old, really? and I became the drummer of his band when I was um, 14. Wow. Yeah, and then I started playing six nights a week in clubs when I was 15. Him on the organ, me on drums. <laughs> Now, how did you break your shyness? Oh, boy. How'd you break your shyness? How'd you get rid of that? Uh, that's that's a real real tough question. Um, I drank lots of water because my mouth was really dry. Uh-huh. Um, I was I was fortunate enough in our own town of Arbordale here. Um, my my father was city manager here for 33 years of our town, and I got re- some really nice things in school. They gave me the most talented senior girl award. I was first runner-up, homecoming queen, and um, uh, Miss Arbordale um, in uh, 1975. And thereafter, I had to, they asked me to um, host. Um, contest in different towns as far as be the mistress of uh, ceremonies mm-hmm. and that uh, that really that really helped me but I was I was so uh, I was so nervous I was so nervous I always had a dry a dry mouth and mm-hmm. so I was I was less shy to sing it was the talking that uh, I was so scared of that I really really had to learn to speak over, over the microphone and and not be so scared and so shy but i could sing but oh boy that talking really? so yeah so i never did any theater or anything like mm-hmm. that i was too mm-hmm. yeah a little bit too too scared so i just kept doing it and um i guess the best answer i could tell you is i i turned it around one day at cypress gardens to really get out the nerves and i said just don't need to just concentrate on 
making these people have a great time instead of them thinking how um, good you can play the keyboard, which is what I was doing there at Piper's Gardens, and how good you can sing. Your job, your job is to have them walk away and say, man, I, I just had a great time. I had a really, really great time. And it's just a, we'll be icing on the key, cake if they think you're really good. And fortunately, for 10 years, uh, um, they walked away saying both, and, and I had a, a lovely a lovely stay there. But, yeah, you have to work. Uh, any stars, I think they work on it all your life because you're born with uh, these kinds of characteristics, mm-hmm. and you just uh, work through it, yeah. And some people spend <laughs> a lot of money trying to figure out how to do it, and you did it naturally. You just thought about it from within and said, you know, let's make them have a good time, and it was that simple. Yes, it, it turned it a lot around and, and got it off of me and onto them. That right. I, that was my focus on how mm-hmm. to make make a really really enjoyable experience for them. Anything that I could do, then then it made me. Uh, I started to incorporate um, a, a puppet and uh, some some really silly things. It, it made me be able to really let my hair down and be more. Uh, like Judy, since you know, since we talked so so much about uh, Judy, I I really thought of her so much because I began to do some funny things and some silly things, and it was okay, you are, know. Are I, you, and 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 I began to enjoy it myself. Are you naturally funny? Do you think? Uh, it's there. Yeah, uh-huh. I think it's. I think the. I think the sense of humor is there, but it was hindered when I was younger. Uh, with the with the shyness, but in my performance, my um, my mom was um, was a cut up, and I got some of that from her. Her her brother got it for the wittiest in school, mm-hmm. but I I began to incorporate some silly things like when I was doing songs of the fifties, I put on a a tall pink wheat, uh, beehive. Uh, wig and um, you know throw something on as I was doing a 50 song mm-hmm. or sing the song Hello Dolly and uh, and put on a, a long um, blonde curly wig and a boa around my neck and go down and sit in the audience um, amongst them with a wireless microphone and just play around with the audience mm-hmm. just for some fun. I, as I said, I I I wanted to see everybody smile, not just sit there and and take note that you know someone whoever was a was a good performer because that's not going to make their day particularly. No. No. It's not going to necessarily make them smile. So I I wanted to do both. So I I I thank God that He gave me that um, um, uh, ability that I that I was able to. Um, evolve, you know, that way. Mm-hmm. When you were growing up. So now I'm well, I think I'm more well-rounded now. I think good. I'm more well-rounded. I, I've been called on to do all kinds of jobs after all these many years in the business. So I do a, a Hawaiian show. I'll put on a poodle skirt and do a, uh, all 50s and 60s at, at, a, at a car hop where they show classic cars and mm-hmm. just all different things. <laughs> So just whatever the my and that's what my dad taught me. He said whatever the job calls for. If they want polkas, well, he taught me how to do polkas. Uh, 
and <laughs> they want Hawaiian music. Uh, as a matter of fact, for his retirement, uh, we put on a Hawaiian show, uh, which when I, when I was 14, my dad had a full seven-piece band with a Hawaiian show. Wow. And um, I recorded the music, and we put on a Hawaiian show um, for my dad's retirement. So, yeah, it's it's been fun, and it's been a really, really, uh, really wonderful career. I've got a lot of nice pictures and, and video, and uh, it, it was interesting. And there's still more for me to look at, even mm-hmm. of, of duties. You, you, you know, there's just always so much more when you pick out one person's career and and look at what they've done with any of us by a certain age you you've got a life story to tell right right <laughs> even yeah all of all of us of course mm-hmm. and uh you just kind of look back on it and say wow this is this is this is what I've done to this point so what do we want to do now <laughs> and you have a website don't you maybe we can draw people to your website so they can kind of see what you're doing now uh, well, absolutely. It's um, th- that particular website was uh, put on for me from a gentleman at uh, Cypress Gardens. So it was. It's just some, you know, history about Joni. I, I, um, uh, I don't have my as far as where I'm, you know, playing right now on that particular uh, one. But we'll see what 2017 looks like. Um, my two mainstays right now is a. Uh, two uh, very high-class Italian restaurants, uh, one in uh, Lake Wells, Florida, called Lynn Contros, and um, one in uh, Lake Alfred, Florida, called Luigi's. And Luigi's and Lynn Contros, I play there um, uh, four times four times a month, and I play dinner music while people eat grand Italian meals. Oh. <laughs> so that's all during the week, Tuesdays at Luigi's and then uh, Thursdays. At Lynn Contros. And I just started last night um, with my brother Buddy. We'll be doing the American Legion here in Winter Haven uh, once a month. So I enjoy doing a duo with him. He plays saxophone and he about seven instruments. And I've worked with him in all different band situations all my life. So uh, we're just kind of doing a new a new spin for this uh, new year of new of 2017. And and keeping the music going as long Ooh, as we can. Good. What part of Florida is Winter Haven in? Uh, it's, we're we're right in the center of the state. Okay. We're about an about an hour um, between Tampa and mm-hmm. about about an hour from Orlando and Tampa. Right, right in the middle. Okay. Okay. Yeah, we were there a couple of years ago. Not in Winter Haven, but we were in uh, Orlando. You know, because we've been to Disneyland out here tons of times, but we'd never been to Florida. And we were there for a week and got a chance to go to much of Disneyland, not all of it because it's huge. Uh, yeah. Ep- Epcot and also the uh, the uh, Kennedy Space Center, which was wonderful. I'd like yes. to spend oh, yeah. more time. Yeah, but Florida was great. A lot of fun. It is. It is. There's, there's the, you know, the fuller uh, areas like, you know, Celebration and all those um communities that have developed right around the Disney area. Um, I'm in one of the, the small towns. As a matter of fact, I live in the, in the house that I've uh, been in since I was three years old. Oh my. I'm about 30. Yeah. I'm about 30 minutes from SeaWorld, but, ah, okay. it, but my town is small and I love it. You can hop in the car and, 
in about two minutes, you can go to the post office and the bank and around the park and back again. <laughs> Great. Yeah. Do you do traveling? And, oh, and and one more wonderful sure. thing about the 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 town there before we leave it is they did. Um, and again, speaking of uh, Judy and and my father, who were um, that had their their music careers at. Uh, the the same time and we're about the same age uh, when my um when my father retired they they gave him the honor of naming our football stadium after oh. uh, after my father so when you when you come through these parts and you think of Judy or Joni or Bruce or whatever mm-hmm. and you pass a little town called Arbondale Florida you will pass the Bruce Canova Stadium which will be there forever in the day well that's great are, yeah, are, it was a nice honor. Are there aren't there still Canovas performing? Uh, you mean uh, b- b- besides Buddy and myself? Yeah, yes, yeah. Uh, uh, around around here, I, you know, I really don't know about the um, the brutes. I mean, I mean the the kids from um, you know from the other brothers. And sisters, except for Diana, is mm-hmm. the only one that I'm aware of. I, I am not aware of, um, you know, any other uh, cousins except yeah. for my um, my my brothers. Uh, I mean, my my dad's brother Nolan mm-hmm. and my dad's um, brother Bert. Mm-hmm. Um, their 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 children are all you know musically inclined mm-hmm. and. Um, you know, in play, they, they've never done it, you know, particularly for, um, well, I take that, but, you know, my, my Bert Nolan, my Uncle Bert's uh, boy plays great sax. Mm-hmm. Um, um, Uncle Nolan's son, um, Noli B, plays great, uh, great guitar. None of them are currently doing it for, you know, a profession or, mm-hmm. or out any place, but uh, when, when music is in the veins, you know it it goes down through the through the children and then the next generation, and um, you never know when one of them are going to decide to make a career of it. Mm-hmm. But um, and as I said, they're I think they all all those Canopas got uh, some music in their veins. Mm-hmm. Um, but as far as the ones that made musical um, careers of it, Diana, Judy's daughter. Um, sang really well, and her acting ability ability was so wonderful. It it did give her um, a career of of sitcoms. Right. I don't know what she's actively doing at the moment, but she starred with Danny Thomas on a nighttime series, and she was um, the young lady Corinne, I believe, is how you pronounce the name, on the the uh, nighttime soap. Um, well, that's what it was called, is soap. It ran for quite some time. It was a nighttime uh, series, but but Diana did very well. But yeah. as far as around these parts, I, I don't know of any other Canovas uh-huh. um, that are. What know, about the generation? Uh, be- what about the generation before Judy? Like your grandfather? Were, did were they in vaudeville? Do, what do we know? The generation before Judy, Zeke, and Anna were there? What were there some musical history in that that part of the family? Well, I know that they all uh, came from Menorca, Spain. Her 
um, her father's name uh, was Joseph, Joseph, and her mom was Henrietta, and they came from Mornorca, Spain, and I've always heard about that my roots, you know, came from there as well, and then they came down here to uh, Stark, Stark, Florida, which is where you know, Judy was born, um, and, you know, I've always heard there was music played in all those houses i i don't i don't know how far back it goes but um that would be that's something i'll have to do a little bit of Mm -hmm. research um research on and that um that captain that i heard came that came over on the boat landed in saint augustine um which is one of we were one of the first 20 families as i understand to um you know hit saint augustine and um and stay there. As a matter of fact, there is a uh, a Canova house there in um, St. Augustine for viewing and some artifacts. And But whether that fellow that came over, whether he sang and played, I don't know. He probably did. <laughs> um, but I know, I, I'll have to, find, I have to find that out for our, next, for our next chat. Sure. I know that there has been one book written about the Canovas, and specifically Judy, by Ben Obert and the uh, Bear Manor Media back in 2010. Has the family ever ever discussed or uh, written or worked on a, a book that would chronicle a, the life of the Canobas? Uh, not a book per se. We have, uh, when I went to a Canova reunion in St. Augustine, there was, uh, you know, historical facts put in a, a book about the Canovas and uh, that I, I do have that one from our family reunion down there. But as far as wor- worldwide, it, Judy, because of, you know, Hollywood and the limelight, she, she's the most known, you know, Canova. And then of course I was, um, I was awestruck when we did go to the reunion in St. Augustine and understand about the the roots and the uh, original Canovas coming there from from Spain, so that was kind of neat to know. And I don't know whether the Wikipedia article is accurate. I, I looked at it just today, uh, but there's a whole article on on Judy, and don't know for sure, you know how accurate it is. Uh, for, you know, there's, there's, uh, I've read a few things. Um, mo- most of it, I believe, is as I said, she was born in in, in Stark. Um, she lived to be um, a 69. Some of them say 66, 69. And as you say, when these facts are written uh, on the internet, you never know if it's just you know exactly accurate. But you know, I think I think all of it is um, pretty close pretty close. I, I know that they had but, her birth they had her birthday listed. Well, they weren't sure about the birth year. Uh some said two, uh 1913, some said 1916. Uh, can you tell us which is correct? Uh no, I can't at the moment. No, I, I really can't because I, I I just hadn't thought about that in in quite some time. I I would want to verify that to be absolutely sure. As I said, I I you know, it said she was 60, 69, and some of the facts said 60, um, 66 as far as her 
uh, how long that that she lived. But I um, I will have to make make sure I know the absolutes about about all that before I do I do quote them. So wanted to make sure I'm I'm real accurate. What happened to her yeah, blood? But I'm I'm happy. I'm sorry. What happened to her brother and sister after the thirty? Did they went to private life? Did they continue in show business? I'm thinking Zeke and Anna. Did they continue or? Uh, uh, do you know much? Uh, what happened to them? Uh, you know, I'm, I knew more about uh, about Anna. She she tried to do uh, she did some you know nightclub performances and and things like that. And then um, I at, at the time there was um, I guess they'd like to do a lot of uh, cigarette smoking and and. Uh, some of the late night music places, and and I understood that 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 really got to her as far as um, you know playing and singing at it. So uh, I think as she as she hit middle age, that she you know she gave she gave up that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So I I think most from from what I understand, their most of their careers were were with with Judy, you know, in their, in their younger age when they were doing a trio and, you know, the thirties and forties. And, um, as far as, uh, mid and, and later life, I'm, I'm not sure what direction that they, uh, that they chose. So, um, I had to do some, some research into that for, mm. for Anna and Zeke. Is there any places that are still around where the Canovas played in the thirties, any of the vaudeville still out? Houses in Florida, any places like that are still around in your neighborhood? Not, you know, not that I'm aware of. Uh-huh. Yeah. If if there is, it would be a surprise to me because I, I be, it was so so many years ago. Sure. I I think that they've been uh, torn down or um, a remodel if if there if there was an you know I mean at the original site. Mm-hmm. Yes. Some some great um, American music history, though. Oh. Mm-hmm. Wow. <laughs> yeah, things things have changed quite uh, quite a bit, and it's so broad. There's so so many people that do all kinds of music, and just uh, so many venues. Um, I mean, it's it's a wonderful thing. It really is. But life was simpler when um, when there was it was a smaller world of Music and singers in Hollywood. Yeah. How did you How did you fall into Hawaiian music? I mean, I've seen such an interesting combination here. You're in Florida, and you have a specialization in Hawaiian music. How did that How did that come about? When I was 14, my father had a show group across from Cypress Gardens at the big hotel. I believe it was called the Sheraton at the time. And, and he played regular dance music for the evening. And then for one hour, he had a Hawaiian show. And he hired a gentleman from the islands. His name was uh, Song Wong. And Song Wong um, uh, married a, um, a lovely lady from Winter Haven, Florida, named uh, Ava Poole. And um, she uh, went to the islands and took dancing. And when she came back here, um, Ava, which was, uh, you know, a- Ava, Ava Pool Holiday now, and she's 
still my still my friend after these many years they have a holiday but when she was married to song wong they did a hawaiian show with my father and that was my first introduction as song wong would uh, play and avid would dance and uh, do audience participation he was um oh i Don Ho, yeah, kind of like a Don oh, Ho. Sure. Okay. <laughs> a fun, a fun Hawaiian show, mm-hmm. and that was my first introduction to it at 14 years old. Mm. And then, um, uh, as I said later on, uh, after my uh, my father's retirement, and we, I called Ava and I asked her if she still danced, uh, that they wanted to do a Hawaiian theme. So I put in about 50 hours of recording time and recorded the background tracks to all the traditional Hawaiian songs. And I want to go back to my little girl shack and mm-hmm. blue Hawaii and the Hawaiian wedding song and all the wonderful ones that just that everyone loves. And we get that together and it was, uh, it came across so good. We started getting calls at um, home communities around Florida here around the just you know where we live to come and perform the show so we started doing it all over again after all those years <laughs> wow that's terrific yeah it, was, yeah it was a lot of fun is it hard to do to put together a big band in Florida I know we have talked to a lot of the uh, con- current ghost bands like the Dorsey band and the D- Jimmy Dorsey and financially it's so hard for them to make a go at it nationwide. I was just wondering, you know, for a seven piece combo or a five piece combo, is it the same obstacle economically to make that a go? Is it better just for a solo act or absolutely. one or two piece? Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely so. And I I hate it that that's the case, um, because there is so much uh, music that won't be played. Um I wish there I wish there was a way because it's wonderful when um, more than two can get together and do this wonderful and beautiful thing called music just like they did in the 30s and the 40s. Um, but it is exceptionally hard harder to do it as a career, at least locally here. Um, and as I said, I wish that wasn't the case, but uh, those that do play and those that do sing and those uh, that are very talented on, you know, uh, a horn instrument, um, you have to get together with others to have that horn section. And then someone has to, if you're going to perform every week or several times a month, um, you know, some venue has to fit the bill to uh, be able to afford, you know, to do that. And there is, you know, there is a small market where some of the um, home parks that have the bigger clubhouses and a, a bigger budget towards entertainment. Um, and I think that that's what you really have to research is um, who is actually um, what communities or what organizations, um, who is putting or budgeting um, money aside for entertainment, and and that's where you that's where we all go. It's like the circus, you know. Sure. Um, you, sure. just ha- you have to go where they want entertainment and where they want 
a lot of entertainment at the same time, two, three, four, five, six people or or a big band, and they're willing to put, you know, um, you know, thousands of dollars towards the budget to put it all together and hire a sound man and, and lights and everything. It's, it's a wonderful thing, but as I said, you have to have a group of people who are um, – who think like that and want to put money into an entertainment, um, you might say, pot. Let's everybody put money in the pot here mm-hmm. and hire a big band. And not everyone, not, not every, being so money conscious, not everybody is doing that. But there are some, but it's limited. So on Tuesday and Thursday night, what, what kind of combination? Is it just you, you and a, a piano? What, what kind of setup do you have when you're performing i i when i most of the time in in it's for exactly what what all you guys said as far as music budgets being low in the 90s i started doing um a single mostly and that's what i mostly do now i love to work with my my brother buddy mm-hmm. we do on uh, other occasions get together with um um a few other people, uh, one particular duo, Tony and Trish, uh, Tony Belsky, a father and daughter. And, um, you know, but that, that's limited on what we can do, again, because of the uh, financial part of it. But for myself, I work the most as a single, and I, I stand up. I sing most every song. Most of my jobs last for three hours, some of them four. For the Italian restaurants, it's dinner music, um, but I do, I can also play dances and, you know, play some, you know, get down good dance music, um, whether it's uh, some of the current songs or some dances hire me for ballroom dances, which include rumbas and cha-chas, even a tango, um, but... You know, I really, really like it all. But yes, as a single, I stand up, sing every song. I play a, a rolling keyboard, and then I also have some uh, tracks to the side. So if I want to uh, go out into the audience with a with a wireless mic, um, I can just sing and chew the track. And then a lot of times, since drums is my my favorite instrument, um, I will turn the keyboard into a drum set. And I love to do this. And I play drums with my fingers. And I might put on uh, some some fast song, or if, if it's country, I might put on the boot scootin' boogie. And oh. um, then I'll play drum. Oh, I even have a track of Wipeout, and I'll put Wipeout <laughs> on my CD. I'm serious, guys. You think I'm playing? I'm serious. <laughs> and I miss the drum so much, and I actually will just. Do wipe out with my fingers on the keyboard. Oh, how cool! Do you <laughs> have an electronic lot, drum set? Do you have an electronic drum set, or do you have the real drum uh, no, set? No, no. The I have a in 1976. My father bought me a double bass Tama set. Uh-huh. A real real set of drums, which I still have. Mm-hmm. As a matter of fact, in 2016, uh, for one year, I played with a. A pretty heavy rock and blues band, believe it or not. I hadn't really played uh, much drums in many, many, many years. Just mentioned it to a friend that how how I missed it. I went to jam with some fellas here in in my town, 
and um, the uh, the the leader who was uh, his name is Mike Guy. He had a nice studio and some drums, and they were all you know getting to together. A friend of mine I'd known for years at a local music store, David Woody, fantastic uh, keyboard player. Uh, Dan, our guitar player, just just wonderful. Well, I I, I played, uh, sat in with these fellas, and they wanted to hire me. So I ended up playing uh, uh, all all year with the Next Level Band, besides my single work, and that's that's what they called it, the Next Level Band. So we played um, all kinds of different places, even um, biker bars, um, one called the High Octane, and I think it was a the um, Nona Sass, I think that was the place. But anyway, it was a great treat, and I wanted to keep going, but I played so hard, I I threw my last disc into my sciatic nerve, so I had to stop and get that Ouch. fixed last January. Yeah, it was uh. a little out, but but I got it fixed, and I'm I'm fine now. I'm fine now. <laughs> I'm just a little a little scared to k- kick that face <laughs> um, to high heaven. <laughs> So <laughs> I'm kind of laying off that for the moment, but um, it's it, when I hear the music. Oh my goodness, I get so inspired. Mm-hmm. I would, I just start, um, I just start wanting to play. I hear the rhythm. Yeah. I hear the rhythm, and yeah. I, I can walk in when the band is playing, and um, I just, I just want to play so bad. But I have to just make sure, make sure that I. They stay healthy while I'm doing it. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Any other questions that I haven't asked or that you need to ask, Walden? Uh, did did you ever study Judy's songbook? Did you ever did you uh, just for fun just gone through yeah, her music? And- yes, yes, of course. But when I do the Wabash Cannonball uh. for, <laughs> for fifteen years. In Winter Haven, Florida, there was a big orange stone. They just recently took it down, but they called it the Florida Citrus Festival. Just like in Plant City, Florida, they have the Strawberry Festival every year, and they have big-name acts, uh, had them at both. And for 15 years, they asked me to come for the 10 days of the fair and put on a show just by myself and show... They're both there and at Cypress Gardens, when I would do the Wabash Cannonball, I would say my second cousin, Judy Canova, <laughs> was famous for singing this song, mm-hmm. the Wabash Cannonball. Even get out a little wooden whistle and blow the whistle uh. just to have some fun. <laughs> but yes, yes, she had she had a, a great a great library of songs, but that was, that's the main one that I, you know, that I did of Judy's. Mm-hmm. Um, Good. I did hear a serious version. You, you guys were asking me about uh, the other side of Judy. I got a CD and I heard a, just a lovely version of, um, uh, like rockabye, uh, rockabye baby. That was just, just yeah, um, really that, nice. that used really to be her. Was it "Go to Sleep, You Little Baby," which was her quoting song? Off song. Yeah, yeah, it was, yeah, yeah, just a really serious. Go yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I heard her sing it. That Yeah, once. go to sleepy. You yeah. did? Yeah. yeah. Okay. It's a beautiful song. Yeah, yeah, not a bit, not a bit of comedy in oh, that. No. I mean, it was just. 
it was really, really neat. I love it. Love that version. Because did, don't, she, did she record much? Did she do recordings much? Did Judy do yeah. recordings? Yeah. Because we know she did. Yeah, films. I mean, we know she did movies. Did she do albums and stuff too? Yes, yes, she did. It's all you know. It, it's all accessible uh, to us. I've got um, you know the ones that uh, people have brought to me. The regular, you know, the regular thirty-three big big album mm -hmm. covers with um, you know painted fronts uh, and photographs. Ones painted, ones. Um, uh, photographs of her, but it's all um, accessible. I think we could get, uh, you know, copies on CDs. Okay. I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if stuff on YouTube, everybody, if we look I on YouTube. I wouldn't be surprised you know? YouTube's got everything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, but oh, this was, you know, this this quality, this is, I, I've had it for, uh, I think I got this one in 2007, and mm -hmm. it was just a really good quality CD, and that was that, had on that um, oh. Go to Sleep. Go to sleep, you little baby. Yeah, yeah. And that, that was it was wonderful, but yeah, I hope that we all keep me making music for a 2017, and you guys keep doing the barbershop thing yep. and putting your voices out there. And oh yeah, I wouldn't Walden, miss it. Walden, you keep a good voice for radio uh, here. Oh, I'll try. <laughs> I try. Yeah. Well, Joni <laughs> interviewing people from all over. Yeah. Yeah, we've done a lot of that over the last several years. We started in seventy. Three or seventy-four, and oh, and neat! It, it was so much fun because a lot of those people are gone now, and we didn't get everybody, but we got a lot of them. And and now we're getting to the kids and the you know the kids who were actors and the sons and daughters of those who worked in radio, because if we don't preserve it, who will? It needs to be preserved so that people later on can have some sort of a track record of what went before. Oh, you're so right. Yeah. You're so right. Yeah. It's, 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 one, it's wonderful history. And uh, as you say, to see what what happened after um, and what is happening after after these guys left. Who, mm -hmm. Right. Um, what's the country song? Who Who's going to fill their shoes? Was yeah. it George Jones singing that? Who's, yep. Yeah. When they're gone, who's going to fill their shoes? Well, I'll tell you what. I'm. I'm trying to do it. I have been trying to do it for for all of these years, um, you know, at least on 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 a, a local basis here. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I have done some wonderful things outside of um, uh, Central Florida, and it, but it was all because of my music. Um, sure. I had the Royal the Royal Jesters, part of the Shrine Group, and they asked me to go on a, a tour down the Danube. Um, on a five-star paddle boat, and they um, that was them and their and their wives, and it was a, just a wonderful thing. I mean, they hired me to entertain on the boat, and I, I, without the music, I, I would have never been able to experience so many things in my life, you know, without the music. When I worked at Cypress Gardens, they asked me to go to uh, Canada, and when they uh, you know set up the booth. For to promote tourism in Florida, I mean, I, I would have you know, just just never been able to have these experiences. So, uh, music's been a wonderful thing to me, and a very, as you can tell, of course, from this conversation, mm -hmm. a very large part of my life. Yeah, there's been many other parts of my life as well that yeah. have been good, but music has been. I can't say anything. It's, 
I've just never had a negative experience with it. The, the, the musicians I've met, the musicians I've played with, the, the places that people have asked me to come and perform, it's just, it's all been wonderful and positive. It is. It's, a, it's yeah. wonderful. So before it's we great. let... So I, I, uh, Yes. Before we let you go, Joni, let's give a plug. Where are you on Tuesday and Thursday night for listeners in Florida that want to come see you play? Where can they find you? Okay. Um, the first, uh, excuse me, the second and the fourth Tuesday. Second and the fourth Tuesday of every month, like clockwork. I'm at Luigi's Fine Italian Restaurant in Lake Alfred, Florida. And the second and the fourth Thursday of every month. And uh, see, Luigi's, I've been there for five years now. Wow. And um, the second and the fourth Thursday of every month, that's Lynn Contro's fine Italian restaurant, and that's in Lake Wales, Florida. And then, as I said, I'll be working once a month with my brother Buddy as a duo at the American Legion here in uh, Winter Haven. And most all of the other places, um, it's uh, spot dates, you know, here, here and there, no, no, particular, uh, no particular date. I, I do do once a month. Um, Buddy and I both, we don't do it as a duo, but he'll work one Tuesday and I'll work a Tuesday at the um, Senior Adult Center in Winter Haven when, for ballroom dancing. Yeah, cool. Cool. So we try to keep, try to keep that going, and then, then there's you know Christmas parties, and mm-hmm. uh, we always work New Year's Eve. <laughs> oh sure, sure. Yeah. And, and probably December is an incredibly busy time of the month for you, right? Certainly more Christmas parties yeah. and yeah. things going yeah. on. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's a time when all entertainers flourish, and I'm That's sure right. you guys dress up in red, white, and green and oh, sing those oh, yeah. songs and harmony. Absolutely. <laughs> it's, it's, it's probably not a night in December when I'm actually home. Oh, my gosh. Well, that's wonderful. Yeah. You're, if you're like me, I I miss it when, when January comes and I can't sing rocking around the Christmas tree. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and when I can't. When it's all over, I'm like, oh, I miss these songs. Yeah, why don't they let us sing those songs in January and February and March? They just don't. It's like as, oh as, soon, my as, the, as soon as Christmas goes and you turn on the radio because you've been listening to Christmas since almost Halloween, December 26th, it's gone, and they're to normal singing again. But you got to put the snowman in the closet, you know? It's That's just right. the way it works. Yeah, you just yeah take and then it's a... That, yeah, then you just then it's a big treat when you bring him out again in sure. uh, late, right after Thanksgiving in oh. like November. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, well, I hope to fun. meet you guys one day. That would be a treat after talking to you oh, and sharing the entertainment business. And uh, who knows what 2017 will bring for for all of us. Amen. Um, yeah. And and long, shortly before the phone call, we we were asked if we could send you a link or a copy or whatever of this conversation. So um, I'll be out of town for a couple of days. When I get back, I'll start working on that, and we'll send you a copy. Oh, sure. <laughs> so <laughs> well, we'll that's, do it. That's uh, that's just fine. It was so nice to chat with you, and um, thank you for being interested in. Um, 
the whole, you know, um, music business and uh, this wonderful era of, of old Hollywood. And thank you for being interested in, in the Canova family. Oh, you're welcome. You're welcome. Because we're trying to keep uh, keep the music going, even though some of the Canovas are not here anymore. I'm trying to keep it going for for my father and his um, uh, brother Bert and his um, his brother Nolan that had a wonderful voice and sang with the big bands and and Judy keep this Canova get uh, name going and then um, after my time it'll be up to the rest of them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Well, you're a delight to talk to, and we're happy to have the chance to do that. And we'll be in touch soon, and we'll send you a copy of this. And if there's stuff that you want us to help you plug, we'll do that too. Oh, how sweet of you guys. You just sound wonderful. Have a great rest of the evening, and uh, I hope January is a great wrap for you, and um, and the rest of the year is great. Maybe we'll meet before the year is over. And, hey, who knows? Who knows? Um, yeah. Maybe we'll get together and sing uh, a Christmas song. There you go. <laughs> sure, I'm, I'm all for it. Yeah. Yeah, that we can chat again or, or figure yeah. out how. I do a real fun little version of uh, the Drifters. It's the silly version of I'm Dreaming of a right, White Christmas. You know, That's a great blah, hit. Blah, 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 blah. That sure. one, oh, I bet you guys can do a, would really be some fantastic uh, barbershop backup on yeah. that. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah, we could, we could, we'll work something up. That'd be fun. That'd be fun. Okay, you guys. All right, Joni. Have a great month. You too. Thank you, Joni. Bye-bye. Walden, thank you so you bet. much. You bet, Joni. Good night. Good night. Bye-bye. That was fun. Oh. That was terrific. Yeah. And we kept her about an hour, which was longer than you thought. I, th- we I didn't. I, I had no clue. But yeah. she was very. She was very. Com- very so conversational. Seven one four. Yeah. So, yeah, so we'll get together and we'll do. Uh, we'll we'll do something here. Uh, I'm getting her a copy of that as well. Yep. Sure I enough. didn't talk. I didn't mention all the stuff we had. I mentioned that we had stuff. Right. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff that on Judy that survives. Uh, going back to the 30s, now, I don't think there's anything in 32, 33, 34 with regard to the Rudy Valley, the... Um, oh, I checked. The um, um, Fleischmann's East Tower. The first thing that we had with Valley is in 88. That's the... Sorry, 38. <laughs> uh, the Royal Gelatin Hour. But we've got a few uh, Paul Whiteman personalities or Paul Whiteman, Whiteman something. I forget Whiteman. What it's by, by the way, I know that Golden doesn't have a lifted. Judy was on the night Wars of the World. She was on the Station Sanborn hour opposite the Mercury Theater. You know, I'd forgotten about that. How did you remember that? I don't know. You know, just... just Are you sure you're not making that up? I probably am. Yeah, get, I yeah. am getting 50 years old. I'm probably going to... You're older it. than 50. <laughs> I remember she was on a note of triumph, too, Walter. Oh, what shut up, about that? Sure, was. You know that. I can't leave this on there because then Joni's going to say, I want the note of triumph show. <laughs> <laughs> It wasn't on a note of triumph. All right, John, look up Shut some... Shut up and eat your popcorn. Look up some Judy Canovas on YouTube. There must be some wonderful music. You know, I'll bet you there is. Because, you know, I loved her radio show just for her music ability. Because yeah. it was either be her and the sportsman up front, 
And then in the back, it can be a v- right or right after the middle commercial, a very strong yeah. operatic song. He was a really perfectly frank. I didn't think the actual show was that well written. No, it was okay. But boy, what a, some of the things she did musically, it was wonderful, and with that character were really remarkable. Especially when you when you know that she didn't sound like that. That was a character that she put together long before the radio show. She was Fine. doing that stuff. In vaudeville. I remember uh, one of the earliest Burvac guests, I think, was Fred Fox, wrote for the series. Yep, it was. It yeah. was, you're right. But, uh, wow. a whole... We should, we should do a Spurback thing where he talks about that and, and then spread the wagons around with Judy Canova. Mm-hmm. Because uh, during the Second World War, because we had Jen saying that, uh, we had, we a couple years ago, uh, Rex... And I thought Jen did a marvelous Judy Cordova. She did. And it was well-received. It was funny. It was funny. And she got to play her sack. And she sang Goodnight Soldier at the end, which I guess during the war was the closing theme song. Uh But after the war is the one that the the song that Larry mentioned, which is a beautiful song. Yeah, it is. And I think she sang... where she got that from. We'll have to to, uh, Google that. And look and see if there's a derivation in terms of where it actually started. And I guess he actually sort of sang it for a daughter. Um, when that's what I hear. That's what I hear. I should go back and look at when Frank Rizzi did his uh, salute to KFI. Judy Canova mm-hmm. was one of the people on that. Remember? Right. And also, we should go back and listen to that. Also, that we have it on the 20th anniversary of One Man Family, where Judy's talking to her daughter about the early days on on radio. Oh, I should go find it. Yeah, that might be something to play. I don't know if we'll get to it tonight. Not sure. You know, but it's a fun little... Mm. That's a fun anniversary show that never got played. (laughs) Yeah. We have a lot of stuff to get to. I don't know if we'll get to it all because um, at 10 o'clock Pacific, 1 o'clock Eastern, we will listen to and talk to Patricia in her drug-induced state. (laughs) 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 She's probably on meds because she threw her back out. I got a story... Uh, I gotta find it. I have to tell Patricia about this. Our friend Brian uh, threw his back out. He's doing that. He does that a lot, but he threw it out once. How do I put this delicately? He was in the bathroom, going <laughs> to the bathroom, uh-huh. reaching for toilet paper, uh-huh. and threw his back out. Oh my and, god! And his story in print of or in an email about what he was feeling and how it felt. His description had me on the floor. How did he get off for, from the sitting oh position? I, I can't, it's been so long ago. <laughs> but I was on the floor. So was Melinda. We were just sitting here with tears rolling down our faces. We need to invite Brian on the show, get to tell the toy. <laughs> I don't, he's got other stories that I can't do on the air. <laughs> oh, my gosh. He is such a storyteller. Wow. I'll have to find this because it was classic. It really was. Anyway. Well, we definitely got we definitely got plenty of things to play. We're happy to take your phone call. But John, you have something over there? Popcorn. He's got a bag of popcorn. No, I'm I've just finished the popcorn. With or without butter and salt? Oh, and a little bit of salt and a little bit of butter, but not much. So you you would just basically eat in dry air, huh? Pretty much. <laughs> Hello, hello, you're on the air with John and Larry. Rah, rah, rah. Go Spurzak. That's right. Thank you. That's right. Did you enjoy it? Yes. You did? 
Yes. Did we keep you busy? Um, no. <laughs> How long were you on the bus? Um, which one? Going out or going back? Both. Both, Chad. Which, how did you tell the tell the family how did when did you leave Nebraska to get to te, Las Vegas and how long did they get you back? Give give me the rundown. Okay, I left. Actually, I left from Kansas City. Um, I didn't think Kansas City was in Nebraska, but okay. Well, close enough. <laughs> um, 1.30 on Thursday morning, and I got to Las Vegas at about three a.m. on Friday morning. Yeah, Kansas City is about three miles, three hundred, about three hours or so from Nebraska. Two to three hours, right? Well, plus a day, yeah. <laughs> no, Kansas City from Nebraska is about <laughs> maybe three hours away. No, this depends whether you're walking or flying. <laughs> it, it could be a day to half. I left at one thirty. No, 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 no. Kansas City from Nebraska. Kansas City, Missouri. No, oh, oh. oh. Yeah, no, it's, uh, it's like, what, maybe three hours? Yeah, roughly. But if you leaving, if you left, did you leave Kansas City, Kansas, or Kansas City, Missouri? Well, I went through both. Okay. Yeah, it's real close. <laughs> so, I had somebody on the floor in in, in Las Vegas. Uh, we were sitting in the, in the green room. We were talking, and I told her that when you do phone calls with Walden, you have to climb up a slope and then climb up a tree. Yes. <laughs> so is th is that where you're calling us from now? Well, I decided not to climb up the tree, and I just walked up the hill further where it's windy. Oh. Is the reception better there, or do you, is it better if you climb a tree? Uh, it seems more stable up here. Yeah, we'll wait if you want to climb a tree. Yeah, but but it has more it has more nuance when you're calling for the tree. Yeah, especially well, if you're climbing as you talk. Well, I'm sorry to disappoint you guys, but really. <laughs> There's little animals in the tree that can also be a part of your conversation. Yeah, but if Chad can put a keyboard in the tree, just think what beautiful music you can make from 10 feet up. Actually, I do have, like, three cats right at my feet right here on the ground, so. Oh. How far okay, up um, you Now, go? you guys, last night we're talking about shows that the stars did not appear on it. Yes. Now, I know you guys want to prove a point, but really you do not have to take over Patricia's show. <laughs> well, Walden has to decide whether or not Patricia is the star. She is. I guess. Okay. I always carry her golf club. Actually, she would, this would, this would actually, yeah, this would work. It would because she was supposed to be here. Yes. Uh, up until maybe earlier, like last night. Last night. He called. He called me yesterday. Said, I'm going in. If my yeah. back is killing me. She didn't actually go in, did she? No. My mom's gonna shoot her out. She 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 whined to my mom on the phone for ten minutes. And my mom when I told her, she I'm gonna have to talk to Patricia. I yeah, mean, she should. She actually should have gone. It really should have gone. Yep. But she yep. she she able to tiptoe. To get make coffee and tiptoe back to her puta. That's not an existence. I know, I know, I know. And the only reason I tiptoe is not to wake anybody else up. And there's nobody asleep when you nobody do that. Nobody else is asleep when I tiptoe either. 
Well, makes you worried about the people underneath her in the second floor, or the first floor, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, anyway. But she's got to be in pain. She is in pain. She threw out on Monday. I know. And I try to encourage her to go, go, go. But she said she feels a little better today. Well, that's nice. She may not tomorrow or the next day because it depends on the day. I know. So it, she's never gone in at all, right? Nope. No. Nope. She decided she, uh, to. Any nurse will tell you that, too. And she's a nurse. I know. <laughs> I know. Hey, but, you know, look at it, look at diabetics. They're the worst patients. Yep. So yep. nurses could be in the same situation. Yeah, nurses probably aren't great patients because they think they know their body. And they do better than anybody else. But sometimes sometimes they're a little recalcitrant in terms of trying to get in. And Ooh, did people... you hear that word? Recalcitrant. Look wow. What in the world does that mean? Get the dictionary I, I I look, I'm not going to tell you what it means. Wine. I'm just glad I said it. That was after a glass of wine. No, it's, wine's been gone for hours. So, Chad, what about the trip coming from Vegas back home? How long was that bigger trip? Did that take four days or what? Well, um, I think I, I spent about an hour and a half on the transit buses to get to the bus station because they had to stop every couple blocks at, well, just about at every casino on the strip. Um, and going back, uh, well, we didn't have a bus driver, so I had to wait at the bus station about five hours. So that put us five hours behind. But it took rough, other than that, it took roughly the same amount of time getting back. Did well, you get the rain, too? Say what? Did you get the rain? Um, well, it wasn't raining when I was when I went to the bus station, but when we got to the the Colorado Rockies, it was snowing, and they did have to put the chains on for a few miles before we got to the pass. So, I guess, frozen rain, yes. Mm. Well, a lot of people love your music playing, Chad. You did a great job. Good. I, I'm looking forward to listening to uh, either the replay or listening to the recordings or whatever and see how they turned out. Well, they're all in your Dropbox, and we're good. Okay. And, and uh, the recordings will start this Monday, everybody. Might as well go over the, the schedule, Larry. How are you going to do it for this Monday and Wednesday? Oh, yeah, I guess I should. I mean, typically we do, we, we put them up on the blue, so we play the Friday night show and the Sunday night show in one block. And then on Wednesday, we play the Saturday night show and then another five and a half hours of stuff that I put together. And I've changed it this time to let the convention run straight through. So you'll hear the first um, 11 hours of the convention Monday and the, the remainder of the convention on Wednesday plus a few things that I put in to fill out the additional time. So the, and the Sunday night show will be heard Wednesday after the convention's over because that's when it appeared. You know, we did it after the convention. We did the wrap-up. So that's when you'll hear it, Wednesday after the convention finishes on the blue. That's this time only. Then next time we go back to normal. So, everybody, when we get off there Sunday night at 4 o'clock in the morning Eastern time, that's when you start hearing it on the blue. So be aware of that. Okay. And Kim was already pulling shows out of the Dropbox. So oh, they're gone. She out. already pulled them. Good. Yeah. Good. She's probably listening to us, figuring she had to get this stuff out of there, get ready to load. Yeah. So, did you have a favorite show that you played in, Chad? Um, well, the one that was the most difficult, and I, I'm not sure how well it went exactly, and what I thought it was the X-1, so I'm looking forward to hearing how that came out. Hopefully it wasn't 
a complete disaster, but I it has some really interesting music and music cues in it and all the sound effects. It was pretty complicated, so I'd like to hear how that came out. Mm. And I thought the um the Michael Shane was pretty good. Yeah, it was. And, and then the also the uh, short Sam Spade parody, it seemed like the performance was a lot better than the rehearsal because they really played off of the audience and really milked it for all it was worth. Ah. So that one I thought was pretty good. Okay. Then how long did it take you to earn, uh, take me out to the ball game? Oh, just, just not very long. All I had to do was just write out the lead sheet, the the, the melody, and then add the chords. It didn't take very long, maybe five, ten minutes. I already knew the song. Yeah. yeah. So how did you guys work it? Did did you did Larry fade you down by hand motion? Well, how did no, you guys work that I just, out? I don't know. I don't know. I wasn't looking. Ah. I just walked up, and he probably, as soon as he heard me start, he stopped. Well, I I was going to end where you told me to end, so I kind of yeah. ended there and started. I think I was starting to fade down, and you started talking. I don't yeah. know exactly. Mm-hmm. It worked out. Yep, it did. And um, for those uh, shows that I came up with where the star didn't appear was The Life of Riley. And there was another one. I can't remember it now. I've forgotten about that. That's a good one, Chad. Who was on it? You remember? Remember uh, the guy who played um, the TV series? um, Jackie Gleason? Jackie Gleason did it. Do you remember when that was? 49. No, but that was an audition or a read-through, wasn't it? No, my understanding was the first show of that radio season. Oh, well, I forgot. Well, I'll have to look. That would definitely fit. Yeah. What else, Chad? What, what else you got? That was Amos and Andy. Amos and Andy, okay. The, you know that one show where it was either Amos or Andy did not appear because he was in the hospital? Amos. Right. It, yeah, it's Amos. Amos, yeah. Maybe that doesn't count. Yeah, it does. Because, I mean, he he wasn't there for the bulk of the show. He was there at the end. Eh, but it still counts. It's it's a good show. We'll, we'll let it go. It's fine. Well, I think I'm going to go uh, go in now. It's getting a little chilly out, so. <laughs> <laughs> How cold is it in the bracket tonight? Um, actually, it wasn't too bad. It got up to the 40, but the wind's starting to pick up now, and it's, uh, I don't know, maybe 30s. I'm not sure. All right, get back inside. Wow. Okay. Bye, Chad. Take okay. care. Catch you later. Take don't, care. don't hurt yourself dropping out of the tree. Uh, sure. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Good night. I don't think we could ever top that. When somebody says, where do your people, where do your listeners listen? <laughs> <laughs> you know, we could tell people we do stuff, and they could never prove it. Well, you, we got all that stuff that we used to do years ago. We should. Yeah, and let's do our next show from tracks. a submarine. We're going to huh? do our next show from a submarine. We could do that. Sure. Who would know? We got the washing machine when we used to do. We used, we did a soap opera show. Remember? Yeah. Right. Well, yeah. I, I always like it when you guys did. By, we we used pool noises. I remember swimming pool stuff. Swimming pool sounds. Yeah. And then of course, classic of all classic. 
when you brought here from Santa, Santa Satellite, that was always so perfect. By Satellite, the North Pole. <laughs> Hello there, Carl. Yeah, overdubs. I don't know how many elves, but the reason for the overdubs is because John was saying stuff that was not good to put on the air, so we had to use oh. more overdub from the elves to you, cover it up. You should play that sometime just for the audience to see what the sound effects, you know. Okay. The, yeah. So I don't oh, know how many create, times we, we go create with new stuff. What? We could create new stuff. We could. Hello we'll there. Work on that. Hello there, Carl. You're with John Ray. Well, for Chad's edification, I don't know if he's back into where he can hear this yet. But X minus one went went off very well. I thought it I thought it was just fine. Okay. Yeah, it was good. Good, good, good. I, I couldn't say because I fell asleep doing the show. <laughs> <laughs> was, was Chad playing when you fell asleep? No, fell probably asleep. when you great great through the cues, I probably when I fell asleep. That is oh so God. funny. Yeah. It, 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 it went very well. It did. So now I'm going to go back and listen after X-1 to hear Walden say, oh, that recreation was just great. I don't know if I didn't say anything. Let's see if we can pick up a snore. <laughs> I slept for about 20 minutes. To, right at the, the beginning of the queue, and the last I heard Richard heard. That's about all I remember. <laughs> you must have really been out of it. That's funny. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my. Well, I remember hearing Tommy Cook saying, wake up, Walden. It, it would be something you'd have after, sorry, wake me up from the stage. Hey, Walden, you're snoring <laughs> to my wine. I don't think I'm not going to do it in March. <laughs> yeah. That'd be good. Uh, that's great. Uh, so, obviously, a good time with that by all, so that's all good. All except Walden, he was asleep. <laughs> Well, he don't count anyhow, you know. That's true, yeah, I know. Yeah. It's, all so what else for, is it's, up, Ron? it's all for the audience. We've, we, we've got to get uh, to Jim. I don't know when we'll do it. You guys may have to do it while I'm gone. To talk to him about other shows we may have missed where stars didn't appear. He'd probably know. He'd probably find he would. Probably he would. He'll find some more. So so maybe you guys, you and Walden, John, you and Walden could call him at some point uh-huh. and record it. Uh, off the air and see what he remembers. Well, we can wait till Thursday, I guess, when you get back in town. Or we don't have to. No, let's not wait. <laughs> you don't have to wait. I think, he got, I think he got enough for next week, I think. Oh, I've got way more than enough for next week. <laughs> you know. Yeah, I'm just oh, curious as to what he's going to say. I bet he's going to come up for some. Sure. Well, I'm sure he will. We could call Jim. Look. I could go look up Jim's number and we could call him tonight and just put him on the air and say, Jim, what you know? I Got his number right here. You know. All right. Do it. You okay, I'll go look for his number. No, let, 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 let Walden look it up. We don't want to give Jim's number. But you, you talk. No. You guys talk to Ron, and I'll go look for his Jim's number. Okay. Now, no, what if, what if, what if, if his, is that Jim's number, or is that, is that his friend's cell phone number? No, no, that's his number. Okay, because I was going to say, you know, what if she's on a date, and we call? And she answers the phone. Oh, what if she's in bed asleep and we wake her up? You know, how bad would you and Walden feel, John? Not very bad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> you know, we're not going to get to a Judy Canova show tonight. You know, I know. But- we're not going to get to one of them because we've got an hour long show we were going to play before 10. Uh, that's going to be played later, I think. That'll have to be played later, yeah. I don't think that's going to happen right away. No. no, we've got a couple of others to play, some early stuff, but and that's fine. You know, if the calls keep coming, that's fine. Doesn't matter. Oh yeah. 
What else is up, Ron? Well, uh, let's see. What else is up? Um, not really a whole lot. Mm, uh, okay. I um, I still want to want to uh, see what I can do with this silly computer, John. I might need to enlist your help with that. Okay. Sometime when we have time. All right. We can do that. Okay. I think that would be fun. Good. Because uh, I've got it configured now so I can use this keyboard on it. Because remember, I don't have the other one labeled yet. Mm -hmm. So I can use this keyboard on it. Which is also good because I'm, I'm more familiar with this keyboard. So that's good. Okay, great. And so we can maybe do that sometime when you when you have time. You can keep that in mind and just let me know. I'm wondering if Walden is not talking to Jim. Yeah, it's been a I'm, while. I'm looking for my number. Well, he'll be back when he when he can. He might. Yeah. He might. <laughs> oh my gosh! How fun is it? It's a live radio. There's nothing better, is there? No, that's true. Nothing. Nothing better than live radio. Why don't you guys sing sing harmony for a bit? I'll, I'm almost there. They can, but I won't. What does almost there mean? Because, uh, nah, this, this old frog would not fit very well with your army. So are you getting rain or snow back in Illinois? And no, not really. We haven't had hardly any snow. Hmm. It's been a very strange winter. It really has. And uh, a week ago today, it was like 60 degrees here, which is a little wow. unusual. Yeah, it was 73 here. We haven't gotten any rain since last Sunday when it rained so heavily. Uh, we we got more coming Friday, I think, but not heavy rain that I'm aware of. Well, we usually have quite a bit of snow by this time, and boy, we have not had very much. I think we've had a couple of miserable snows, and that's it. Hmm. It's just amazing. Oh, I wonder why. I don't know. Global warming, maybe? <laughs> Who knows? Whatever that is. I don't know. Hmm. So I haven't, and I haven't, uh, you know, I haven't, haven't been out a whole lot. I haven't had to, but, but uh, years ago when I used to have to walk out every day, um, that was when we had all the snow, you know, and oh my gosh. But this year it's been interesting, right? And it wouldn't have been it wouldn't have been too bad. It might have been, you know, uh, other than than cold. And it's been it's been cold, but not cold cold. Uh, it's been a strange winter for us here in the Midwest, for mm. my part of the Midwest. Okay, I found Jim, but I'm gonna call. I'm gonna double check on the other line. So you guys are almost there. So just be patient. It's almost time for the Sunday night show. It'll be coming up in a, in a couple minutes here, won't it? Yes, it will. Be Stand by. Yeah. <laughs> right. We've got, we've got some Santa Ana winds the last couple of days. It's really been windy. Wasn't that a nice show at Marlowe program? A nice what? Santa Ana winds? What was that? No, it wasn't. Oh. oh. I don't think the exact, that's exactly what it was called, but that's what it, what it was about. Well, there was, a, there was a show about fire out of uh, one of the 
CBS Radio Workshops. Oh, yeah, that was good. I remember that. Mm-hmm. I remember hearing that. That was good. Yeah, right after Christmas. Mm-hmm. Which one? The one about the uh, fires. Oh, fire in Malibu. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. The, the, the Philip Marlowe that I was talking about is the Red Wind. Right. Oh, sure. Yeah. That was a good program. Okay, guys. Jim is ready for us, so let me call him in with Ron. So stand by. I'm going to take Ron off the hook. Oh, I see. He's going to uh, put Ron on Skype. Okay. I could have done that, too. That's okay. And we'll put Jim on together as well. Jim hasn't been on the air in a while. I think he was on once. Christmas Eve? Yeah. What time is it now? Wow. I'm hearing the apartment above us. (laughs) Yeah, it sounds like they're doing... uh, Karaoke? Karaoke, yeah. It's 8.56 Pacific time. So, Rudy Valley will have to wait. We got time for a half-hour show and a couple other things, so we'll get there. You could put those people on the air if you stretch that microphone up there. (laughs) Yeah, I could. (laughs) Surprise! So, we've got stuff that Walden didn't play last night. Stuff that we won't get to tonight. And then after my, uh, Ed is done tomorrow, Walden's got more than enough stuff to play. Yeah, uh, lots of uh, Canova stuff. and. Mm-hmm. So. All right, everybody. I have Jim and Ron together. Jim, welcome to your show. Thank you, Walden. <laughs> How uh, you doing, Jim? Fine. Now, did Walden tell you why we were all gathered I have together? not. I have not. So you can disclose it to him now. So about... I don't remember when we started. We talked about this a couple of months ago, but we never really started working on it till about a week ago. And so I decided on Same Time, Same Station, I wanted to play shows where the stars of the show were not there, but not because of the fact they got fired or something. Something happened, and somebody else had to fill in that week. So we've come up with a ton of stuff, and I put it out on Facebook, and had, we've had a lot of reaction on Facebook. But... But I thought we need to make this complete. We need to call Jim and see if he comes up with stuff that we haven't. Now, I realize you're a little out of practice. Well, I'll I'll bet you not that far out of practice. Are you asking for, like, if a star couldn't make it, somebody had to sit in? Mm -hmm. Yes. For instance, uh,. Like, uh, Gerald Moore couldn't make it on Philip Marlowe on the anniversary gift, so Philip, so, so Bill Conrad filled in. Right. Well. Uh, and then the next week, Gerald Moore came right back. Gildersleeve, well, same thing with him, Fergie and Molly. Was, uh, Paul Free sitting in for Howard McNear on the December 1253 Gunsmoke. See, right. I got that one, but I sure as heck didn't get the date. I wouldn't have remembered that. Go ahead. That, that was one. Yep. Um, let's see. Did, uh, I'm trying to remember um, who else I can think. There was one, Mr. Keene, in 49, where somebody sat in for Mike Clancy, I think. And I can't remember what date. Oh. Uh, Kelly, you know, my, my, my Jim or Mike Kelly wasn't available, and somebody mm-hmm. sat in. But we'll I, look. We'll look for it. 
Yeah, that was one in 49. Mm-hmm. Um, and, of course, all the, t- the the five weeks when Jack Benny was sick in 1943. Yeah, Orson Welles and other people. And Burns and Allen. And even prior to that, about three weeks earlier, George Jessel filled in for him. That's right. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Um, the best of them so far, so yeah. far, is in 1946 in the Burns and Allen show when Gracie was ill and they didn't have time to redo the script. So Jane Wyman came in and read Gracie's lines as Gracie. Yeah, I think I remember that. Yeah, I mean, that's just bizarre. Yeah. That would be strange. Yeah, huh. it varied. <laughs> and Burns, of course, George Burns says at the beginning of the show, sorry, folks, we didn't have time to change it. <laughs> yeah. Um, let's see. I'm just trying to think now of some others. Um, well, there was a, wasn't there, um, well, there was a, there was a Just Plain Bill where Arthur Hughes couldn't make it, and I can't remember who sat in for him on the soap opera. Oh, wow. They're calling me. About 49 or so. It was in that whole series of the, about the murder of Evelyn Groves, you know, that whole series of stories. Uh-huh. Somebody sat in for Arthur for for just plain Bill. Of course, on the August tenth, forty five, uh, Lorenzo Jones. Somebody sat in for Lucille. Was it was it? Somebody sat in for Bell. For Lucille oh. Wall. That's right. The August tenth of forty five. You're absolutely I would right. Would not remember that. Thank you. Good job, Jim. All right. Lucille was it? Lucille Wall. It was unavailable. Yeah, she was unavailable. Correct. The actress. I'm sorry. Yeah, and I can't remember who, who the lady was that sat in for her. Um, let's see. I'm trying to think of some others now. Um, Cisco Kid doesn't really count where... Uh, no, I don't know about that. What do you think? Probably not, because uh, Harry Lang had the heart attack and Mel Blanc came in, but that was for an extended amount of time. What do you think? Yeah, that was... I would take it, but think about the time when um, Dom and Neil didn't do the Breakfast Club and they had a guest, guest host. Would that count? Like Ray Bream? Like Ray Bream. And, uh, Ray Bream was there. Ed, Eddie Arnold did it in 64, I remember. Yeah, it would count, maybe. I guess that would count. Uh, sure. Gosh, who, who would the host? Arthur Q, the Arthur... Oh, you guys. It, it, the, the one from New York that came out here who wound up having a talk show on KBC. Arthur... Um, Art Baker? No. The host. He was always, he was always like a he was always like a runner up host for the Breakfast Club or the Arthur Godfrey show. Hmm. Uh, he later had his own show in the late fifties. Robert Q. Lewis. Robert Q. Lewis, thank you. Oh yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Yeah. And later had his own it, show on KFI. BS in the late fifties. Mm-hmm. Of course the most famous two uh, one, one, I'm sure you thought of this, but of course there was Fred Foy sitting in for Brace Beamer and for Paul Sa- and for Brace Beamer on the lower on both Sergeant Preston and the Lone Ranger. Well, we 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 got the one for the Lone Ranger, but we, and we know that he also appeared. Jim Harmon says he appeared at least once on Sergeant Preston, but we don't know when. December 30th, 54. Do we have it? I don't know. That that is just sick. Golden has been, and I think it may be on that on Fred Foy's website. I don't know if you can copy those or just stream them, but the Fred Foy website has it. I'll have to look, take a look. September third, You have a lot to type, yeah. Jim. Keep it going, pal. Didn't have it last time we talked about. Fire, fire or flame didn't destroy my memory. No. 
Yeah, you know, I was about to say, Jim, we, you got to be in more fires when we ask you these questions. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think I've had enough fire for a while. Uh, um, uh, let's see. Uh, I'm trying to think now. Um, uh, guy be, okay, Jim, there's got to be time when they announce a star on suspense, the, the suspense guest didn't show up. Oh, I'm sure there are a few. I remember a few, but I don't even know. Let's see. There was, there was one where, according to... Martin Graham's, the show used to take ballistics, which had Howard De Silva and Jack Webb, was originally supposed to have Jimmy Stewart, and I guess it was okay. Howard De Silva. Okay, that works. That's a good show. Forty-seven, of course. In um, wait, what was the date? Uh, March thirteenth, I think forty-seven. <laughs> Thank you. <Okay>. <laughs> <laughs> and let's see. Um, originally. Jeff Chandler was billed as the star of the February 9th, 1953 suspense episode called, it was either Jeff Chandler or William Powell for the episode The Man Who Cried Wolf. One of them didn't make it and the other one did. February 9th, 53. Seems like the previous week on Plan X, the Jack Benny one, um, he got billing, uh, one of them got billing and then the the next week, another star did it. Okay, got it. Mm-hmm. All right, Jim, keep it going. Well, let's see. <laughs> um, of course, I guess it would have all those all those Archie Goodwins wouldn't count, would because they switched so much on the role. No. Yeah, but I, I think that was done contractually. Yeah. I think. Two weeks here, one week there, and a pretty irregular fall, I can show. Shame on you, Walden, making Jim work so hard just so you don't have to. Harry <laughs> <laughs> Bartell, one week, and I know it was, uh, or some weeks, Lauren Tompkin, and Herb Ellis. Yeah. yeah. Gerald Moore. Yeah, and one other star did it. I can't remember. Lamont Johnson. Lamont Johnson, yeah. There you go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, let's see. I'm trying to think now. Uh, we ought to yeah. all four be put in a room, five, in a trivia contest. I think, I think we'd do very well. I think Jim could get. I think Jim could have given Tommy Dixon a run in the old days. I, I do too. Jim, did you know Tommy Dixon? Uh, the name is vaguely familiar. He used to listen to our radio show, and he used to come to all the PPB meetings, <laughs> sit in the front row at Nostalgia Night. And, 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 you know, somebody would be honored and he'd say, I remember when you did in 1947, Lorenzo, you played Bell, and the show was about, and he did this time and time again, and we couldn't get him <laughs> off. Oh, boy. He went forever. But, I mean, my gosh, the knowledge that man had was incredible. I'll never forget the 1984 Spurvac convention. They had a, yeah. during the day, they had a quick contact to fill out. Mm-hmm. And I don't know who, but John, Tommy didn't enter it. And somehow, when you got, they, they had the contestants on stage, like the, the at the final on on mm-hmm. dinner, and somebody said, and I was at Tommy's table for dinner, and said, "Oh, let's bring Tommy," and he just blew the whole competition off the face <laughs> of the earth. <laughs> I do remember in the late mid '60s when Art Linkletter was either ill or on vacation. George Fenneman sat in for him on House Party. I can't point out a date. Wow, I'm not, I didn't know that. Oh, Christmas scene with me. Uh, Joe Stafford substitute for, for, Mer- for oh, uh, right. 
Yeah. Rosemary Clooney. Right? Yeah. For Catherine, right? Yeah. No, for Rosemary. Oh, Ro oh my gosh, that's right. I forgot about that. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Wow. Keep it going, Jim. What you got going? Come on. <laughs> what a taskmaster, man. I, I'm surprised uh, you haven't come out with a whip and a chair. Yeah, um, <laughs> did, um, I'm trying to think now. Um, did, uh, no, none of the Johnny Dollars missed their shows, did they? I don't, think so. I don't think so. I don't think so, but of course they were recorded by that time probably too. Right, they were recorded. Hey, uh, yeah. what about the, uh, uh, there was an innocence in the suspense uh, where um, uh, the um, somebody the uh, on suspense the man in black uh, yeah uh, we'll see Joseph Kearns, Kearns available was yeah. it Ted Osborne that played him oh either that or uh, he did it for a while yeah. Yeah, but Barry Kroger did, didn't he? Hey, right, Barry Kroger did, you're right. That's what I was thinking, but I don't know if that counts. That's well, I don't think he did it once. I think he did it over the... He was probably contracted to do it. That's uh, what I'm thinking. I'm thinking yeah. that's why it won't count. I was thinking of San, uh, the Saint. You know, we had three, three, three different Saints, but occasionally we have a different cab driver. Right. Dopkin was generally the cab driver. John, generally what? But occasionally we hear somebody else. Yes, he was. Let's see, on The Saint, we had, uh, was it Barry Sullivan, Vincent Price, and Tom Conway, right? Right. Yeah. And then I remember, oh, Jim, a, a Sherlock Holmes, when Nigel Booth didn't make it, and they, somebody else substitute for him. Yeah, Around 46. You're right. You're right. Boy, I wonder, I've heard it, too. Yeah. I just didn't keep track of it. I'd have to find it. I think if we look in 46, it, it would give us a clue. Um, well, Barry Sullivan uh, uh, took over the paint, but I think that was because Edgar right. Barrier did it earlier than that. Sure for something, yeah. Edgar Barrier we did it earlier than that. Oh my gosh, Edgar Barrier! Price took it over when forty nine, I think. I believe. And then in fifty one, Conway took it over. Right. Um. No, that wouldn't count. I was gonna, I was going to say something that wouldn't count. She just changed her name. Remember, for a few weeks in nineteen fifty nine. Georgia Ellis called herself Georgia Hawkins on Gunsmoke. Yes. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and Vic Perrin was somebody else, and so was, so was uh, I think, John David. A lot of them were, and I think that was so that they uh, they could get paid. How, how Wasn't that paid what it was, John? John Daner was, too. Yeah, yeah, it had to do with a payment. Yep. A contract with CBS. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, when we asked Vic Perrin about it later on, he didn't remember. Right. Come on. Richard Perkins was his name. Mm -hmm. That's right. That's right. And then, of course, yeah. Jean, Jean Bates called herself Jean Landsworth. Which was her married name. Well, that was her maiden, her married maiden, her married name. Yes. Yeah, Lou Landsworth was her husband, who was a director. Yeah. In fact, on the Frontier Gentleman about uh, Belle Siddons, I think she called yes, herself right. Landsworth on those episodes. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So maybe it was because of a contract thing where they couldn't get paid, so they got paid by changing their name. Oh, Jim, uh, this is something that I've got to I've got to do this very quickly before I forget it. I found a copy of the uh, of the uh, Luke Slaughter uh, studio copy of, of Number Six. 
Oh, the one from March 30th of 58? Yes. I found a video copy No, previously the armed forces one existed. Right, correct. Now, I'll have to look. I think, I've, I think we have all the network copies, but I'm not sure. Now, let's okay. see. I was thinking of another example here um, um, of some other uh, subs. Um, let's see. I'm just trying, you know, there's, I know a lot of times. Uh, you know, I think when Jim and Ron have their own show for two hours, don't never get to any old-time radio show. No, they'll just be doing dates and stuff. <laughs> Yeah, well, you never know now. <laughs> and we could call it "Don't You Wish You Could Hear the Show." Yeah, we might um, play someday. If I can think of that, Mr. Keene, I just—it was in '49, and the announcer acknowledged that someone was sitting in for uh, for there's a, for my there's a plan. Mr. and Mrs. North, where Jerry North couldn't play, and so she sang. She solved the case by herself. Yeah. Uh. There's another one that Jack French came up with. Oh, he said there's a Bobby Benson show where Clive Rice could not appear as Bobby Benson. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, yeah, I'll have to, I think we've got it. But I've yeah. forgotten about the Mr. Keene. We'll have to look for that. Yeah. There was, um, uh, let's see. I'm just trying to think now. You know, there's, um, during all of Duff's time on Sam Spade, until he was replaced, he appeared for pretty much every show, right? Right, but Lorene Tuttle didn't. She went on vacation, and, and her daughter... Sandra Gould like, got in, right? Filled yeah. in, yeah. Mm-hmm. Was that That's right. Three weeks or something? What's that? In 48? Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. Um, let's see. Um... It was interesting, not that this is related, but it was interesting how Barry Craig had runs both in New York and Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And a lot of it, it is. is not is not available. It doesn't survive. I don't know if it survives, but it's not available. What's that? The first... Of, the, of some of that run. Some of those runs. Yeah. Um, of course, there was that whole period of transition after Martin Yarborough died before Ben Alexander when Jack mm-hmm. all those well we had first we had Barney Phillips then and he had Wallace as his partner yeah I think Ken Peters did it once he, yeah he did he did yeah but but they didn't keep him because all he wanted to do was talk about post toasties yeah yeah right isn't it odd how Gunsmoke had those 13 weeks with Post? And, and I've often wondered if it was dropped by Post because, you know, Post had done Roy Rogers and Hop Along and things like that. I wonder if General Foods felt, because of the adult nature of Gunsmoke, they didn't feel comfortable sponsoring it. Could be. You know, I don't know, but you're, you, that's a good point. It was only 13 weeks. Mm-hmm. I, was telling, I was telling Larry the other day, Jim, about the about the, the, the post gunsmoke where uh, where King, Ken Peters sneezed. I remember that. Yeah, I don't remember which app. I know the one you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Did you give me a date, Ron? I did. I, I gave you a date, and I can't remember what it is. I will find, will find it again. Well, you know, it was between October 3rd and December 26th. But yeah, right. 53. Yep. Um, it's also interesting. We only have so far. We only have three 
of those gun smokes with Wayne Elliott sank a salute on them. The rest of them right. don't have them. Three. I'll be done. Oh. I didn't know that. So I wonder if the disc had sank a salutes and whoever put the disc together just decided not to put them on or good good question. All of a sudden I found a copy of Drop Dead where where that we where we have Jim where where the uh where the, the the show actually goes, fades out. Yeah. It doesn't drop out, it fades out. I found one. I'm still all confused about that last system, that last announcement. Because me too. Me too. my copy, the original copy I had from George Fowler, had an announcement for Gangbusters, the case of the housewife hostage. Yet I've seen copies where somebody put picked the winner in, which was August, August of 52 or September, and I've seen the one with our, an Armis Brooks promo. I, the reason I doubt the Armis Brooks promo, that promo was used on December 13th of 52, and Armis Brooks didn't start again until the fall, October, because there's a promo on October 3rd that it is coming back. So you think the Gangbusters is the proper one then? Yes. Well, I have a good copy of it that's complete now. Right. I found one. We've never found a complete copy of the home recording of The Bear on January 16th, have we, at 54? No, we haven't. I've got the first half, I think. Or sort of, Most of the show about the last minute's missing. Yeah, it's right. And that's a home recording. Yeah, that is a home recording. And, we've, and, a, and so many collectors leave out Magnus. Yeah. In their catalogs. Yeah, they do. And... And in their uh, compilations, a lot of people leave it out. Yeah. Which is really a mistake. Yeah. So, uh, how's Patricia tonight, by the way? Three hours back, so we're going to call her at 10 o'clock and update. We had one of Judy Canova's cousins on for the first hour. And then Larry said, Larry's going to be gone probably next week. Oh, why don't you guys call? And I said... Why don't we get call Jim now on the air and take, help do all Larry's work for yeah, him now? Yeah, I was going to have him call you at some point next week when you could think about it a little more clearly because, you know, it's tough to do when somebody says, hey, by the way, and by the way, we're also going to put you on the air. Okay. <laughs> I'm the only one that had the guts to do that, huh? Oh, I had the guts well, to do it. I just didn't have the sense to do it. <laughs> it was fun on Christmas Eve talking to you and Patricia Walden. It was fun. Christmas Eve night. Now you got now you got your landline back. So once you get your uh, internet connection, where, where are you on that one, Jim? Do you have? We're trying to work on it. We're trying to find the right people to test the computer. That's what we're trying to yep. do now because of following Ron's suggestion. Well, uh, I, I mentioned to Ron that it could it probably has dried out by now, but you just don't want to mess with stuff that's had water in it. Yeah. You know, electric electric issues and things like that, plus the smoke. Yeah. And even though the computer may work, it may not work well. You may have to find another computer, which we can, we'll work on together. We'll see. Also, want to transfer all the file. The files, hopefully, will can be. Well, then that's where you get somebody else to work on it. If they can get it started and up and running, they can back them all up for you. By the way, did you ever find? I understand. Ron was telling me. By the way, Ron, I heard. Denny told me, and I heard him on the air, I guess you got that radio from Denny. I did. I did, and it's interesting. We'll talk about that later. And um, 
Ron said, Ron was telling me he's found some new, or you, Larry, I guess, found some new past daily stuff, uh, Eisenhower uh, press conference. Yep. From- um, I'm getting, he's sending them to me, because if you click on it, on, on one of the web things on the website, you get it daily, and, and I think for quite a while he wasn't doing it, and now he's trying to catch up, because sometimes I get as much as six to eight of them a daily. Some of them are not anything of interest to me, but I've kept them all anyway, and I've copied many of them. And there's more to do. So I, more I to listened do. to that entire Truman press conference this week. You were right. He was Wasn't just... it amazing? <laughs> when was that conference from? It's a truth. It's a it's a Gary, Harry Truman true, uh, press conference from about 1952. And the room is small. Maybe no bigger than my bedroom. Probably a little bigger. And there's about 15 to 20 people there. And he just says, hi, come on and sit down. <laughs> and they said, was... Mr. Truman, can we, we, we want to talk to you. And, and they, have a, they do have a... a it wasn't called a shotgun mic back then, but they did have a mic for yeah. the press. But you could almost hear them without the mic, mm. you know, because it was a small room. And his, his just plain, uh, he, he, he considered himself a very plain speaker. You know, down the home, way yeah. he spoke to the press, it was like very folksy down home. They said, President Truman, uh, as you know, the Blair House has finally been fixed and reconstructed. And it's supposed to be open to the public in June. You're not supposed to actually move until after that. Will it be open to the public before you actually get in? No. <laughs> no. Yeah. No. <laughs> That's all he said. No. <laughs> and then he and then later on he said he said, No, there's no plans to do that whatsoever. I mean he was just short and to the point, man. Yes, he was. And that my parents just revered Harry Truman, particularly my mom. Oh, he was terrific. Oh, yeah. He was great. You have to like somebody who decided that he and Bet are going back and are going to drive back to Independence, Missouri right after with no security on their own. After couldn't, the, couldn't do it today. No way. And he but bought, also and he bought it all, all his own stamp to look at himself to mail to everybody who wrote to him. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm also thinking about, uh, I know one thing that uh, at the end of this year, in the past year, and last year, uh, Past Daily posted some year-in review programs. Did he post any at the end of this last year? Yeah, I think he did. Uh, uh, I'll go back and look. I also want, as soon as I get back from this trip, I want to go onto their website and try and see if I can figure out the best economical way for us to navigate that website. Yeah. Using hotkeys or whatever. Argue, when you go to a link, and Ron can back me up on this, it takes forever to find it. It does. It does. I mean, does. he has all these really things, link yep. Soviet Union, link Moscow, link... Yeah. Of course, you know, John, there'll be nobody to talk to Monday night. Yeah. So you could actually do all of your friends who are blind a favor. By going to the website. He might not count any of them friends now, though, Larry. That's, uh, that's probably true. <laughs> what do you think, John? Would you do that as a special effort for all of us? <laughs> so where are you going, Larry, this week? Uh, I have to be in San Antonio for Marriott for a business trip. Down in town, huh? So you're not going to bunk with Bill and, Bill and Kim and drive down, huh? No, no. Oh, you're kidding. It took me <laughs> that long to get there. That's ours. <laughs> We John, are you here? San Antonio in 1964, and there's a there there's some on the river there. There are these boats you can ride on. I forgot the name of the place, 
But there's an excellent Mexican. There was an excellent Mexican restaurant right on the river there. Wow, that's a great town. Yeah, I was only there Where once. Well, actually, I was there twice. We went as school kids. We went to the San Antonio Zoo a few times. What was the famous line that? Ed Dealer, the, the super fan, talked about the L River going right down San Antonio. Wasn't there a famous was, line that It was Ed Dealer. Super Fan Beeler. Yeah. And he was doing a sports. No, he wasn't doing a sport. He was doing color on the, what is the name of that? The California Sun, mm-hmm. which was the football team for the old um, football league that just that collapsed. Right. Um, and he said, what is the name of that river? The, the San Antonio River goes right through the heart of downtown Los Angeles. <laughs> <laughs> and I think he's talking about, you know, the San Antonio wineries in that area. Was that, But not the river. Was that that USFL, Larry? USFL, that's what I was trying to think of, yeah. Yeah, I thought so. And he was the color color guy. He's dead now. He passed away several years ago. And of course, Jim Healy used that clip over and over and over again. I've got it somewhere. Uh, I barely hear you, Jim. Okay, Ron and I know this, but if Walden didn't know, I just learned a few weeks ago that Jim Lowe had passed away. Uh, I talked yes. to I talked to him a few weeks ago, and he did not sound very good shape. Oh yeah, he, he died a, probably not more than a couple weeks ago. Yeah, I talked to I talked to him about doing it, and he said, "Well, I'm just not doing very well." I know you interviewed him for the first monitor special. Yep, I did, and uh, I don't know if you saw yesterday that we lost Barbara Hale, Jim. We did. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and we also <laughs> we lost Mike Connor. Yes. Manic. Yep. Yes. <laughs> and also another gentleman who was in Harry Potter. Oh, that John, uh, John, Hurt. Uh, John Hurt. Yeah. Yeah, the Elephant Man and other. Yep. Right. And Mary Tyler Moore. My goodness. 2016 is starting out like 2015 and 2017 is starting out like 2016 ended. Now, now, I know you, you and Ron are a rock and roll fan, so you, I guess Dave King's going to give us Bobby Rydell at the guess. Really? Yeah. Oh, I loved Bobby Rydell when I was young. Yeah, you know, I guess. Well, I did too. I guess he got. I guess he got a brand new book out, and so he he Dave wants to get him on with us. So that that okay. that will be a nice that will be a different that change for great. us. That'd yes. be great. Yeah, I remember him growing up. Yeah, he's probably not going to be excited to hear that. Well, I guess I guess he and Frankie, Val and one of the other the three the three of them do go over the country do a rock and roll show. Yeah, they do. They do. Oh, Frankie Avalon, you yeah. mentioned. Um, oh my. By the way, uh, Walden and. Uh, I don't know if Ron heard your interview, but you told me you were going to. How did your interview with Bill Purcell go? Bill Purcell went really well. We ran it pretty quickly. Uh, uh, we were supposed to interview Rich Riddle, and he wasn't. Even, but I noticed he called back. So we're supposed to be interviewing Rich Riddle here in the next couple of weeks. Um, but Bill went very well. Uh, probably Monday. I think I've had him on twice now. Um so we're, we're we're looking we're, we uh you know if if you guys want to hear that I imagine we can coach where he's digging out of the file of that whole I have to find it when did you, when was it done again? Late, like November like around okay. November of okay. last year yeah and by the oh, way Ron, Ron, 
by the way, Rod, excellent. It's going to be an excellent countdown if you didn't get it recorded. It's 1963 Hartford 60 songs. Oh, good. I hope I recorded. <laughs> On uh, Rick's program tonight. Of course, if they didn't get it recorded, I can hear it Wednesday. But yeah. How'd the thing go tonight on your conference call, your your phone thing tonight? It went well. Um, what did you do tonight? Well, uh, he played, one of our guys played uh, the last part of that uh, Time Life uh, uh, bass thing I got. That I, oh, yeah. Yeah, he said he was going to play that. I didn't hear it. I'll hear it. I can go grab did. it now because it's in a Dropbox. I can go get it. But we were getting ready to do this show. Right. So I didn't get a chance to hear it, but I will. He, yeah, he did play it. Good. Good, I'm good, thinking, good. I was thinking today about how ironic it is all three of our United States space tragedies occurred at this time of the year. Hmm. 67, we had the Apollo 1 fire 50 years yep. ago. Then we had the shuttle thing on 86. the 28th in 86. Yep. And then the tragic re-entry on, was it February 1st of 2003? Yep, yep, yep. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. I think I was on the air just before that happened. I think it was a Saturday or Sunday night. When they... I think you were. I think we have it. Yeah. It was on a Saturday morning that the re-entry happened. Yeah. And I, somehow I was on the air fairly close to that, that went on. Yeah. Um, very sad. Yeah. But, yeah. Very. Um, but it was. Um, but it was a. Uh, it was also fifty years ago. Rod and I remember this. Fifty years ago, this week, Chicago had a very bad snowstorm. Oh, it was on January twenty-sixth. In fact, it it got up here where I live, where I am now. Usually, we didn't get that kind of lake effect. No, but we really got it that time, and I wasn't here, but. I guess it was spectacular. Yeah, my mother was telling me, my brother was delivered papers to homes at the time, and my mother had to help him in, in her car or truck, you know, because Bob couldn't do the bicycle or the... I imagine not. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my. Yeah, that was 50 years ago this week. Mm. Wow. And where, where we were... Where we were, all we got was a little bit of ice. But the power went out. But the power went out. We lost the power that weekend, yeah, mm. that day. Yeah. Well, we'll start pulling down past dailies when I get back, because there'll be more while I'm gone. Mm -hmm. Okay. And and we'll start throwing them in your boxes. Actually, yep. Jim doesn't have one yet, but he when will. we get your computer up and running, you will. Or else we'll have Roger personally deliver it to him. We'll get the way the Dennis posted this month, if, what Ron has it, the New Year's Day remote from the All-Star Parade of Bands for 1970, 69-70. Mm. Which you have. I which which we have, yes. Yeah, it's terrific. Right. It is good. Well, should we play a Judy Canova show before we call Patricia? Larry? Yeah. Um, I will say, say good night to you, gentlemen. Thank you, Jim, for your help. So good to hear you. It's always a pl I hope that's a, I hope the information was of help to you, all of that. Well, thanks for programming yesterday, USA, and same time station for the next five years. <laughs> and you have a good evening, too, Walden and Ron. Right, Jim. We'll talk to you soon. Okay. Thank okay. you. All right. All right. Good night. Bye. Good night. So, uh, 
it's ooh, it's thirty one. What guy? Let's, let, let's do the two minute recollections first because it's okay. the oldest. All right. It's nineteen. Well, it was it was rebroadcast in nineteen fifty seven, but th- it's a piece from nineteen thirty six when Zeke and Anna and uh, Judy all were together and they sang, and you'll hear Ed Hurley. He kind of set it up a little bit, and uh, and and we'll hear this and then we'll come back. A girl named Judy Canova became one of the most popular of radio stars some years ago. With her own brand of hillbilly humor, she gave us lots of laughs. I wonder how many of you remember when she was doing an act with her brother Zeke and her sister Anna. Well, this is how they sounded when they went to work on the St. Louis Blues. That was Judy in the days when she was still doing a comedy musical act with brother Zeke and sister Anna. Wow, just amazing. The vocal dexterity. That makes you want. I, I never knew until I was listening to that. They were trying to do a little, little version of the Mill, country version of the Mill Brothers. Oh, no, it was completely different. I know, but um, the way Judy would do a little different. Instruments in a, with your voice? Yeah, yeah. Uh, either the Mills Brothers or even even the the Rhythm Boys. Mm-hmm. Same kind of thing, but 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 different because they. I don't know that they ever did it a cappella. I think they always had some sort of accompaniment. Right, right. She was brilliant, just incredible. I all oh, very accurate singers. Great singer. So, and I can't do Rudy Valley. I can do a command performance. Okay. We'd be about five minutes late. That'd be fine. Is that okay? Let's do it. Yeah, we'll do command performance. A lot of people in this one. Betty Grable, Judy Canova, Clem McCarthy is doing um, a horse race. 
Um, and Jack Benny. In a, mantra, in a month or so, we'll start looking back upon the history of command performance. So I think yep. so this is the 75th anniversary. I think it started around March. Yeah, we'll do a lot of that. Not, yeah. not necessarily evenings of it, but at least probably one episode for a while. Right. Just to, sh- per week. Just to show you how it all worked yeah. out. So this is May 7, 1942. Here's command performance.
and the very amusing man gave a lecture to sailors in which he discussed the facts of life. Apparently, he gave such valuable advice that two men have called him back for his second triumphant appearance on command performance, Robert Benson. Thank you, Miss Bagel. This is a little talk that I'm going to deliver tomorrow to a group of young women about to enter a short course in nursing. I just want to see what you think of it. I, don't, I, may, I may tear the whole thing up anyway. Young ladies, I'm going to say, if I say anything, young ladies, I am happy to speak a few words of cheer to you on this your day of matriculation. Perhaps I shouldn't even have said that. <laughs> Probably shouldn't have started this talk at all, but you can't say a word like matriculation without... Well, anyway, I do feel, however, that a word or two of warning may not be out of place from an old man who has been very close to several nurses and vice versa. <laughs> think of us all as just one big family, don't you? <laughs> First, there comes the problem of bathing in bed. I mean, of course, bathing the patient's bed. <laughs> well, uh, let's look at it from another angle. Let's take the subject of changing the bedding after bathing the patient's bed. Now, as I see it, the problem is to get the bottom sheet out from under the patient without tossing him too far in the air or catapulting him on the floor on the other side. This can be done by calling his attention to something outside the window, counting one, two, three, and then not changing the bottom sheet at all. <laughs> he won't know the difference in a couple of minutes anyway. So. washed and the bed linen changed, there's a question of, uh, I wonder if you'd like to hear something about, <laughs> something about the work we're trying to do among our boys up at our little camp in Silver Lake. I don't think it's generally known that most of our boys up there are between the age of 16. We feel that by taking the boy at this age, we can get him into closer touch not only with his parents, his school, and his and people, other stuff people, but also <laughs> with the town in which he lives, flags which he pays allegiance, and to the town in which he lives. <laughs> I was talking on this subject only last week at our uptown branch, asking for contributions for the camp. And at the conclusion of my talk, a little old lady dressed all in lavender came up on the platform and, placing her hand on my arm, asked, What the hell did you do with all the money we gave you last year? <laughs> well, <laughs> I just laughed and pushed her off the platform. <laughs> interest people are taking in our camp and how bright the future seems to be for it. Or did I say that? Well, anyway, to get back to what I was going to say to the young ladies who are training to be nurses. From my experience with nurses, I think that I'm right in making the suggestion that the nurse is likely to hang around the room too much. Is that right? I don't know. Nurses are often very charming young ladies. I say this entirely on hearsay. I never happen to draw one. <laughs> I hear about these guys with beautiful nurses, but there's one I usually get that looks like girl away with a cap on. <laughs> <laughs> Only kidding, Miss Tuttle. 
We now come to the subject of hospital bedroom equipment and its use. But I see that my time is about up. And so uh, we shall have to postpone this section until our next meeting. Well, maybe the time isn't quite up yet, but it will be by the time I've announced that I'll be in the vestry at the close of this talk for consultation with any of you young ladies who still want to continue nursing after what I've just said and who would like to try getting this shoulder of mine back into place. Uh, in the vestry, and this goes for you too, fellas. What have I said? <laughs>
Kentucky Derby, described and recorded for you at the track in Louisville by Ken McCarthy. Kentucky Derby, what a great one she's going to be, just like anybody's horses. Look out now. Can't make any comments or waste any words. Because they're going to string that bell in just one second. Ready, gentlemen. Ready. Uh, 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 behave, Sir Wall. Behave. Don't try it. Don't try it. Dog catch is quiet for the moment. Somebody's got his head turned slightly, isn't it, Sal? Sad. He's not ready. They're off, and they got away together. Sal, sad for the bumps, and I know you caught the roar of that crowd. Dog catch with Trickett on his feet, got him tearing down here. Put over on the inside, it is Devil Diver. It's heading very fast, trying to get up the shutout. On the outside, good regard. It came over very fast. Didn't interfere with anybody, but he's down there fighting for the lead. And it is, uh, it is, uh, with regard, stepping right on the lead. High a length and a half. And it is shut out in second place. Dog catch is third. Over on the inside, fair call is fourth. Devil, uh, Devil Diver is fifth. Apache is sixth. And the other horses are quite close up. Requested is seventh on the inside. In a little trouble for the moment. With regard, he's stepping right on the lead now. Galloping very easily in Johnny Longest's hands. Two and a half lengths on the lead. And going up very fast on the outside now is uh, Dog Catch making a move. And on the still farther outside is Book and Spur making a challenge. Down that back stretch, it is still with regard by a length and a half. Now Dog Catch is dropping back slightly. Sir Wall is moved up on the outside, is in a good position. And Valdina Hawkins has gotten into confession and is going up into second place now. And it is shut out in third place. Around that turn, it is Valdina Hawkins challenging for the lead with with regard. But with regard, he's got something left. He is answering the challenge. He is a lengthening lead. Valdina Hawkins is at him hard. Shut out is driving hard. Devil Diver is driving hard. Dog Catch is tiring. And here comes the war on the inside. And on the outside, moving up from seventh place, comes Sal Sad. Now in third place, Valdina Hawkins has challenged the lead. But with regard, Sal Sad cutting on the outside is making a bold challenge. And Shutout is coming again. Shutout is driving hard. It's anybody's horse race. Four of them fighting it out. Chucky's all driving. It's a question whether it's going to be Shutout or Al Sad. Shutout is pulling away now. He's a length and a half. Daring out. He's a tired horse, but he's game. He's two lengths in front. It's Shutout. He's holding the winner. Going to win the race by two and a half lengths with Aztec Al Sad second in a photo finish. Valdina Hawkins is third. With regard to fourth. First fiddle was fifth. Devil Diver was sixth. Kentucky Derby was shut out the winner. Back into the mailbag now, we find a letter from the gang at the U.S. Naval Air Station, Coco Solo Canal Zone. It is signed by ACH, who says, I suppose you're swamped with requests, and it will be some time before you get to mine. But I'll be waiting for Jack Benny. Well, ACH, suppose I refer your request to the heavyweight champion of Microphonia, Don Wilson. Don, when I smiled at Harry James, you see how worried Phil Harris looked? <laughs> uh, Jalo. Jalo again, this is Jack Benny talking, and Don, I like that beautiful baby introduction. Was that just a lucky guess, or did you have authentic information? Well, uh, Jack 
you ever give yourself good looking? Well, I don't want to sound camp or anything like that, but for the first 17 months of my life, I was a length ahead of Robert Taylor. <laughs> In fact, I won four blue diapers. <laughs> so I can imagine. Say, Don, I'll bet you were quite a healthy looking kid yourself, weren't you? Well, Jack, I, I can... I could just see you as a baby, Don, bouncing your mother on your knee. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I can hear your mother singing to you, Rock-a-bye, baby, on the treetop. Oh, she sure did. That tree must have been a redwood. <laughs> well, anyway, I'd like to be a baby again. I really shouldn't keep talking like this, but I was about the cutest little dickens in Waukegan. In fact, people from all around used to come to my father's meat market just to see me. Meat market? Why, I thought your father ran a clothing store. Well, Don, it was a combination meat market and clothing store. On Saturdays, we used to run a special, a pound of hamburger with two pair of hands. <laughs> oh, it went over very big. I remember one time... Hello, Jack. What are you talking about? We're talking about me. Don just happened to mention that he saw my family album and that I was a beautiful child. You beautiful? Yes, I was. Not only that, I developed very quickly. When I was only three months old, I had four lovely teeth. Well, you're right back where you started from. <laughs> we should get laughs like that on our own show. <laughs> oh, children. Now, listen, Mary. I have a full set of teeth right now. And with the exception of a little argument I had with a cab driver in Toledo, they're all my own. What's that price tag doing on the third molar? <laughs> Don't be funny. Say, Jack, did I hear you say that you had an argument with a cab driver in Toledo? Yes, but of course that was years ago. Well, what was the fight all about? Oh, nothing. He just happened to say something I didn't like, and, and he hit me. <laughs> Otherwise, Toledo was lovely. <laughs> say, Don, when you were looking through the Picture Jack's uncle on the big white horse. Yes, I did. That was my uncle Beaumont. <laughs> and did you see the tree in back with the rope dangling from it and that big crowd of men standing around? <laughs> Mary, my uncle didn't steal that horse. That was just a that was just a scene from a western movie he was making called The Code of the West. <laughs> what are you laughing at? I'll bet he never saw the preview. <laughs> Well, Don brought up the subject. I'd have never mentioned it. Have uh, you got any cute baby pictures, Dennis? None where I'm facing the camera. <laughs> oh. You know, Mr. Benny, I wasn't a very pretty kid, but I was as smart as a whip. Smart, eh? I'll bet you were. All right, you can laugh, but when I was 12 years old, I recited the Gettysburg Address. At 12? What's clever about that? Could Lincoln do it? <laughs> so smart at the age of 12, what happened to you in the meantime? I don't know. All of a sudden, everything went blank. <laughs> That's what I thought. Say, uh, where's Bill? Oh, he's around here somewhere. By the way, Jack, I don't know whether I ought to tell you this or not, but uh, Bill's pretty sore about that track you made at rehearsal. What track? You know, when you told him that if he didn't like it here, uh, he should go out and get his own program. Oh. Gee, Donna, I don't understand. 
kidding. I, I didn't mean anything. Well, Phil took it pretty seriously, and he said he's gonna leave you. Leave me? Why, I made the guy. Me. When I picked him up, he was demonstrating curlers in a drugstore window. Did Phil say anything to you about this wild scheme of his? Well, yes and no. What do you mean, yes and no? Yes, he told me, and no, I ain't, I ain't gonna, gonna tell, tell you. you. I know. <laughs> All right, I'm not worried about it. I can get another orchestra here. Matter with Harry James, that's bad, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Phil ought to be loyal enough to discuss things with me before he takes any definite steps. Hey, Jack, Jack, here he comes now. Oh, yeah. Oh, hello, Phil. Hiya, Jackson. How's the boy? Jackson. <laughs> you know, Phil, it's cute the way you call me that every week, you know. Say, what's this gag I hear about you getting your own program? It's not a gag. You and I have been fighting so much lately, I thought it'd be better to call it quits. That's all. Oh, that's silly. Silly nothing. You're just tough to get along with. That's all. Who, me? Yes, you. You're always flying off the handle. I am not. I'm sweet and lovable. And you're always yelling and shouting at me. Shouting at me? And you're always losing your temper. Why, you baggy-eyed ingrate, I never lose my temper, and you'll know it. to stay on this program. Then get up off your knees. <laughs> I'm not on my knees. Anyway, Phil, there's no use arguing about it. You can't leave me because we've got a contract. Some contract. I supply the orchestra, and when people throw money at us, I have to split it with you. <laughs> oh, how often does that happen? Maybe once in a fortnight.
food in the house when I get there. Okay, goodbye. Goodbye. Well, old Baylor. Now what? Well, if you're coming home, will you bring my fan mail? Yeah, yeah. Great. Goodbye. Darn that Rochester to eat me out of house and home. Well, that's all for us, fellas. Good luck and give them hell. Command Performer. I'm one of the many listeners to your program for the fighting men of the good old USA. You know, we fellas can't thank you enough for the wonderful work you're doing all for us. Our favorite singer is Mary Martin. We'll be patiently waiting and listening for her sweet, lovely voice. Well, Sergeant, we don't have to wait any longer. Here she is, lovely Mary Martin. Her date the courtesy of a good night kiss. I don't 
don't suppose a short-wave kiss can be very effective, but it's the best I can do right now. So here it is. particular request this time, keep listening. Your letter is probably here in the bag. But take it from me, that daddy you're fighting out there is in the bag too. This is Betty Grable thanking you for the date and reminding you that Hollywood turns out a lot of pictures. But for you, Hollywood just turns out. Goodbye now. We're getting those letters, men, and their orders to us because around here you're the THQ. Keep on writing to the station to which you are listening and command performance will fill your request. And listen, fella, for a time there, the actress was getting pretty cocky. Right now, their worry is Kathy. See you later. Great show. Hope you enjoyed that. Command performance, May 7, 1942. Here on Yesterday USA, it's a Saturday night show with Walden Hughes, John Gassman, Larry Gassman, and soon Patricia. And it's uh, 10.05, so I figured we'd get done about five minutes after the hour. And what am I hearing? I am hearing a low-level hum from somewhere. I don't think it's me. Did your phone pop down? Maybe it was mine. No, I'm good. See? Maybe it's, it's better now. No, I hear hum from somewhere. Okay. Well, we'll figure it out later. In any event, uh, we're here for a little while longer. We've got a few more shows to play, one of which is an hour show. I didn't do that. I did Oh, All right, we so have we have we have her on the line. Oh, is she drug induced? Are you drug induced, Patricia? I am not. Today is the first day I got away away without taking any medication, which proves, uh, I think. I'm disappointed. <laughs> I'm disappointed. I wanted to hear you drug induced. Oh, uh, I'll do my best. You should have called yesterday. I should have and recorded it. For <laughs> con yeah, for broadcast in a more convenient time. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Wow. So, so how are you feeling today? I am. I am actually doing better today. Um, still with the walker. Still having a real problem with the right leg, and I, I'm not really sure what happened. I I think it's my lower back, but it sciatica. I don't know. It it's really weird. Um, I I stood up the other day. I got out of bed, stood up, and I always stand up for a few seconds to make sure I'm not going to fall down. And I said, okay, and I put one foot out to take a step, and that was all she wrote. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> I got whacked with a pain that was just incredible, and within a day, it moved to my hip. So I had my back and my hip, and then it moved into my thigh muscles, so I had my back and my hip and my thigh muscles. And then it was just, I mean, it was one of these things that progressed inch at a time. But, boy, I'll tell you, it was a humdinger, and it still is. But Yeah. Un unfortunately, with back issues like that, one day it can be, I'm feeling better, and the next day it can be, oh, my God, what happened? Oh, thank so, you. So you never know. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> you just don't. 
I appreciate it. <laughs> I have a friend who picked but anyway, up. I'm sitting here feeling watching that there are things that I do. Yeah, they're just. Wait, she didn't hear. But. John, we missed you. You, 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 you get our mic. I have a friend who was, she and her husband were watching a movie, and the movie was over, so she reached down to pick up her little dog to take her dog outside, picked up the dog, and threw out her back. Uh huh. That's all it took. Yeah, and apparently it's just a change of position sometimes, and that's yeah. what, mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. what I did. I mean, I didn't do anything stupid, which is in my no. favor, but even not doing something stupid, you can get in trouble. <laughs> So this was not one of my stupid days. Yeah, yeah. Well, anyway, it's a it's a journey when I have to do something. It's a it's a plan to go out to the kitchen to make coffee. Oh my! I mean, really, I have to plan these things. <laughs> Today, I went out to make coffee, and it was before I realized that my walker was set way too high, and that's why I was having trouble with it. So I'll fool with that tomorrow and see what I can do. But I went. I said, okay, you got to do it. You cannot go another day without your coffee. <laughs> so. so are you sleeping in bed or are you sleeping in a recliner or what are you doing? Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. I started falling asleep at the computer. That was the I only- always do that. Yeah, that, but it's the, it was the only position I could fall asleep in. Uh-huh. But you don't last very long on that. Nope. So, so anyway, I have worked slowly, but it took me 25 minutes to make coffee yesterday. Wow. That's not fair. Wow. No, because that, it, with that much time going by, you really don't have the need to even want any. <laughs> I said, boy, I hope you made a good pot this time. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but I, I'm really Ooh. doing better today. But thank you for the advice that tomorrow may be catastrophic. It, it, and tomorrow could be better, but you just don't know. I just don't know. Yeah. Now, are you able to climb stairs, or are you pretty much there for the duration until it gets better? Here for the duration. Yeah. Um, I've been canceling appointments all over the place. Mm. Was, um, you know, I, I can't get to the kitchen in less than 25 minutes. Wow. I get down and up two flights of stairs. So, Are you, are you sleeping in bed? I am now, yeah. Yeah, wow. But that's what clued me that today was going to be a good day because I have found a position that hurts little enough that I can fall asleep in. But when I wake up, I automatically want to go to the place where I normally sleep. And yeah. it's like skyrockets out of bed. But this morning, I rolled over and I said, oh, my gosh, and nothing happened. So I thought, this is good. <laughs> this is good. So the shrieking pain went away for this morning, and I was really pleased with that. So, indeed, I really am doing better. So maybe you've done something, even if you don't know what it is, to make your back go somewhat into alignment again. I would hope so. Yeah. I hope so. Yeah. But anyway, enough about me. I am just damaged goods this week. Well, well hopefully it won't be next week. I hope it won't be next yeah. week because I've got so much laundry piled up. <laughs> <laughs> the kitchen looks like a catastrophic site. Uh, on Facebook, Larry calls that the L word. Yeah, L, that's the L word. Grocery shopping is the GS word. Uh-huh. The L word. Laundry? laundry. Yeah. That's it, huh? That's all. That's how I refer to it, and other people are now too. Do you have a K word for kitchen? It, that's not too bad. I can, I can, I can actually say the word kitchen and spell it <laughs> without getting hives. That's yes, exactly. <laughs> I, I told my doctor I was having problems. This was a long time ago. I said, "Man, you know this. 
and I did have some back issues a while back, but it wasn't this. And uh, I said, the kitchen is a mess. He said, that's what you've got paper plates for. Don't you love a doctor like that? Yeah. And then I said, well, okay, I will hang a sign. Dr. S. says this is okay. <laughs> he said, fine, whatever you have to do. Yeah. Oh, yeah. he's good. He's good. He's a treasure. Yeah, laundry is... Uh... It, laundry, you know, we sang today, we performed today, and then we came home and I did laundry. And it's like, I, I know I have to do it, but just some days it's just like, I don't want to do it. I know. And that's what happened. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I didn't want to, and now I can't. Oh, oh. oh. And, and you don't have hookups, right? So you have to go downstairs? Oh, no, no, no. I've got um, a washing machine and dryer in the apartment. Oh, good. Okay, good. Yeah, it's so. Oh, that's good. Hey, wait a minute. Oh, wait a minute. That could be a new source of income. Patricia can take in laundry. She can, John, where you can ship your laundry <laughs> uh, to Patricia. I don't trust the post office to get it there. Free man for the wine, right? You don't get to come on. No, I can read while other people do the laundry. That's true. And I'll even read what you want to hear. Okay. How am I going to get paid, Walden? Yeah, figure that out, Walden. Uh, we'll have a meter. Well, you know, one of those, one of those parking meters. We'll get. Well, I can keep track of time, and you can keep track of time. The question is, who's going to pay me? Right. Who? The family. We we can put a we <laughs> the Saturday night family can send all the laundry to Patricia. Is our family out there listening to what he's doing? <laughs> Not anymore. <laughs> no. They all said good night. We'll get a, yeah. we'll get a PO box. We'll get, a, you know, tonight, Patricia. You you should be proud of this. We um. We had a wonderful time with Joni Canova. Oh, I'm so glad. And she was a delight. She's for, a terrific lady. And we had it for an hour. Mm -hmm. And then Lori has a new concept. Maybe you want to describe it to Patricia, what you started on the same time, and this have really oh, spawned. I've done this so often that people are probably, family's probably going, shut up. No. Uh, we started this a few months ago, a little bit. I don't know if we ever did it on the air, but we were doing it just, you know, chatting. And we were coming up with a list, which I didn't write down then, but I am now, of star of shows where stars do not appear. Oh, you had that was in your um, same time. In my little, in, yes, yeah. yeah. And, and I'm I'm scratching my head because they're all over the place, and you've they got are. and Andy and, and Fibber McGee. Oh, it's starting to catch on gloriously. Really? Oh, Facebook. There were several people. We called Jim tonight. Uh, to say hello and then said, okay, we're going to put you to work. And he was on with us for about a half hour with Ron. Giving coming dates. Coming up with other shows. Giving dates. You know, like Jim all we could. <laughs> but, but Jim's not only giving you when the stars didn't appear, he's giving you dates as well. I know. He started walking John Dunning. Oh, my gosh. Actually, John would have to follow him. Right, because John can't do that through dates. John... John remembers shows, but John doesn't no, remember I don't dates. understand that, but even in the days when he was writing Encyclopedia of Old Time Radio, and the other one, what's the other one? Um, Bill Owen and Frank Buxton's Big Broadcast. On the air. We're, we're on the air now. Yeah. On the air with, with, with Dunning, another book, yeah. Uh-huh. And he's got inside information about stars and directors and things that happened on, on the set that we can't find, perhaps, in other places. But Jim can rattle off other pieces of information that are invaluable. Mm -hmm. So I'm not surprised that he, he came up with. Actually, Jim said, for me, I thought it was so great. Jim said, even fire can't take that away from me. You know, I mean, he just, Jim. <laughs> he was funny. 
Even the fire can't do that. You can't take it away from me. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, yeah, Jim programmed our shows for the next five years. <laughs> oh, so I should Easily. stop thinking? No, 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 no. No, 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 because, you know, they're Chad we're came still up coming with, up with new stuff. Chad came up with one. He called it. He remembered the wife of Riley. That way, yeah. Bendick didn't appear on. Who did? Chad was up in the tree when he called it. Yeah. Him. Jackie Gleason did it. Oh, 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 oh! Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Top of the tree. I, I, I didn't take the right turn there. <laughs> now I understand. Uh, but anyhow, I was thinking, and of course, Dan in Indiana asked for things that might relate to the U.S. response to propaganda, and I sent him some stuff and a website. Uh, one of the things that I should have said immediately was. Um, Corwin, Norm, Norman Corwin. Right. And which one did I send out there on? Not, not the note one. Oh gosh, which is the one he did that he referenced the piece of work as what what we're going to do on Victory Day? Very strong response to um, um, what was happening on the. I don't know the triumph. I don't know. Or we hold these truths. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, you, you mentioned that on our triumph already, didn't you? Well, I sent that one to him, and I thought that was really a strong response. Yeah. It was interesting, but Dan, he had a reference question for us. He has a, a lady who's working on her um, postgraduate work on radio propaganda, and she's looking for a website. I, I, I recall a few books, but uh, she's trying to... And and then remember some of the Fairy McGee and Molly stuff during the war. And so, and I was trying to think of who ran the Office of Information. He was a radio broadcaster. Elmer Davis. And there you go. I couldn't think of Elmer Davis. Yeah. yeah. I came across a couple of news sites that have the right years in them. I don't know about the right date, so I'll have to do some screening on that as well. Now that I can't go anywhere. <laughs> Um, if you if you call, I'm either dead or sleeping, and either uh, way you can't do anything about it. <laughs> so don't get upset. <laughs> so you don't have your phone with you? Yes, I do. And as a matter of fact, I have two that I can take with me. I just have to remember to charge them. Oh. And I've been pretty good about that. Like tonight, I have the one with the headset, and the other one, the just walk around thingy is in the charger. So I'll take that one with me and put this one back in the charger when I get out, if I get out. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I may be cemented. Into, I have extra water with me just in case. <laughs> well, good, because it'll take you forever to get to the real water. I know, I know. It's, you know. Oh, my goodness. Do you have food and your medicine nearby? I mean, you don't have to walk. Well, my medications are fine. I'm always ahead on my medications, and this is... This is a good example of why I should keep doing them. It okay. just is. Okay. They're eligible for renewal maybe five mm -hmm. days ahead of the actual expiration date. Right. Sometimes a little bit more. I get it as soon as it's eligible. So. But I was thinking, are they nearby that you can just reach for without having to I walk? Them, I put every single one of them in a plastic bag. Okay. Got that with me. Okay. I've got a nest set up. It's really cool. 
I have this little nest, and I've got my medications, my um, my laptop computer, and oh, a whole bunch of other stuff. My nook. Your nook. Yeah, I was thinking of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I've got. I sit in one place, and I've got this whole party surrounding me, but I'm running low on food, so I'm going <laughs> to have to do something about that. Um, I asked one of the office people if one of the maintenance of, from the maintenance team, everybody here is so good to me. I mean, really, they are really good to me. And I asked if when he got off duty, is there one who might be available to bring some stuff up from the car, like my suitcase? <laughs> and, and I had some groceries there, including peanut butter. So... She called back, and, you know, she had to check with the manager, and she called back and said, is there any reason you're asking for after hours? I said, yeah, I was told a long time ago that they can't do this kind of stuff while they're on duty. And I can understand that. You know, they can't be running errands for residents. And she said, oh, we, we can take care of that. We can take care of that. She showed up at the door from the office and wow. all this stuff upstairs for me. And mail, mail, my my um, really super duper important stuff that got in the mail on time, and you know I'm just sitting here like a fat little piggy, except I'm out of food. <laughs> However, I have peanut butter and I have jam. So, oh, and eggs. I have eggs too. Milk? Are you, you on milk? But you can't go scramble. <laughs> I can't what? You can't go scramble them. You can only eat them. From where you are, you can't go into the kitchen and scramble them, right? Well, yeah, we can. I have figured out how to do that kind of stuff in the microwave. Took a while, but I have it all figured out. Oh. And sausage. I've never scrambled an egg in the microwave. Well. Uh, by scrambling sausage, too? I, get, I beg your pardon? Can you scramble sausage, too, in the microwave? Oh, I, I learned that. I, I tried... Because they're brown and serve type things, and I mm. put them in for a minute or two. So I put them in for one minute, and then I put the eggs on top of them. Mm. But I didn't realize that the sausage keeps cooking, even when the eggs are on top. So now I have to put the sausage in the bottom and two or three eggs on top and just stir them around a little bit. And when they start getting hard, you mix them up a little bit. And I had been doing it on high power. Well, you can pick up my eggs in the parking lot with <laughs> <laughs> they explode. <laughs> but I have figured out if you start at power three, you're okay. Nothing explodes, and it takes a little bit longer, but you don't have to wash a pan or anything. How many eggs did you waste before you figured that out? Oh, never waste food. No, everything was edible. It just wasn't a good representation. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it wasn't. And, you know, I mean, what are you going to do? You're going to chew it up anyway. But Sure. So did you sing the song, The Incredible Edible Egg? Is that what you did? Oh, interesting. I forgot about that one. Yes. The Incredible Edible Egg. Was that before or after people were jumping up and down about the um, cholesterol? I think after. It was after. Oh. I would hope so. Because later they came out with a study that said, or several studies that said, don't bother. It's okay. Oh, and the egg industry went through miserable time, and people gave up their eggs. And, uh, except I didn't. 
you kept ate them away. Well, you know, ate them. Mm-hmm. To think about slogans and food, how important it was. You know, what for dinner? Beef. Uh-huh. I mean, that's another one that the beef. Beef Council of America came up with the, the incredible edible egg. And I think the one was one for milk. I'm trying to remember what was it for milk. Uh, it does a body good. Is that the one? I was thinking. Well, I was yeah, definitely thinking. I, on you. I was thinking about the cow. Remember they had the, the two cows talking to you, to each other too. And I'm trying to think how that how that went. Um, so, probably. Uh, no, the t- uh, female cows. They, 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 female cows. That's probably how that went. <laughs> female cows don't do that kind of stuff. The little boys are bulls. Yeah. Well, I remember Carnation from Contented Cows. Yeah, cows. milk came from Contented Cows. That's it. Uh-huh. Yeah. That's it. Remember that one. And um, I take it we're not taking callers tonight. I'm on your line. Yeah, on the other line. I figured cause I did not know how long you wanted to stay on. <laughs> okay. Okay, I was I was hopeful that they weren't out there waiting for me to leave. No. Sad that I even showed up because I was, you know. Well, we can put you on the other, we can put you on Skype and just keep the calls open if you want. Um... Yeah, I've, I've got one leg up, one leg down. I'm not in pain, and I promise not to move. Okay. So you can do that. Okay, so I'm going to hang up on you and have Rory call you back on Skype. Okay. And so we'll do that. All right. Bye. Okay, bye. All right, Larry, do you need me to call you to give you Patricia's number? Nah. Okay. It's the home number, right? Yeah. Yeah, I've got it. All right, you actually talk to all of us. Our number here is, and that's good. We'll put you into the board, and uh, as Larry gets you to Patricia. Hello there, you're on with Walden, John, Larry, and soon-to-be Patricia. I hear something in the background. That's good. I want to have Patricia. All right, Ron, so hold on. We'll, we'll make sure you get to say hello to Patricia once Larry calls her. And we'll make sure of that. You know, uh, if Rory needs me to do a song and dance, I can do that, too. I can always play a song. Yeah, I got it. I'll be about 30 seconds. Okay, okay. All right. Ron, are you doing okay in Hawaii? Yeah, I'm doing fine. And how's the weather in Hawaii? Is it nice or warm? The weather is really nice in Hawaii. Are you inviting all of us to come see you? Huh? What? Are you inviting all of us to come see you? Oh, yeah, yeah, sure, sure. <laughs> Last week in Las Vegas. Yeah, I heard you seeing Las Vegas. It was quite funny. During during the dinner time, uh, Johnny Holmes came over to say hi to me. And I remember Johnny and his wife Helen, I think, came to see you guys in Hawaii. Yeah, 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 Nice guy. We, I enjoy talking to him. All right. Here, Patricia coming. You're back. And, yep. and we have somebody on the phone, too. Yes. Oh. Patricia, I wanted to tell you and get well and have up and get... Oh, Ron, thank you. I, I couldn't wait to call and call you on the, the, the telephone um, to make sure that I said hello. See? 
he Patricia had put female intuition that she knew somebody wanted to call and said hi. She was right. <laughs> I'm so glad you got us. Oh, Ron, how are you doing? I'm doing great. I am. I am so glad when I heard that you had to go to the hospital. And um, I wanted to make sure that I said hello and take care and hug up and get well and get out of this massive room that you got. Oh, my gosh. You are so wonderful. Did you say just now that you have to go into the hospital? No, you have to. Oh, maybe, yeah. yeah. Yeah, we talked about you, but you decided, my mom's going to call you, Patricia, and talk to you about not going to the doctor. Yeah, she's not happy with no, you. No, she's not happy with you. <laughs> well, maybe if I explain the circumstances. I don't know that that will work. I don't know. My mom's pretty tough. You can tough. try. My mom's pretty tough. She's going to talk to you about not going. Oh. But you, but she won't call you now. You'll have, you'll have to wait till the morning. <laughs> <laughs> means that I have another mom. Yeah, it does. You don't have to go there. Well, how do you negotiate with mothers, Patricia? How's how that, you know? This well, one, I'm so my, glad she's yours under these conditions. <laughs> <laughs> my mom doesn't sigh, so, you know, she sort of gets this, you know, straight in the back and talk her. You didn't go well? You know. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't have to go there. I didn't. You know, when you when you start feeling better after you had dumped a thousand dollars on something like an MRI and you didn't see your regular doctor first, there is something unhealthy about that decision. So okay, I mean, if I, you know, if it gets worse, like Larry predicted, <laughs> oh. he's a really true friend, isn't he? We'll see what he happens. Is. Hopefully, he is. I mean, it's always fair and. true. To let yeah. your friends know that disaster is impending. I didn't say it was pending. I just said it could happen. Maybe it won't, but it could. Um, do you you do understand that I am just writing you something awful? I do, and okay. I feel and I feel no guilt. <laughs> <laughs> so we won't bring it up again. <laughs> okay. <laughs> See, I don't think it's going to be that easy with Sandy, by the way. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> I know, but she's Walden's mom. Yeah. Yep. Hey, Walden, does she do? Does, does she do periods of long silences? Who? My mom. Sandy. When she's unhappy she, with you, does, no, does she? No, she. Say, she. My mom likes her quiet time every day. That she. No, she, no, no. I meant when she's talking to you and she wants no, to get a she'll, point across. No, she'll be just direct. She won't. She, there no, won't be silences no, of ten or no, fifteen no, seconds. No, no, no. She doesn't do that. She just. She just be direct. I have, I think, living with three guys. Yeah. Uh, died that to her, you know. Um, he'll just say, you, you, he, and she doesn't do, you stupid, you know, she just says, you know, you need to do this kind of thing. That's sort of uh, how my mom operates, you know. She just, uh -huh. straight to the point. Silent treatment was my father's calling card. Mm. Yeah, he heard something he didn't want to hear, and he wanted you to know he didn't want to hear it. You didn't hear anything. <laughs> now, my, now in this case, my, my dad's mom, 
my 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 grandmother on my dad's she would pout, and so that's when you knew that that that's when you knew she at age ninety five she would convert back to when she was twelve years old when she would pout and not talk to anybody, you know. Oh my goodness. Oh yeah. Oh my goodness. Every every okay. every family has something like that, I guess. If you say so. <laughs> If you say so, Ron, I want you to help me out here, please. I'm getting abused. Yeah, you're getting abused. I am. How? How are you? Everybody's looking out for you. I know. Okay. I know, and okay. I thank you so much, everybody. I mean, really. We love you, and That's the, right. the program is not the same world. Well, Nobody else gets this kind of treatment. I'm not really complaining, <laughs> honest. <laughs> I am just a little brat. Yeah, we love you. We we look forward. We it's thank you, Larry and that uh, but it's better than Patricia. Yeah, Patricia, well, pretty good. Why, Patricia? <laughs> You are so funny. I am so happy that I can talk to you tonight. Yeah, me too. I'm so happy. You're a good person, Ron. Okay. Well, I, I'm going to hang up now. All right, Ron. Have a good, have a good time in Hawaii. I will. I definitely will. And um, Larry, it's nice talking to you. It's always good to talk to you too, Ron. I'm glad you're doing well. You sound good. I I was looking forward to coming over to your last Vegas. Um, yeah, well, but there'll be other times. Yeah, I gotta come over. I gotta, I gotta meet you in person. No, you you can't come until we warn the state first. <laughs> Well, we you know, if, if, if Ron and Gail can underwrite the next Burvac convention, we'll be happy to move it to Hawaii. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, hey, I'd, be, I'd go to Hawaii in a minute. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We yeah. might get Patricia to come. You never know. Well, you never know. You know? Okay, well, hey, I got to Is there anybody there who could piggyback me? What? We'll make sure. Ron, Ron will underwrite your costs. <laughs> I want you to hire a person who will carry me piggyback. Uh, well. Oh, I know. Ron Bond. Very good. He doesn't have anything. He's retired, so he, he has do nothing it. to do. He's retired. Yeah. You just have to tell him left, right. Oh, God, no. Stop. Throw the mud. I'm down here, Ron. Bye, <laughs> guys. Bye, Ron. Thanks for calling. Bye, Ron. Bye, Ron. Thank you. All right. 714-545-2071 is our one number. You can give us a call. If you want to call Larry's number, that's free for a while. But 714-449-1958. But most people know 714-545-2071. And I'm assuming Patricia doesn't have any questions tonight. Case, you know, poor Dave King couldn't answer one of his Patricia question class. Oh, is that either. right? Not a one. Not, I haven't heard the show yet. I want to, but it's probably going to have to wait till I get back. You know? Not one. Uh. However, Donna, his 
yeah. co-host. Right. And I, I guess that's the right term. I got had my feet put to the fire when I called him a DJ. He said I'm an on-air personality. <laughs> so I have to remember that. And there were a couple of other things that I had to remember. So, But she said, okay, well, I've got one for you. Who was the first Supreme Court justice? I said, John Jay. <laughs> so I got them. I got them back. Oh, I'm so happy. And I said something that entertained Dave so much that he had to turn his microphone off. He was laughing so hard. But I didn't know that until Donna said, well, I asked her, I said, are you laughing? She said, yeah, I'm laughing at him. He's falling off his chair. And I never found out what I said. Mm. I have an inkling, but I don't know what I said. So I'm eager to hear him talk with us and tell me what I said that yeah. made him so crazy. Of course, I can do that without trying, as you know now. <laughs> I make lots of people crazy. So, yes, I do have some presidential stuff. You do? And I have... Hmm? You do? Yeah, we do. We okay. Do, we do. Um, I'm assuming Donald uh, Trump is not the answer, right? I beg your pardon? I'm assuming Donald Trump is not the current answer to any of your questions. That, that is correct. Okay. That is correct. We have to wait for something that... Um, Give well, me. We won't have to wait long. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> He'll come through for us. I, I tend not to do people who are in office unless it's like a quote or, you know, something something benign. Well, Donald, had, that, I, Donald never said anything in the last year and a half for Patricia quote books, yeah. <laughs> my quote book. <laughs> I ran out of paper. I know. Uh, oh, my gosh. And I do have a really neat quote book, so I have to, I have to dig that out. It might mm -hmm. be here on my desk because I did pull it out. But anyway, just a little piece of information that I pulled out before I fell apart. Domino's Pizza California. Hold on. <laughs> I'm, doing, I'm doing the um, spoonerisms here. Domino's Pizza's co-founder traded his shares for a Volkswagen and got out of the business for a Volkswagen. Wow. He thought he was making a good deal. Got his money. And here is Domino's Pizza all over the place. <laughs> but anyway, anyway, who is the only president sworn in by his father? Oh, okay, so let's see. Who would the father have been? Would, would he have been a, a, a Supreme Court justice? No. Well, how about the Adams when John Adams swore and John Quincy Adams? Yeah, I thought that of that. That would have been but, my first choice, too, yeah, so you're but, forgiven on that. No, but John but Adams no. wouldn't have sworn his son in, right? No, I don't think so. the president wouldn't swear another president No, it's generally been a, somebody on the, on the court, Supreme Court. That That's why I asked if it was a chief justice. You asked me a chief justice? Yeah. Huh. Was there is there a chief justice who... Was the father of a president? Well, Taft wound up, after president becoming a chief justice, um... For Larry, the answer is no and no. Hmm. 
So this Just was a there a chief question. justice before uh, Washington got sworn mm-hmm. in? No? no, I don't know who's for Washington. Is. Yeah, and you're probably right. That was John Jay. He was in the first appointments everywhere, mm-hmm. and so he probably belonged to George Washington, but he didn't swear him in. So this must have been an unusual circumstance, right? Have been. Very unusual. <clears throat> Uh, could it have been uh, Teddy Roosevelt? No. Could it have been one of the one of the after the president got assassinated? That's what I was thinking. That's why I was talking about Teddy Roosevelt because you know he 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 was in the mountains when they found out. Um. Well, we know it's not Johnson because that was a woman judge. It was Sarah, mm-hmm. somebody Sarah from Texas, judge. Sarah, somebody from Texas. Right. Um. <laughs> Sarah, somebody. Yeah, I can't remember her last name. <laughs> uh, no, you know, this kind of stuff makes me giggle sometimes because we can remember the most obscure facts about a president mm-hmm. or circumstances. This was post-assassination on the same plane as John F. Kennedy's body was being transported. His wife was there and witnessing it. And we can't remember who did it. We remember everything else. Yeah. The clothes she wore, uh, just absolutely everything. She had roses in her hand. And we don't remember the name of the poor woman in Texas who wound up administering the oath. But anyway, I will put you out of your pain if you wish. My pain probably isn't as bad as yours. Go ahead, my dear. (laughs) Calvin Coolidge. Oh, of course. Yeah, well, Harding died, so I didn't. So Harding. So who was Calvin Coolidge's father? Father. Well, he his he was with Calvin Coolidge was with his family in the Vermont mountains, and they did not have electricity, did not have a phone, but a messenger brought word of Harding's death, and the only person around who was eligible to administer the oath. Was his father, who was a notary public? Wow! Oh my gosh. Even a notary public could actually do that. <laughs> yeah, actually, I read up wow. on constitutional. I did. I read up on constitutional law on this thing, and the Constitution does not specify that it has to be a member of anything. You know, any officially appointed. It could be a citizen off the street who issued it. But it has become our custom to have the Supreme Court pick the person who's going to swear in the president. Um, and if he's not available, they go to other places. But they're all government-connected in some way. Um, I, 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 that, I, that is not necessarily the the route that people have to take. I, I, was, I thought it was kind of interesting. Uh, last week I was telling Mom and Dad, I remember when Judge Robert m- missed up the sworn ceremony and had to do it again in private. The or, next day, yeah. yes. And do you know, do you know what... The, the mess up was no I don't remember now I, I wish I could remember I will in a minute it'll come to me he misplaced one word it it came um, it, I think it might have been the execute faithfully mm-hmm. and it came out faithfully execute and because it was out of sequence they decided they should do it over again and make sure that all the bases were covered so they redid it the next day mm. Great question. Fascinating question. 
Fascinating answer. I'm, I want you to tell Dave I answered that one, too. Perfect. Yeah, I know. Well, yeah. I, I guess misidentified him, but I know who, <laughs> who got sworn in by his father. Yeah, I would never have gotten that. No, that's a great one. I, I wouldn't have, and I even wrote down the information, and I would not have. I knew the story, but I didn't realize, it, putting it in perspective, that the man was sworn in by his father. And I knew that for a long time, but just didn't place any emphasis on it and how special an individual that was. Mm. So, anyway, okay, who was the only president sworn in by a president? And when we say president in this country, obviously we're talking about, you know, George Washington was a president. Um, Would that have been Adams? No. Yeah. But that's good. That seems so logical to be, yeah. to be the Adams. Yeah. I guess I the, don't think I guess it's the, not recent. I guess the, I, Bush, the Bushes wouldn't count. Technically, there could have been George swearing his son in when he when his son became president. The Bushes, yeah, but it wasn't. It wasn't. Um, Does it go back a ways? Yeah. Okay. I want to say James Madison swore him James Monroe. No. George Washington? Uh, but, no, there no. was no ex-president when George Washington was... Oh, yes, there were. There were five. We went through a sequence of fairly rapid mm -hmm. presidential people in office while the government was being established. And uh, so he was not the first president. So, sure, he could have been sworn in, but he wasn't. I, I love it when I do preambles. <laughs> you do very good. I, I have no idea. It was Calvin Coolidge has center stage tonight. It was Calvin Coolidge oath in 1925, which was the subsequent administration. And it was Howard Taft. Huh. Because really? at that time, Howard Taft would have been the Supreme Court justice. That's correct. He went. He was out of office, mm -hmm. went to the Supreme Court and was able to come back and swear in Calvin Coolidge. So he was a former president, and Calvin Coolidge was going to be president. Um, so he was the only person who was, who was sworn in by a president. Very nice. Great question. Are we having fun? We are. Two in a row. Two in a row. Can we get, another, can we get another silent cow answer in here? Oh, no, I don't have one. There must be <laughs> in my notes somewhere. Do you want one? Sure. No, no, we just won't guess him anymore. That's right. Okay. All right. Aunt Jenny's real-life stories. You know what I'm talking about, right? Yes. Uh-huh. How many years did it run? A very long time. It was. Dan a very long time. I think Dan Seymour was one of the announcers. Yep. <laughs> this is this is Walden's trick here. <laughs> I asked how many years, and we have announcers is the answer. <laughs> exactly. That gives him time to think. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. I, I want to say at least 20 years. I'm going to say a dozen. You went to, what was that, Walden? 
12 years. 12 years. It was 19 years. So Good job, boy. Yeah, because I know it was on in the 30s, and I thought it went into the 50s, but I couldn't remember how far. Wasn't that one of the shows that gave a recipe at, uh, almost yeah. daily? Uh-huh. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Every week. Uh, Monday through Friday, every week they did that. And, uh, um, I think they started a new segment on how to, what to do and how to relieve pain when your back goes out. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> That's why they have Barry as one of the sponsors. You guys can have a field day here. Actually, that was interesting. I was looking at uh, Dave Golden Index on Judy Canova. Yeah. And she was giving the recipes out on her. Yes, she was, and I'd love to hear that show. It makes you wonder. What she had, it, was a, it was a syndicated show later on. Right. She gave recipes out. Were they good? I don't know. We don't know. We don't have the show. Hmm. My I'd friend, love it, to hear it that. Was an, was it an individual episode? No, a series. It was a series. But it was a different series. Okay. It wasn't the network. It was a syndicated show. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, it continued until 1956, and it was sponsored over the years by... I think Crisco. I think it was Crisco. You're halfway there. Um, gosh, what other cooking oil would it be? Did I say it was oil? No. No, you said Crisco. Right. No, the well, Walden said Crisco. Said, yeah, I said, and it was sponsored by, over the years, Nabisco. I, I, no, Spry Shortening. Spry. And okay. one other. Let's go to the caller while you're All righty. Hello there, caller. You know the answer? What's the question? <laughs> <laughs> You were right with us all that time. I know. Go go ahead. Give him the question, Patricia. Give Dan the question. This is Aunt Jenny's Real Life Stories. The show continued on radio until 1956. This is 19 years now. And was sponsored over the years by two sponsors. The first one, you heard that, right? Uh, No, I did not. Good night, nurse. This is the last word I had before. Okay, with spry shortening. And the second sponsor was? Uh, mm-hmm. I'm willing to bet Dan Shower he doesn't know the answer, so. How about Maxwell Health Coffee? Oh, please. <laughs> please do not. Get, no. <laughs> I know how you love Maxwell Health Coffee. I know. I would have blurted that one out right up front. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. Uh, I don't know, Dan, if you were awake or not, but Larry helped fill in a little more of the, who was the head of Office of Information. It was Elmer Davis. Elmer Davis. Okay. Yeah. What did you say, Larry? It was, well, it really was? Oh yeah, uh-huh. Larry, Larry. Remember, with Elmer Davis, was head of the. Uh, Elmer. Okay. Yeah, head of the propaganda. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Well, this is this is for the Larry, John, and Walden gang. Okay. John's probably and a Jenny smaller. had a canary. Oh God. She really had a canary, and it was not a recorded canary. Who played the canary? Who had a canary? What show? Well, I had Jenny's. 
Ah, oh. like and then he had a had a canary. Okay. Who shared with the dude who was the sound effects man? Brad Barker. No. No. Judy Canova. <laughs> no. <laughs> I've never even heard of this show before. Aunt Jenny's. What'd she do? Just Aunt Jenny's real life story. Yeah. And I've listened to a couple of them. I thought they were weird in the beginning. But the but, more I like, listened, the more I realized this really was soap opera material. Was she, I mean, this was soap opera? Well, it really, it wasn't. She was having a conversation with the announcer. Who was the announcer? It was a popular one. Dan Seymour was one of them, I remember. Probably others. Uh, okay. But Dan Seymour who was the famous announcer on the Mercury Theater. Okay. Mm. I recognized his voice, but didn't know why. In any event, Aunt Jenny would talk about this real-life problem. For example, the young bride who lived down the street was having trouble with her husband because he wanted to go in and, and would go through this whole story. And they had to wait until the next episode to find out what was going on with this couple and then they have they had to do the thing for the whole week for five days before they came to a resolution that aunt jenny usually helps with and after each episode of the soap opera part so this would be five times a week she would give either cooking tips or a recipe there was something about the kitchen that was going on there so i can understand why it was a very popular soap opera mm -hmm. You know, that just sort of reminds me the way you describe it, Patricia. What was the one that Harlow Wilcox always talked about at the end of the pep milk? And, oh, you know, it was, was a Saturday morning show. Mary, oh. Lee, Mary Lee Taylor. Mary Lee Taylor, yes. Thank you. Sort of the same type of concept, but it was a recipe and a storyline built mm -hmm. in every Saturday morning. Yeah. yeah. I think Aunt Jenny's was closer to reality than Mary Tyler. <laughs> Mary Tyler Moore. Mary. <laughs> I didn't know, Mary I didn't know she was in radio. <laughs> I am just, oh my goodness, I'm in, in information overload and information unavailable time with me. Oh, awful. So, anyway, who was her canary? Sarah Fussell? Excuse me? Sarah Fussell? I have no idea. That's a great guess, though, Lori. Because she did some animal sounds uh -huh. as well as being a little girl. Hmm. But I, yeah. I don't know. Everything on the Internet is true, except this came from Joe on the Radio Digest. Joe, what's his last name, Walden? Uh, oh, 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 oh. Joe Russell? The, the guy who does that weekly thing on exactly. Sunday. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know who you're talking about. Joe Mick? Nick something? something but I actually like, know him. I'm something like him. that. I don't Last remember you. Oh, dear, forgive me. I've written to him at least twice to tell him how much I appreciate the information. And, he, you know, he just, ah, it's not a big deal. I copied out of all of the, <laughs> you know, the, the, um, the, the radio coverage, the, the entertainment coverage. He just pulled them out of the books and pasted them into a list. And when we come around to those dates every year... He puts them back in. And he's, but I mean, it took a lot of work to put all these things together. So I have to trust it that the animal imitator is identified correctly. 
Well, you got me, Patricia, so we're all ears. What do you, what do you have? Henry Boyd. Not a name I know, which doesn't say anything. I don't think Larry and I and John can figure that one out either, so I think we're safe. Hmm. Huh. Okay. How much did J. Scott Smart weigh when was, he played Was it really detective? about 270? That's exactly right. Yeah. It wasn't 239. Exactly, I think it was 270. at that amount or around that amount. Maybe yeah. Two, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Interesting. So you want a colonial question? I don't know why I remember that. I really don't. I heard, I, I heard it probably at least 10 years ago. Mm. Colonial well, question, it's sure. I with the character. I didn't know it was his real life weight. Mm-hmm. So that, that was kind of interesting. 277 pounds. And the next week it would be 272 pounds. <laughs> Can you imagine if they made editorial comments and the next week, oh my, you've gained. Yeah, but you know, I, I think he had the right sponsor for the show. The fat man? Yeah. You remember? No, I don't. Yeah, I haven't listened to one in so long. There you go, Larry. You feel good. Good in the morning. No, no, no. It was somebody who was always happy. Pep, pep Debismo, and fail good again. It's like, what are you doing? It's early in the morning. What do you do at night? Yeah. You have to do this in the morning. Exactly. Wow. Well, if he could feel good in the morning, it couldn't have been too awful. I can't think of any other show. I can't think of any other old-time radio show that Pep Debismo was the sponsor for. Pep Debismo? Yeah. Oh, what? yes. Was it a six, uh, Quiz Kids for a while? No? That was Alka Yeah, that was Alka That's right. Similar functions. <laughs> <laughs> no, one stays up and the other one goes down. Exactly. <laughs> it just takes care of both parts of the alimentary canal. You know, Do you I... remember that word? Uh, canal, yeah. I think there was a song about it. Oh no, that's the Erie Canal. We, uh, my, my uh, mm-hmm. I, I have, yeah. I've never taken an Alka Seltzer. We've, we've been a Pesmodismal family forever, so I have no idea if one better than the other. I, I'd love to. I'm going to try to do a search in maybe Dunning's book and see if there are any other series that are sponsored by Pepto-Bismol. I can't think of any. I can't either. But there, uh, you would assume there'd have yeah. to be one. Maybe a daytime soap, but maybe yeah. I don't know. Hmm. I think okay. I can search the whole book, I think, because I don't think it's it's cut up into files. I think it's one big, big, long file. Big old piece. So if I learn how to spell it, then I'll do a search for it. <laughs> okay. Actually, I'll, when I don't know how to spell a word, uh-huh. I'll either go to Microsoft Word or uh, I'll go I'll Google it and I'll, I'll guess. And that engine is so strong. It usually said, did you mean, yep. without, mm-hmm. without being a Siri or a condescending piece of garbage, yep. it's really good. It is powerful when yep. I look at the returns that come back from Google. It's in, in fractions of sentences now, or fractions of sentence of seconds. Did your tongue go out it. on you? Hmm? Did your tongue go out on you? Yes, it did. Sounds good. good here. It fell uh. over. And, Dan, I was hoping I would talk to you tonight. I yeah. had my last bourbon ball tonight. I oh, a 
I bet that stopped the pain. Well, it helped. Yeah. It helped. Really good stuff. I can understand why people fall in love with bourbon. They are good. Oh, yeah. Oh, yummy, 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 yummy. So, okay. You need to go get yourself a bottle of Angels in the Bourbon. It's a new label here in town. Angel. Angels Envy. It's in green. Envy. Wow, yeah. what a name. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Okay. All right, before I go to my colonial question, which state in the nation, actually its location in the world, that has the most bourbon production every year? Which state? Well, my guess would be Kentucky, because you always heard about Kentucky bourbon. Yeah. That'd be my guess. Larry? It's funny, I was going to guess Kentucky, too. Uh, John? John's, John's, uh, his guess is... <laughs> Do you mean I'm here and he's not? Yep. Would you register a complaint with the department tomorrow, please? Would you like me to wake him up now? I don't think so. I could call his phone. He'll answer. Not happily, but he will. I know. I I don't think so. Okay. I am much I am much too sensitive to other people's needs. <laughs> one, one of my needs is don't wake me up, please. Yeah, I think you need more bourbon balls. I, I had a... <laughs> I had a great line on somebody who called the other day. I have to remember to give it to you. Okay, for all of you, this is a fill-in-the-blank. Benjamin Franklin and Thomas Bond worked together to build America's first what? Bourbon ball factory? (laughs) Benjamin Franklin did get around, but no, that was not it. Thomas Bond. Printing press. I don't think so. Pardon me while I Google this. Uh, post office. No. Would have helped if they had given me years on this. It would have been able. You would have been able to eliminate some things. Yeah. Because I I did not get a date somewhere in my file. I have it, but those two. Mm. get credit for helping get the country's first hospital off the ground. And if I remember, it's, oh, yeah, it's Pennsylvania. Can you think what what the legacy Benjamin Franklin left America? Mm -hmm. I mean, it just goes on forever. The hospital? I the man got everything in there, plus his friendliness with the distaff half of half of the world. The, <laughs> the hospital, the, the, the hospital, the library, the post office, uh-huh. uh, the Franklin, the almanac, the stove, the, the lightning rod, all the things La- you... Glasses? Yeah? Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yes. Uh-huh. It really is quite remarkable. Yeah. Okay. Dan... I have yeah. a request. I have a request for you. Are you connected to Dropbox? Uh, not at present. Not at the present. I could probably uh, get on there at some point. 
if you get on there, I will be able to transfer a whole lot of stuff that you asked for a whole long time ago. And I know you've been waiting for it, and I've got it here on CDs, but I can't get them get them out of my office. I've got a lot for everybody. And um, if you want to be a Dropbox person, I will send you an invitation. And you can yes. click on the invitation and just fill in the registration, and you will automatically be connected to my end of Dropbox, and we can send stuff to each other. Cool, that'd be nice. Cool. Yeah, and uh-huh. I, I don't know how many. How what do I get? Two hundred gigs. What is it, Larry? Is it two twenty-five or two fifty every time she somebody joins Patricia's account, I, I something think like I, that? I get anybody who sends out and invites a new user gets twenty-five extra gigs. But the basic, as soon as you sign on, you've got twenty. 200 gigs to work with. Right, that's minimum. That's basic. That that is absolute basic. Yeah. If you just sit there and trade with the other person, that it just sits there, and you can send to other people with Dropbox. Dropbox people can send to you. You have to connect with each other by <laughs> invitation, but it is as Larry promised me, one of the simplest and free. By the way, I should have used the word free <laughs> up front. It it has one of the easiest to sign up for and they don't bother you they just don't well i mean you can sign up for the business edition and that's i think it's like 99 bucks a year or something yeah, but then you get unlimited gigs yeah. or at least something really yeah. stupid like yeah, i don't know that's gigs. really great for companies and yeah. corporations because right. they've got so many people sharing information um so, yeah, I can understand why they would sign up for it. For our purposes, 200 gigs is a lot of stuff to yeah. be transferred. Yeah. yeah. Quite a bit. Quite a bit. Yeah. Thanks, everybody, so, for your help. I beg your pardon? Thank you for all your help on that question. I knew you would be able to, to help. Uh, you know, I could come up with command performance and um, server them again. Molly, the... Uh, the grad student, she was wanting information on um, how radio programs uh, use propaganda to uh, support the war effort. Mm-hmm. 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 And Fibber McGee and Molly had a lot. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. They were so good about this. I think during the 1943 more than just the black market, they would do entire shows. For example, they had an entire show about train use and buying seats on trains and making sure that you save them for the servicemen. I think during the 1943-44, they devote one hour every three shows to the war effort. Yes. uh, They've they've got good stuff all over the place. And I finally got in here. I know I told you I would hobble to my big computer. I have hobbled tonight. (laughs) So I will will go through my... Yeah, I will go through my files and and get the stuff from World War II that was put out. We didn't even but hear you hobble. Huh? I didn't even what? hear you hobble. Hobble, hobble. You can hear me hobble? No. You couldn't? No, I'm impressed. Well, you weren't on the phone with me when I hobbled. Oh, was this before? I just got in here, yeah, about oh. 20 well, minutes before you called. Oh. I, I, my first visit to my big computer in three days. Wow. I, I was thinking, as I wrote back to Dan, I remember we had the author on, 
Smith. Uh, forget for, Willie Mickey Smith. The, 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 how Phil McGee and Molly won World War Two. Oh, um, Claire Schultz. Oh, Claire no, Schultz. Um, Mickey no. Smith. Yeah. Mickey, Mickey Smith. Smith. Yeah. 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 Mickey. Yeah. That 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 reference book would probably be very helpful. Uh-huh. I, mean, I, 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 I think that's a bare man of media book. I found a book called Radio Goes to War, The Cultural Pol uh, Politics of Propaganda During World War II. Um, mm -hmm. That looked like a yeah, looked, good book. I looked that one up, and it might have been, um, that it, and it, it shows up like it might be something that she's interested in. And the Norman Corwin program that I sent was done well before the end of World War II, and what we're listening to is a repeat that had already played, I don't know how long before, I, my memory tells me at least two months. And it, it absolutely hammers on what we're going to do when you lose the war and we win. That was the theme, the essence, I guess, of the show, and it's an hour-long show, and I think that one plays just a home run with what she's looking for. So I'll check out yep. the other the other Norman Corwin's that I have and see. Yeah. Yeah. And uh yeah she she was very grateful for that. And uh, and the I I sent Dan the O T R R site and I I don't know if she knows individual programs. Silver McGee and Molly of course are ones that even the titles might be able to help you with um Oh yeah, the, the, you're during, right during you're, the war years. Hmm? Yeah, you're you're really right about the titles of the shows cuz like one was dealing with the wax and one was dealing with black market meat and uh mm -hmm. one was uh Oh, well, I think they even did a bond drive too at one point. Yes, they did. They did. And that one was in um, it was in Omaha. One of them was in Omaha, and it's the story. It's the the um, the show that they Fibber bought a safe and put it in the wall, and they did that on a stage. So I I think that was pretty cool in front of. I was just thinking, um, on the Great Ghostly Show, I think around June of '44, uh, NBC. Changed the the the, the uh, three chimes, and it actually said buy war bonds. Hmm. Um, it, it's where Goldie's we was selling bonds, and at the end you could you could hear the NBC change the the chime to say buy war mm -hmm. bonds. So wow. that was another way they did it. Yeah. Wow, wow. The Sherlock Holmes series during the war, Doctor Watson would promote bonds. Yes. We have to bring our we have to bring our soldiers home and we have to win before we can do that. So that was that one was very heavily promoted during the war years and I know I came up with the Life of Riley show. Riley got <laughs> lured into I guess is a good word. Lured into buying some bread. Some bread. And when he went out to look at what he had bought, it was a truck full. Oh. <laughs> and, it was, and he, of course, that was black market stuff. So he broke the rules, and they had it, they had so much that they had problems giving it away. So 
I mean, what, I mean, what what could you really do with black market or uh, or uh, bread like that? I mean, could you only give it away? Well, once you bought it, it was yours. You could do anything you want with it. Uh huh. I don't think people knew at that time, and I don't even think they had the capacity to at that time uh-huh. to freeze bread. Yeah. And it stays very fresh, but you can't yeah. do that in an ice box and keep it long term. Exactly. Exactly. Uh-huh. I even found that I even found a radio war guide from 1942 that listed like goals and objectives. Uh, that was on archive.org, and you could type that in, and you know it was really, really informative to see these government publications that were going out to radio stations on how to mm. promote mm. promote the war effort. Yeah. So archive.org had quite a bit of you know, uh, you know, scanned uh, booklets and things like that. Oh, and then uh-huh. you know, audio audio uh, programs too. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to dig around in um, information. Please had war bond. <laughs> they really did a good job on that. They actually had a tour where they went out throughout the country to sell war bond. And then mm-hmm. another thing you want to might want to concentrate are the kids shows. Uh, a lot of them had a, a war theme from Captain Midnight to Tom Mix to. Hop along, cat. Uh, hop along, not hop along. Uh, hop Harrigan. Um, Superman. So a lot of them had Civil War themed, you know, mm-hmm. for kids. Yeah, there was yeah. quite a bit done during that time. Yeah, period. it's a lot out there. It's going to take her a great deal of time, and I hope I can find stuff that'll make her life a little bit easier. Yes. I will. She yeah. has faith. Oh, I do. I do. So, well, I just wanted, I wanted to just call in and say, hey, keep up the good work. We will. I promise. Okay. Well, thank you for saying it's good. <clears throat> it's very nice of you. Yeah. It was good hearing Ron. He sounds well. You know, he, he sounds so much better this week than he has in previous weeks. So whatever he's doing... Ron, you just keep it up. That's right. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, your speech is great. Just great. Well, I won't and keep you all. I want to call in and say thank you for all the work. Well, thanks for giving us a call, Dan. I'm glad Patricia and I can sure help you out. That's right. And you uh, take care of yourself now. Okay. Don't, don't I'm working be on it. Up. I'm getting picked on by Larry. No, I'm not. I said I wouldn't say that. No, he's being a realist, <laughs> and I'm being a hopeless. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Oh, gosh. So I will send you, um, this is not a push to get you up there, but I'll send you an invitation to Dropbox, and okay. if you decide to do it, just reply to it. Okay, sounds great. It'll probably be afternoon. It'll probably be after. It'll be sometime tomorrow afternoon. All right. All right. I'll be happy Sounds if great. I see you tomorrow afternoon. It's been a long day here. I'll bet. Yeah. I'll bet. So. Did you do two shifts again? 
Uh, it, like I said, it was a long day. So, but mm. yeah, things are going well. Busy time of year. Yeah, I guess it would be. Wow. Oh yes, yes. It was oh, great. You're going to yeah, keep folks right. coming down to the wire before they're allowed to excuse themselves and go on spring break. Yeah, hopefully spring break will be here and without snow. But we're <laughs> we're supposed to get two inches of snow by eight o'clock tomorrow night. So. Ooh. Okay, so you can hunker down and do some stuff with me. Let me write that That's down. Right. Good grief. And and you've been getting quite a bit of rain and snow in California, I guess. Oh my goodness! We've sure oh, got a whole lot of it. it. Yeah, I think at least in our area, where Larry and I are living, there's no drought issues now. So not yet. It's all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There, mm. I think I think it's the first time without a drought since like 2010. Ah. Mm-hmm. Bakery's all the center of the state now. They can just get that straightened out. They're in pretty good shape. I think Patricia looked yeah, it up. Some of the mountains are packed by 193% of some some gigantic number of overloads. So we're doing pretty good at the that, moment. That can be as bad in some ways or even worse in some ways than a drought. The big redwood tree that you could drive through, uh-huh. Stan, that came yeah, down. I saw that. Rain. Yeah. Yeah, I saw that. They said they put that uh, tunnel through that tree in like 1880, I believe. Mm-hmm. And that poor thing withstood everything that went on, including the abusive lumbering that went on just for the redwoods because you cut down one tree and you've got your career cut. But sure. It couldn't, it couldn't survive drought and rain. Exactly. So sad. So sad. That's right. There's no way you can hoist that back up. There are so many trees you can hoist back up and pack the roots and do so many things, and quite successfully in most cases. But how do you hoist the? How how tall are these things, Walden? A thousand feet? Something like that. I was just thinking. Can you imagine the noise that when that thing came down and must have created mm-hmm. in the forest? Oh, it's it must have. lucky someone. It's lucky someone didn't get killed. Yeah. Well, generally, where it hit, you have these tour buses that go by in that area. That's how I went through it. And cause it's sort of off in the beaten path. Uh-huh. But, but uh, you're right, Dan. Somebody could have easily... It's a destination, so it attracts people, sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. So I guess if there's, and there's always something to be grateful for. And mm-hmm. that was it. That it was the tree that went down and not people. Exactly. Yeah. But it really was sad. Oh, it made me sad. This beautiful tree. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. I w- wonder if they know how. I wonder if they know how old that tree is. I wonder if they're going to count the rings or anything like that since it's come down. Yeah, I think you have to cut it down to count the wings. The wings. The rings. This is terrible. Well, then you have to put a leash on my mouth. <laughs> You did very well last week with with Dave, so you you're doing just fine with that. So what can I say? <laughs> That's what did it. Mm-hmm. He killed me. That's what did it. I I know we can blame Dave for getting you up so early in the morning to do a show. Now now remember, next time I send bourbon balls to Patricia yes. and Walden, yes. I've got to include some for the guests. That's right. Don't 
they don't know anything about nah, involved. Yeah, I, I don't know. Larry, Larry had, you have to put their name on that way. Larry would have to share with John. That's right. And then I've got to put in a decoy box of chocolate so your family can eat chocolate. <laughs> you can take the bourbon balls off. <laughs> That's going to run you into money, John. It's going to run you into money, Dan, for buying all this stuff. What can I say? Well, how many, how many bourbon balls have you gotten out of two boxes of bourbon balls? How many bourbon balls have you gotten? Two? Two. One of you. Yeah. One of you. Yeah. How many, how many in a box? Uh, Fifteen, right? Uh-huh. So, 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 so Patricia's eating 30, 30 versus my two. That, that seems very... Equable, doesn't it? That's right. It does, but it, it, it was it was two Christmases, not two years. <laughs> <laughs> we have to keep this straight here, you know. Oh, but yeah, you're the one anyway. not doing. You're doing worse than Walden is. Well, she's been drinking more than I have. What can I say? <laughs> yeah, but he doesn't. He can't control his family. He says, oh, it's part of sharing. Walt and I have a, a confession to make, and if I could be on bended knee, I would. <laughs> maybe, maybe when I can do that again, I'll let you know. <laughs> on bended knee. Yeah. You know, I, I have a little gift for you that I'm, I'm going to send before it gets stale or well, bad my or Well, my birthday is only six, five months away, so we can wait till then. I, no, I think I can make it before then. My confession is that as a humorous but nice surprise, I was going to give you two of my bourbon balls uh, in the box. And I thought, I'm sorry. <laughs> I ate them. <laughs> I ate them. Well, it's the thought that counts. That's right. That, that's sort of the, the line that um, the Kingfish said. Remember, he, he was going to give Andy a box of cigars and he kept trying them out because one was too moist and one was too dry. And he said, it's the thought that count as you smoked up a yeah. whole box of cigars. Oh, gee. Oh, gee. That's funny. Oh, boy. Mm. Funny stuff. No. Well, anyway, that's my confession. Oh, that's very, that's very thoughtful. I remember that when I see your gift. Yeah, guess my... what I didn't do. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I am so sorry. No, no, now maybe if Nancy sent us a fruit cake next year, I'll well, I don't know for sure. I'll be the only one to eat that in the family. You want oh, fruit cake? Really? Oh yeah, I'm the only one in the I, family that will eat a fruit cake. I think they make fruit cake with bourbon in it here. Wow. Well, don't oh, they that, make, don't they make fruit cake with uh, with um brandy? Isn't that isn't that generally some some fruit cake made out of brandy? Mm-hmm. I think you're right about the brandy, but there's definitely an alcoholic treat mm-hmm. in there. I don't mean a treat for alcoholics. I mean an alcoholic treat, meaning it's treated right. with some form. And I'm pretty sure it's bourbon. Right. It's bourbon? Yeah. What do you think, Dan? You're our expert on yeah, um, the you, spirits. You are from the, uh, the bourbon capital of America there, Dan. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Exactly. I don't touch. I don't touch the stuff. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you just ah. Okay. Well, that's good. Send us yours. That's right. That's right. It's like fruitcake. Oh. You could send us your fruitcake. 
Exactly. Well, I'll, I'll keep in mind for a fruitcake. Switch it up next year. Well, I think Patricia would be heartbroken. Oh, my goodness. Patricia fell in love with Dan. I don't know if you want to break her heart. Yeah, but I love fruitcake, and I haven't had some for so long. I mean, my gosh, it'll put you on insulin for the rest of your life. It's got so much in it. But, hmm. So, Dan, are you a fruitcake person? Dan, are you a fruitcake person? Uh, I don't touch the stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Larry, what about you? If we sent you a fruitcake for Christmas, what would you be thumbs up or thumbs down? Uh-oh. I think he's falling asleep. That's okay. I think it is. <laughs> you lost him. That's okay. Oh, dear. All right. Oh, yeah. dear. Well, well again, I, I will get an invitation to Dropbox out to you. And um, you may do with as you wish. But I do wish some of our other listeners would consider it as well because I've got all of this good stuff that I owe so many people. I've got these CDs, and I just right now cannot get them to you. No, Patricia. Patricia. is free, and I can just transfer them over to you from my computer to yours. Patricia's trapped in the apartment, everybody, so help her out. I'm trapped. I'm trapped. I know. I have to keep that. I know. If we had her address, we could send her care packages and not have to, you know, have them go through Costa Mesa. Well, the post office, the post office service here is very good, though. Yeah. My mom, my 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 mom loves Patricia, as my as Patricia will know tomorrow when mom calls her. You know. Yeah. Yeah. She'll she'll have to wait for two to four weeks for delivery. listen to the tone, and then I can say, oh, it's so nice to hear from you, or I'm sorry, I am so sick today. Could I call you back? <laughs> Which will work best? Don't call us, we'll call you. <laughs> well, it's just, it's just my mom's loving, caring way of getting you to the hospital, that's all, Patricia. You better watch out. She's going to call in on this phone line one Saturday night, if she doesn't get a hold of you I'm one way or the other. I'm safe because she needs dad to go to sleep at 7 o'clock in the evening. Well, they're, they're in bed a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> so, are you a fruitcake person, Larry? We were asking you about five minutes ago. Yeah, no. I'm, I've, I've tried it. I just don't like it. Man, Patricia and I... different recipes. There are some that, that are okay for me. There are others that are just dynamite. And probably the ones that are the least expensive are the ones that I'm most attracted to. Go figure that. Wow. Well, you're, 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 you're a value-added shopper, Patricia. What can I say? I Well, you know, sometimes the value stuff, it's just superior to what is purported to be the best in the country. Da, da, da. Okay, here, i, I got to make notes. i got to keep this straight here. Let me write this down here. Right. Patricia is a cheap fruitcake. <laughs> Walgreens or CVS or Walmart. That's good stuff. The little bricks that come from what's the Walden? What's what's the um, Claxon? Uh -huh. Is that the correct name? I think for that's the it. People yeah. People who are big fruitcake people. Yep. I don't think I've ever tasted any of theirs, so I cannot tell you for sure. 
But when you get this stuff stole, sold on the roadside, I think it's best best guess that it's not going to wind up at the Ritz Carlton. Well, well, maybe it is. One time when I was in Texas, Chris from Dallas, the late Chris from Dallas, took us took me to the world famous uh, fruitcake company. Um, in a small town in Texas, that's all they do, fruitcake. They sent it to the Queen, and it was about twenty. It was about twenty-one, dollars of fruitcake. You know. Well, that depends on what size. Was it more than a mouthful? Yeah, it was a good size cake. Oh, good. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But you know, the Queen was has been under the weather, so our Queen is following the other Queen. Oh. Ah. Ah. I, I read something, probably nothing more than headlines that she was considering turning over the... What do you turn over when you're a queen? The, she the crown? She's got a girl crown. I guess that they have standard crowns and stuff from the North Tower, but that she is considering doing that with Charles. Do you think Charles really wants it? I mean, after all these years, does he even want the responsibility? No, I think he's probably going to suggest that William is the successor to his mother. Hey, Mom. Pass, mother. pass it down to the grandkids. I don't need it. Mm. He's been through enough. That whole family has been through enough. He'll be paid one way or the other, whether he's king or not. Can, can we do Prince Harry? He'd be a fun, a fun person to have as a king. He's getting serious with his girlfriend, isn't he? Isn't he? Yeah, as far yeah, as it, I know, yeah, yes, he's, and he, he got into a tangle with the press that they were, they, they were just up in arms that he was dating and getting serious about a woman who was black. Yeah, I, I heard something on the news. I, I just wasn't... Uh, yeah. I wasn't. Yeah. I, I heard the, the. I heard the. The. the, the you know the, the news, but I didn't really did. pay too much attention yeah. to the details. Well, I, you know, when when somebody like Harry comes out with that kind of information and posture and has the strength to stick by his principles and his morals, my gosh, you have to admire that person. Oh sure. Not only because he has this strength about him that what's important to him and is clean and moral and nobody else's business, he will be able to stand up and say, you have to take a time out here, guys. And it will influence people who admire him. So I think exactly. that's pretty cool. Exactly, yes. Well, I'm going to be off so someone else can call in. All right, Dan, thanks for the call. All right, y'all. Take care. Have a great week. Thank you, Dan. Bye-bye. Uh-huh. Bye-bye. 714-545-2071. I don't know how much more energy Patricia has in her gas tank. <laughs> i still got one leg up and one leg down. I don't know how it's going to be when both of them are down, but right now they're working. So. Right, I mean, I'm not hurting right now, so for now it's okay. <laughs> we'll see what happens later. And I know Larry's been up since 6.30 this morning. How did the rehearsal go before your performance? Pretty well. Pretty well. So what Not did, too bad. What did you guys sing? Oh, 
my god, about five or six songs. Which, 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 which were they? If the Lord be willing and the creek don't rise, oh. we sang Mona Lisa. Really? Yeah. Wow. We sang uh, a song called Jasmine Blues. We sang a more contemporary song called Daydreaming. We sang, what else? There's another one that I'm missing here. There's about six of them all together. Uh-huh. And we sang to a room full of ladies. One of whom came up to me and said, I remember you. She said, I went to high school with Melinda. And I met her at Melinda's 30th uh, high school reunion. So that was cool. Very nice. That's yeah. very yeah. cool when you make reconnections like mm -hmm. that. And it's in good circumstances and, you know, entertaining. and Yeah. It's, you know, every once in a while, not every once in a while, so often you say, well, I never see anybody <clears> until <throat> weddings and funerals. Well, yeah. pick up the phone, for heaven's sakes, you know? You ever seen some, you guys ever do the, the classic, like, on Moonlight Bay and We used to, Harvest we haven't done Moon. it in a while, but yeah, we used to. Today I came home and did laundry after that, so, you know. <laughs> the morning was great. The L word. The L word. I don't mind doing laundry. I hate <laughs> kitchens. Could we do for each other? Oh, my gosh. I just hate doing laundry. How about, uh, how about making beds? How about making beds? Are you okay making your bed? Yeah. No. No, she isn't now. Patricia's not. You no, don't mind. No, Carl, do you like do laundry or you like making beds? Oh, you know what? I, I hate both of them. <laughs> well, Paul, what can I say? You know? Well, you know what? Hmm? I haven't had to do um, laundry for 28 years. Well, well I bet that pile is really high. <laughs> you get yeah, buy, you get buy new. You get buy new clothes. That's what you wind up doing. No, my wife does it. Does she like doing laundry? No, I'm sure she would say no. I don't like doing it, but it's just the job. Oops. She is a homemaker. So well, when people okay. ask her, you know, do you work? She says yes. Yes, I mean they don't. They're the hardest working people of all. Oh man, mm -hmm. no end. Okay. The hours are continuous. Can you imagine, though, in the old days, before any of us were born, before there was a washing machine and a dryer, the whole routine of doing laundry? Yes, I think of it when I listen to the Lux commercials. Yeah. <laughs> and they're talking about how your stockings will last so much longer if than mm -hmm. you take a brick of soap and yep. scrub on them. My gosh, you would just destroy them. And when we got to Chandu the Magician with King... Oh, yeah. King White, White King. White King. White King. White King. White That's King. it. Thank you. And the announcer finishes up with, you'll love Laundry Day. Something yeah. that I'm, I'm paraphrasing for sure, but something as stupid as that. Yeah, and you're saying it too fast. And get your washboard and scrub the clothes, then rinse the clothes, then put them out on the line and take them in. I don't think so. Yeah, and you're saying it too fast because they're talking in a seductive, slower voice. Yes, yes. And Rinso with the happy little wash day song. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
they must have had rocks in their heads. <laughs> I mean, I, I realize that Chandler the magician is not exactly the the profile that did not have the profile for a kids show? show that women eagerly waited for. For a kids show, I I always yeah. consider Sean do a kids show, and here they got a soap company as their sponsor. Mm-hmm. You can wash yeah, that is pretty funny. Wash day soap. But you think really about terrible. the old laundry day was you had the uh, the tub that you would dump the stuff in. And then uh, I guess you would just hang them on the clothesline or, or on the wheel and let mm -hmm. it dry off. Then fold it afterwards. So it, it could be a big of a job back in those days. Huge job. Yeah, I remember when I was single, <coughs> excuse me, and I um, was doing laundry, I remember um, taking them out of the dryer and then hurrying up and hanging up my shirts right off the back because I didn't, I didn't like doing ironing. So I would just be real careful with getting it out right away and hanging it up and oh gosh, I, everything up. That reminds me of a great... Um baseball story, and I'm trying to remember what player, Larry, you might remember this, there, there was a picture that went on the disabled with because he decided to iron his clothes, <laughs> and what he did, he, he ironed his shirt, and he was wearing the shirt when he ironed it. Oh, man. We always thought these guys were smart. <laughs> that's, that, that's something like Three Stooges. It was about five yeah. or six years ago, when the guy ironed his shirt while he was wearing it. Yeah, yeah, I heard the story. I don't remember who it was. Yeah. It's like, how did he have enough brains to learn the game? <laughs> yes. It, it, it qualifies for my stupid list. Yeah, like major stupid. Major stupid. Yes. And we have private stupider. Yeah. Well, <laughs> just today, Larry, and maybe this would be a good one for you to think about, maybe for a future show. He was listening to a past show where Russ from Dallas called in and was talking about working in in a dark room in the photography, and and Paul wanted to know what other occupation was very well popular for other blind people to work at. Can you can you think come up with some others? I was telling him that I remember rehab used to train a lot of them to run vending machines. Vending machines and dark room attendants. Uh, yeah, because blind people are in perpetual dark room. Some are. So, so I would imagine that there are some jobs that that um, someone who isn't sighted would be able to excel at because they're already used to it. And you and you can picture things in your mind, you know, differently than a person who can see. That's my imagine. I imagine yeah. that anyway. I'm trying to think of others. We've yeah. had people talk about a lot of occupations they had over the years, and this is pre-computer stuff that took over a lot of the areas. Marilyn from Texas talked about some of the areas she worked in. Do you remember Walden? Any of what she talked about? I think, yeah, it was like um, assembly line work, and I'm trying to think what it was. You know, 
I, I know out here, Goodwill used to be trying to hire a lot of disabled people. Mm-hmm. And uh-huh. I think the lot of was repair work, and I, I can't remember. Uh, but, I, I, right, Marilyn did assembly line work. Yeah, and it was something unusual, mm-hmm. really unusual. My, my brain says guitar strings, but that's that's not something it. Like that. Something like uh, that. Something as unusual as I, that. I, I think there's a, there's a... Um, there's a blind gal that Larry and I know up in in Washington, and that's what she does. She does assembly line work for, I can't remember what kind of company it was. So, it's, I, uh, so repetitive work. Yeah, repetitive work. Standing one place with repetitive work, yeah. And I, I don't know how much is it because, well, nowadays it's sort of government requirement, you know, they want, see how many can fall if, it, if they're receiving government money, but I, I don't know. Generally, in the old days, I don't know what the uh, the routine was, you know, to hire blind people. What what line was Ron in, Ron in uh, Chicago? What kind of work did he do before well, I he think, retired? I think it was at, at the front desk of a... Uh, Oh gosh, what's the name of it? Um, like a, a rehabilitation for kids. You know, they put stuff mm-hmm. back together or something. I don't. But it was he was working at the front desk. I I don't remember yeah. what else it was. That Ron Bond. Yeah. 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 And all yeah. of it mainstream. What you would consider mainstream I, I, I workplaces think, and jobs. I think a lot of a lot of government job. When they hire rehab counselors, a lot of them would be blind. Am I correct? Yeah. Or, yeah. And a lot of people now work for Social Security. Uh, um, they used to train. They used to train a lot to work for the IRS. Right, IRS, IBM. Um. And there, of course, people uh, oh, like Marion, you guys just, Disney. You just rang a bell. I'm sorry. Go ahead. There's a there was a machinist at the lab where I worked. And um, he he went for some operation, and the doctors severed both optic nerves, and he instantly was a blind person. And the lab, being what it is, was bending over backwards to try to accommodate him. Um, so they get, got him special measuring instruments that spoke out loud. Mm-hmm. And they had him for a while working in this one shop by himself where he had this um, milling machine. And I was actually asked to work with him um, for a while. And the one day there was enough. He was so extremely mean and bitter. And anytime he heard a noise, he was jumping on me, accusing me of moving things around, you know. He, so he didn't know where they were and everything, and it was so bad that I went to the people above me. I said, I can't work with him. He doesn't seem to even want to work with anyone, but yet he needed to. It was something that really, for that type of work, it, it wasn't productive. It was really, in my mind, because they wanted to show him off and what they were doing oh. for him. Oh. 
you know. But if oh. he had a great, if he had a good attitude, I would have, you know, would have had no problem working him with him for a long time. But uh, he he was just really rude to me. Larry, I was going to ask you, what positions had the IRS that was that were able to? <coughs> I'm not asking. You know, well, then my mouth is in trouble. You're doing fine. Help me here. A lot of them. A lot of them answered the phone. Okay. They were fo- they were the they were the phone. Uh, when you called and you had questions for the IRS, that's yeah. what a lot of them did. Mm-hmm. Hey, that that makes me think yeah. Yeah, that that would be a great job. Uh, is um, of course is the kind of calling that you don't want to receive from uh, telemarketers, but I would imagine that um, a customer service job. Would be a good job. Well, I don't know. I mean, one for I, I think that'd be a bit of a tough job because you probably would have a lot of people who really didn't want to talk to you. Yeah, it is a rough job. I think it would be a rough job. That, that, that's why I just thought in the very end there that uh, a customer service job would be a good job. I don't know. I mean, yeah. he's calling you because they need help. Well, Larry, I mean. All the all the blind people you've helped work with at the call centers, are they looking, what 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 kind of skill levels are they looking for? I mean, what generally when over the years when a you know a major corporation are hiring a bunch blind people work the call, are they looking for certain skill levels for them they, to get they it should done? be, but they don't always. And so, I, I've never been on the hiring end of it, but I know that. Uh, my boss, when she was working for Marriott a long time ago, used to talk to me about that because at that time I was I was still doing what I'm doing now. Right. And and so I do a lot of testing and a lot of helping and training and stuff. And I said the biggest thing that we could do, the best thing that we could do is hire people who are qualified. There are so many people with just varying degrees of skills especially as it relates to, to the screen reader, that we're doing them an injustice by hiring them just to say we can hire our blind people. You know, mm. it's, it's not fair. We, we still have people from time to time, not as many, but we have people still with varying degrees of skills with regard to the screen reader, and some know how to use it well. Mm-hmm. Others only use it when they work on their computers, so they don't, they don't know how to use it in any other way. So... They don't have a good handle on how to use the screen reader, and it does them no good. They've, they've got to be proficient. And John uh, talked to his people at Disney, and they're, they're only hiring people now with a certain proficiency level. You know, you've got to be mm-hmm. at least be able to know how to get around. Yeah. yeah. And, and I can tell very easily the people who work on their computers at home doing their own little thing versus those who work just at the job, and, and the people yeah. who work at home are far better and far higher in terms sure. of skill proficiency. Because I, I think the major thing for a call center is speed. They they will want it to be efficient enough to take care of the customer and get to the next person. And if but it, but it, 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 if you'll pardon the expression, it can't be blinding speed. No. It has to be fast enough so that you can hear what the caller is saying and be able to react to it, but it can't be that fast where you make mistakes. No, it's got to be it, unproductive. It's got it to be in the same ballpark. 
Yeah, and we have a few that type too fast. Mm -hmm. And I've told them many times, it's okay to type fast, but not when you become uh, unproficient. Well, not because of money on the money on the line. You can't yeah, screw exactly. it up. You know. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I will. I will have a chance this weekend, or this week, to talk to several, and observe and watch them. I've never been able to do that except when I worked at the center here and then it closed. And so for the last nine years, 10 years, whatever it is, I've been home and I get to go to a center this week to work on some new things and also observe people. And just, it, it'll be fascinating for me to see. What is a center you're referring to, Larry? Well, the center I worked at here before it closed was in Santa Ana. And then I'll be in San Antonio for three or four, three days this weekend, this week. What is, what is it? Is it something that's helping blind people acclimate? Uh, eventually, there's some things that, that we're doing with regard to the, the reservation system that's different. And and it's brand new, and it's, it's something that blind people will have to learn and train and get used to. And so I'm there to – I've tested it to some degree. And so I'm there to kind of play show and tell. You, you a little think bit. that's definitely one of the biggest problems is flexibility? Once a blind person sort of knows the system, trying to break it out of it? Well, yeah, it is partly because, uh, depending on your skill level, the, the sharp people can handle it. Yeah. You know, because a lot more of the of the skills that are being called on now are are going to internet and the web page. Right. And so. I can see probably in a few in a few years our whole reservation system will all be web based, and and that's tough for some blind people, because it's not as intuitive. Uh, no, because you, you got to scan and listen and scan and listen and arrow down and listen, instead of using hotkeys, and so it's something that we're still working through to try to figure out the best way to get people from A to B to C back to A wherever it is fast enough so that they can actually take care of the caller. Oh, that's rough. Yeah, it's 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 kind of like when we went home to work. There were about six of us who went home because they closed the center. We had to figure out the best way for them to work from home. And they were they run it. We had to they had to get them on a network. They had to sign into the network and then and do all you know with their screen reader. And it took some time to figure it out. Yeah. And so. And, and so Instead of having 25 to 30 people at the reservation center, we could only hire those that we thought could do the job at home because if, if something happened where they got stuck, they couldn't rely on, on an IT person uh -huh. to come help them. They had to do it right. themselves. Be self-efficient in some way. Yeah. 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 And so some of those people weren't able to go home because of the skill sets. I can see that it would be extremely difficult doing uh, work on a screen where you have uh, little windows that you need to fill out and uh, just navigating through it all. Yeah, the web page has to be perfect as far as accessibility is concerned. If it's not, then you're just asking for trouble. Yeah. So we're still working on that, too. Uh-huh. Do you, have you ever experienced somebody that became blind instantly, like the guy that I worked with? Um, uh, who do? Who is it that I talked to recently? I haven't talked to her yet. Uh, but I talked to somebody who knew somebody who was going to put us in touch. Oh, I know who it was. Um, 
And and this person is now blind and went blind, woke up and went blind almost instantaneously. And uh, But she's got a good attitude, but she doesn't know anything about JAWS, the screen re reader we use. Um, I, she was a nurse. I don't know whether she worked on a computer prior to uh, her going blind, but now she needs to learn the computer all over again. And we were asked to help her. We haven't done that yet because she's not called us back yet, but that's something that oh. I said, of course we'll do it. You know, if we can help, we will. I could see uh, somebody like her, a nurse, being um, one of those nurses that are on call on the phone. And yeah. Nurse. Oh, sure. Then a lot of those nurses are on call from home. They work from home. Well, that makes sense, too. Yeah, yeah. So really, there is a lot of jobs. It's just uh, how many of them are available. Too. There are jobs. There, there could be more. Uh, I mean, we're still fighting a battle with some employers who don't believe it's in their best interest in terms of productivity to hire a handicapped person. Yeah. And they don't. And uh, there are. it's a very small group that does. It's getting larger, but it's taking time. Mm -hmm. I've, I've been on several calls with people that Freedom Scientific has set up where we talk about the advantages of hiring blind people and, you know, and I give my testimony such as it is. And, uh, and, and but it's so, it's slow work. Because there are not, there aren't concessions that need to be made, but it does, it's going to cost them some money to make sure that they've got computers that are accessible, etc. So it's right. not going to be just, oh yeah, we're going to hire you and you get trained and on the floor you go and boom. You know, you right. the, prob the problem in a lot of these jobs is they all have systems that they use to get whatever they need done, done, and in many cases, they may not be accessible, so we have to find ways to make them accessible if you're going to hire blind people. So the, the question they have to ask is, is it worth it? And also, let's yeah. face it, the last 30 years, corporate America, except my mom, has still worked out even a little bit today. The speed rate has gotten faster and oh faster gosh. and faster. And, so, and what I had to learn when I started in 2000 versus what the, the trainee has to learn now, oh, my gosh. I mean, I can't believe how much more they have to learn, and they learn it in less time. Right. You know, we may have had a month or whatever it was. They, they may have two to three weeks, probably three weeks, with a bunch more, and they're on the floor, and then maybe there's a couple of trainers who help them through for a while. And then they do their solo thing, and then boom, they're done. They're gone. Mm -hmm. You know, good luck. They get tested, and people look after them to make sure they're doing a good job. But, boy, I don't know how they do it. Are they, are they possibly a lot younger to where they've been working with computers since they were, you know? Yeah, maybe that's part of it, but they're all, they're all ages. Uh, I think generally, though, what my mom has observing, corporate America is, is a younger game. It is. It's a much because yeah. because a lot of them now, um, you're expected to work with two computer screens at the same time. That's becoming the norm. It's yeah. not with us yet, but it will be. Yeah, and that's pretty much. So you're talking about somebody that can absorb a lot of data all at once. And but but also you know the 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 what's the word I'm looking for the turnover rate amongst most in most places is huge well also because you know, if somebody lasts over a year you got them almost for life yeah i, I think what part of it because a lot of them are willing to jump job hop for more right. money 
they want to be somewhere in three to five years. Correct. And once your job is done in terms of the stepping stone, they so, go on to the next one. Right. Yeah, and, and employers of not wanting to pay um, benefits, too, or just having employees work uh, shorter hours and then cutting them off just prior to the amount of time they would have to apparently pay the benefits. It's just, it's so, un- it's not like it was, like you're saying, it's just not like it was, they're not embracing the long-term employee. It's it's bad. Yep. No, the, yep. the days of you working for one company for a lifetime are pretty much over. Pretty much gone. I'm an exception. Yeah. I've worked for Marriott not, since... Not uh, only are they gone, but employers are now looking for a minimum of a five-year change. They would prefer two to three years. Yep. And and, and, and you make boggles. a... Go ahead. Um, that was it. It just boggles me that we've yeah. evolved into that layer in the job workforce. And if you're making a, a lot of money, maybe mm-hmm. too much, all of a sudden... In some instances, not in all, but in some instances, you can find your way you, out of a job. Exactly. And they don't have to pay you. Exactly. And over, overqualified. Well, cheaper for a company. You consider yourself un, unreplaceable. Or yeah. Irreplaceable, I guess. Irreplaceable. Yeah. It's cheaper for a company. To, not, and they will look to get you out of there. Uh, yes. the current thinking, and it probably should have been all the way through the job market forever, that if you are setting yourself up as irreplaceable, you're of no value to the company because you can get run over by a truck, too. Exactly. Going to take over. And the second part is, if you've got someone who is as skilled as you are in a particular position, that frees you for promotion. Yeah, I, I, I'm probably going to retire in about four years. Mm-hmm. Let's see, four, three to four. I already told them a year ago that when I was going to retire purposely, mm-hmm. purposely because the job I've got, I'm the only one doing this job. I have no department. I've got a manager, yeah. but there ain't, there's no department. I could, that's why I'm not managing anybody because you got to have a department under you. I could have been a manager 15 to 15 years ago if I'd had other people, you know, under me, but I don't. So and that's fine. But I already told them a year or two ago, I was going to retire to give them all kinds of opportunities to begin working on finding somebody to shadow somebody with me mm-hmm. so that when it, when I decide, okay, I'm done, they're not going to look at each other and go, what, 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 what do we do? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What do we do now? That's very yeah. nice of you to do that for them. How have they responded? Favorably? Yes. Oh, yeah. Yes. An anniversary party for you every year. This is just to remind you that in a couple of years, it's going to be a permanent party. <laughs> 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 this will be the last one, but for right now, enjoy it. Oh yeah. gosh! Oh gosh! Because when it's time, I don't want to. I don't want to stay. When it's time to go, I'm done. Yes. I want to enjoy yes. whatever life I have left. And stuff like that. There. Yep. So I had a question about how you wound up in the position you've got. Uh, I was an agent for a year and a half, and I, I kind of made a little reminder. See, I knew that, I, I mean, I liked, I like people. I enjoy people. I enjoy talking to people, but I knew that I couldn't be doing the job of just being a, an agent long-term. It would just drive me crazy Yeah. on the phones. 
and I knew that just about me. So I told the guy who trained me, who at that time was responsible for not only testing the screen reader to see how it worked with the reservation system, he did all the coding. He did all of the work, the scripting, to make sure that the keystrokes that he invented would work, etc. Well, I knew I couldn't do that because I'm not a programmer. But I said, look, if you ever need some help, let me know. And so a year went by, a year and a half, and all of a sudden he found it necessary to leave the company. And he walked over to me one time and said, hey, were you interested? Were you still, are you still interested in what we talked about before about helping? I said, sure. So he told my manager. And so then he told me he was going to leave. And so in the next couple of weeks, he tried to teach me about programming. And corporate, in their infinite wisdom, said, number one, it's not fair for him to learn all of this the, the programming and the coding end of it, and then it'd be expected to do that for us at such a high rate. So why don't we divide this up? We'll get a programmer that already programs for Marriott and make him and have him learn JAWS, and Larry can teach him, and then Larry can test. So we divided that job up, and I've been doing it since 2002. So you're testing what the programmer is setting up for the reservations? He, pro, he does a lot of programming for a lot of things within Marriott, one of which happens to be the reservations, the system. So you test what he does then? Yes. Oh. The system changes. Most systems change. you got to change. You have to keep changing. It changes about every six to eight weeks, roughly. And wow. so when changes happen, stuff gets broken, and he's got to go in and code for it, and then I, I, I test it to make sure it works. Yeah, oh, that's good. Yeah. Keeps good job security. Yeah, yeah uh, that's interesting. I know, like, the, the last company Brian Henderson was working, they were moving so fast of selling uh, baby clothes online. Mm -hmm. They didn't have any time to test. They would just throw the new website up oh and, let, and let the customer be the beta tester, basically. Well, the, the, I don't know that this is true, but some people say that Microsoft has done that for years. <laughs> no, it's true. <laughs> I, I, I know that that's not true in some cases because they now have an accessibility team yeah. that tests a lot of stuff. But this is what somebody told me, and I, and I could certainly be wrong because I'm only repeating what somebody told me, is that, you know, they tested some things, but a lot of bugs, they just let go, and the people would find them. I do not know if that's true. Sounds that's like just, pretty good story. That's just what, you know, yeah. came down the pipe. Yeah. It's possible. Would that account for the number of programs that were perfectly wonderful that they decided to change, that maybe they just needed something to do or create? Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, some things get broken, too. Things always get broken when you test. Yeah. Uh, mm, mm, well. But they're, they're, they're getting it together now because they're not inventing new windows. They're using the same windows and just keep continuing to upgrade the product. So they're doing it better now. There will no longer be another Windows after 10. There will be upgrades to 10, fixes for 10, but there will not be another Windows like mm -hmm. 12 or 13 or whatever. For and that's good. Well, they... For the boy, have Apple gotten better or they stable? Oh, or... far better. Yeah, far better. And much of what they're doing to the phones. What's that? Yep. Apple's 
Apple's doing well. Even their screen reader, I don't think it's quite as intuitive as as Jaws because I think Jaws is the best by far still. But but Apple's come such a long way in a very short time. They're doing some wonderful stuff. I have my. That's first only good app- for everybody. I have my first Apple product, a an iPhone um, six plus, mm-hmm. and I've been using it for about a month and a half, I think, and I'm loving it. Bigger you know, screen, right? Pardon me. Bigger screen for you. Well, there's frustrations, but there's also things that I enjoy. So they kind of make up for it, and it's a challenge to yeah. to, to get it under my belt. Mm. I love my iPhone, it, it and and it's more accessible than any other <coughs> screen reader based phone. Um, the iPhone is still the number one phone as far as I'm concerned. Uh, there are a couple other phones that are good, and they're close, but they're not quite as accessible. Yeah, you're talking about for blind people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I wouldn't know about that. Uh, yeah, the Androids are close. Androids are probably second. Mm-hmm. Walden's phone. Miss. My, dumb, my new dumb smartphone. You have your dumb new your new dumb <laughs> smartphone. Yes. You know what my dumbest phone is? What that? No. It's a cell phone that's about fifteen years old. Oh my gosh! So it's not even a flip phone. No, people no. were. I was in line at Sam's Club one day, and it was a long line. So people are friendly. We start to talk with each other. Of course, I never shut up, but uh, I really do. I'm not, not as bad as I suggest. And one woman said, "Well, I'll show you my embarrassing situation." And she pulled out a flip phone. <laughs> I just upgraded to one. It's in a box. I haven't connected it yet. <laughs> She's, She's apologizing because she's so so far behind, and I'm saying, oh, yippee, I'm about to catch up with you. <laughs> have a 15-year-old phone? about 15 years old. Don Richard told me the first port- mobile phone he had was so big he had to carry a, he had to take a bag with him. I was just really? say, the size of a brick. Yeah. I, I remember. The, the month, uh, I think he told me the corporation paid for the monthly bill was 600 bucks a month for the mobile phone. And, and it wasn't even as good a coverage. Heck no, you know, no. But back, he was back in the early, early days when he was doing IT for him. Mm. He said, no, for the good days, he said, I can work two two hours a day and making over $100,000 a year. Oh, my gosh. Holy man. Yeah. Yeah. Does he need a partner? <laughs> yeah, I got to watch it. <laughs> it may take you 25 minutes, but you'll make it. It may take me longer than that because I have to get to him first. <laughs> well, what was this job that this person oh, he, uh, uh, Our friend Don was working with doing, it, it was the, on the cutting edge of having ID, IT department. So they hired him to be the head manager for IT for a new company. And his salary is over a hundred thousand a year, and he was working just two hours a day. Uh, Not bad. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Yeah. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> <laughs> we we must discuss this. 
Do you remember Cool Hand Luke? Yeah. If I discuss it, I'm going to go to we bed have, and have nightmares. We have a failure to communicate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So he's got all these other people that are pretty much doing everything, and all he does is uh, interface with management. Well, there probably wasn't enough business, so he didn't have to worry about it. He, the, the, the boss, the cutting edge, cutting edge company, said, oh, I need an ID, IT department, new Don. All there was really was two hours of work for him a day and paying him over 100000 a year. Mm. Wow. That's kind of like takes the wind out of your sails. Yeah. <laughs> well, I just looked at the clock, and it's... Ten minutes after midnight. Uh-huh. So I am, you know, I'll just turn the computer down. You guys can go on. Yeah. Because you got to get up and do your thing tomorrow. Yeah, I do. But, but I mean, I called Patricia and I hosted, so I'll just, yeah. I'll wake up later on and turn off Skype. No problem. I'll just turn everything down. You always do oh, somehow. If you can wait 32 seconds, I have to say goodnight, too. Oh. <laughs> I'm falling asleep at the computer okay. here. So. All right, Paul. That makes two oh. of us. Oh. Yeah. Or you, I mean, I'm, Patricia, I'm what back. happened? What's your new ailment? <laughs> Did you fall again? Oh, no. Well, I've done that, too, but this wasn't the cause of it. So I just need a keeper. I just need a keeper. She, she threw out her back. She stood up this time. I think, I, yeah, I stood up. That was it. They're, throwing, they're falling down. She stood up. I stood up, yeah. I was better off on the floor. Yeah. You because stood up and threw your back out? Yep. Oh. I guess so. I, I have no idea. I have yeah. myself planned for the emergency room for the last three days. My mom's going to talk to her about my Don't worry, yeah, everybody. My mom's going to talk to Patricia about this. The emergency room has changed positions, and it is now her apartment. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> <laughs> You say you've been pinned. They do pick, for up, they do pick up on delivery for me. I thought, you know, this is the typical nurse, and most of the time it's correct. You know, if you just ride it out for a few days, it's going to get better. And by the time yesterday ended, I said, that's it. I'm finished. I can't do this anymore. And I, I do have a company that I've... I don't know, you pay them a monthly fee and they're available. So I would have somebody available to get me there. You know, getting down two flights of stairs when you can't even manage with a walker is a challenge, you know. Mm -hmm. And uh, then getting back after everything was over and done with, I said, well, you know, I could wait for another day. And then yesterday, I said, oh, boy. Oh, boy. I mean, I was squealing all day. Uh. And um, I thought... Today has got to be it. And then my body went and did something like it felt better. So we'll see what happens tomorrow. So you still haven't gone to a doctor's chiropractor? Well, I got an appointment with my doctor. Um, it was for this coming week. But I had to cancel lab. I had to cancel everybody. I can't walk. <laughs> I mean, how do you, how, if I can't get to a hospital, how am I going to get to my doctor's office? So and you can't walk because of your Hmm? You can't walk because of your back? No. Correct. Correct. And I was already having trouble anyway. But So anyway, that's, that's my story. Ask. That's what I was going to ask. Are you still needing a walker for this? I am just... Excuse me? 
Were you still needing a walker before this? No. Most, no. Uh-uh. Okay. No, I have ungraduated. Okay. All right, Paul. We're gonna we're gonna let you, you know, go. From, okay. From I know all the physical therapy and you know the the cardiac surgery and all stuff. I had one, and I'm so grateful that I didn't stash it away in a closet somewhere because it was it was accessible. So I grabbed that. <laughs> I grabbed it. I had to limp over and hold on to everything on my way. But you know, I'm really happy that I have it. I'd, I'd be absolutely immobile without it. And that's not a fun thing oh. to look forward to. Especially when you have peanut butter and jelly as your main source of food. <laughs> oh man! So, uh, all anyway, right, Paul. That's my story. Yeah. So I've, I've been I've been doing a poor me routine for the entire night. Oh, I'm so sorry. I am so sorry. So I'm sorry for you, Patricia. Again, please. I'm sorry for you. Yeah. Oh no, no, no. I mean, I'm. I'm a survivor. Walden confirmed that for me tonight. Absolutely. Yep. He said yep. It's almost like you're you're working hard to confirm that you're 86. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Every once in a while, my doctor says you're a survivor. <laughs> you're you're um resilient. That's what he calls resilient. It. Yeah, that's a good term. Resilient. Yeah. Yeah, I know what and, you mean. And there are day, there are nights like tonight. There. Mm-hmm. there are nights like tonight when I'm so glad that when I turn this computer down, I am ten seconds away from bed. You got to do the flopper rule. Oh, I'll be asleep yeah. probably within another minute or two. Yeah. All right, Paul. I got two sleepy peoples on my hand, yep. so I'm gonna let you yep. go, and that way I can send Patricia and Larry off to never sleepy yeah. land. So. I enjoyed speaking with you all, you too, and Paul. I will keep you in my prayers, Patricia. Thank you, Paul. Yeah. You're, you're welcome. Good night to you and guys. Good morning. List. All right. Pardon me? Good morning. And on your food delivery list. Yes. Do it, food not, delivery list. Yes. Food. Yes. Yes. Mm. Yeah, lettuce. Lettuce. I didn't get to my lettuce store. I was going uh, to do that on Monday. You need, a, you need a, a friendly teenager that shops for you. There you go. Okay. Good night. Good night. Thanks, Paul. Good night. night. (laughs) And I have to say good night to everybody and get off here so Larry can get off. All right. We'll talk to you you soon, Patricia, because, you know, my mom's going to be asking me. Oh, boy. (laughs) I'm going to watch for caller ID. Yes, you better. You better. (laughs) (laughs) Good night, everybody. I'm so glad that I could come. Well, let me tell you one quick story about my mom. Unless we're going away before you go to bed. Okay. Uh, earlier this year, no, last year, we all went to Las Vegas, and Larry got this big suite, and my mom was oh, a little this concerned. This a year ago. Yeah, so tell, yeah. you can take the story from this point, Larry, if you might remember it. So, m- mom wanted you to use the cane, remember, in the suite. Oh, she said, use your cane. I mean, the suite was huge. It was It was on several levels, and there was a bathtub with jets, and you had to walk up steps to get to it and walk down steps to get away from it. It was a it was actually a nightmare for blind people. I can imagine people who probably whose travel skills weren't good could have really done some damage if they didn't have some sort of a cane. So I heard as I'm walking around and I'm on the other side of the apartment, I hear. So I thought, oh crap, somebody's at the door. Now I gotta go number one, I gotta go find it, and it's gonna take two minutes to get there. 
So I walk and finally found it, open up the door, and it's Sandy. And she says, where's your cane? <laughs> Not, oh, good, I'm glad you finally got here. Safely, it's, where's your cane? <laughs> so expect that, Patricia, when my mom calls, yes. Expect that when expect no questioning, Patricia, when my mom calls you. She won't ask you where your cane is, though. No. 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 She'll ask me where my emergency room is. (laughs) (laughs) And I I can't muffle that one. No, you can't. No. All right, you too. I'm going to disappoint my other my other person in my life. <laughs> no, I'm not going to disappoint her. I'm going to infuriate her. Okay. We can well, do that. The best thing, night, everybody. Best thing to do, just get better. That's all you need to do. That, that'll, that'll fix mom. Uh, yes, I, and I'll tell her. Yeah. It was the first night I got more than 15 minutes in a row. Well, that, that's good. All right, Patricia, get some sleep. I'll get some sleep. Good night, Larry, and thanks for helping me here. You're welcome. As always. You're all welcome. Right. Good night, Patricia. Good night. Have a good day, everybody. You too. Bye-bye. All right, Larry, I'll send you off to bed. I'm on the way. And then I will talk to you when you get back from San Antonio, probably. Okay, see you later, Walter. Bye-bye. All right, everybody. Okay. Let's figure out a show. We got time to play a show. Let's Soundforge Pro 11.0, data window to hear the JAWS help topic for salt tab, JAWS professional, Windows M, JAWS F, Windows M, desktop, F, FS, F, Friday, enter, Friday, 1Z, D, December of 9, D, Dick Ames Show, D, Double or Nothing, D, DR Christian, D, DR Kilder, Enter, D, 0, 1, old time rate, 0, 2, DR, 0, 3, Lionel Bear, 0, 4, 0, 5, DR, Kilder, 5, 0, 0, 2, DR, Kilder, 5, 0, 0, 2, 0, 8, F, 0, 2, Marjorie Northrup, DR, Kilder, 5, 0, 0, 2, 0, 1, F, 0, 1, Angela and Stephen Kester. DR, DR, Kilder, 5, 0, 0, 2, 1, 5, F, 0, 3, Benjamin Barkley. DR Kilder 500220 DR Kilder 500412F11 Warren Jackson's Allergy. DR Kilder 500419F12 Terry Murphy's Hearing Prop. DR Kilder 500426F13 Philip Van Court's Amnesia. DR Kilder 500503F14 Abandoned Baby. DR Kilder 500510F15 Kilder's Old Girlfriend. DR Kilder 500517F16 Nurse Parker Resigns. DR Kilder 500524F17 DR Carew's Fat Wife. DR Kilder 500531F18 Dick Brennan Steals 5000 or 50,000. DR Kilder 500601F19 Colonel Borgard's Paralysis.
DR Kilter 500608F20 Gordon Mallory's lead poisoning. DR Kilter 500615F21MR Simmons glaucoma. DR Kilter 500622F22 Priscilla's broken arm. DR Kilter 500629F23 DR Gillespie almost gets engaged. Unloading job can't. Okay, enter. DR. Let's say our prayer. Dear Lord, thank you for this wonderful season of uh, being together, bless the country, bless our new president, bless the opportunities we have at the country. We ask this in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Here is Dr. Kildare, everybody, as you heard the choices. The story of Dr. Kildare. Whatsoever house I enter, there will I go for the benefit of the sick. Whatsoever things I see or hear concerning the life of men, I will keep silence thereon, counting such things to be held as sacred trusts. I will exercise my art solely for the The story of Dr. Kildare, starring Lou Ayers and Lionel Barrymore. Metro-Goldwyn-Mayer brought you those famous motion pictures. Now this exciting, heartwarming series is heard on radio. In just a moment, the story of Dr. Kildare. But first, your announcer. Dr. Kildare, starring Lou Ayers as Dr. Kildare and Lionel Barrymore as Dr. Gillespie. Blair General Hospital, one of the great citadels of American medicine. A clump of gray-white buildings planted deep in the heart of New York, the nerve center of medical progress, where great minds and skilled hands wage man's everlasting battle against death and disease. Blair General Hospital. Where life begins, where life ends, where life goes on. Come in. Outrageous, that's what it is. Outrageous, ridiculous. Hmm? I have too much to do to waste a lot of time with some ridiculous woman with a cold in her nose. What on earth are you mumbling about, Dr. Gillespie? I'm mumbling about Dr. Carew. That's what I'm mumbling about. <laughs> well, I, I grant you he's an old auntie about some things, but yeah. it can hardly be called a woman with a cold in her nose. Well, who said he could? You did. Oh, you're crazy, Kildare. <laughs> you ought to know you've been a diagnostician for a good many more years than I have. Now, look here. I'm not in any mood for bantering. I'm busy, and that fool Carew's gone out of town, and he left a letter for me asking me to see this fool woman with the sniffles. Now, do you know she's a fool woman with the sniffles? Have you seen her yet? No, I haven't, but I can tell from the tone of Carew's letter. 
He says he's a new member of the board of trustees, and he wants me to be very nice to her. Dr. Leonard Gillespie, boy diplomat. Ah, go to blazes. I should have known better than to come to you for help. How can I help you in a case like this? Well, I thought you could see the old crow with me and kind of help me out. I'd I'd do it for you, Kildare. I have never refused a fellow man in need. What is it? Are you afraid of this, uh, this, uh, what's her name? Millicent Forbes, that's oh. her name. You're doggone right I'm afraid of her. I'm afraid of any woman that Carew wants me to be nice to. I had a hunch this was where you were. Okay, 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 you were right. Now that you found me, go away and forget that you did. My, my, what a bright, sunshiny face we have this morning. Yeah. Dr. Gillespie is not in one of his better moods. Uh, there's a lady in your office asking to see you. Oh, Sprout. Well, send the lady down to my office, will you, Molly? She says she's a friend of Dr. Carew's and a member of the board of... All right, Molly, all right, all right, all right. I'm not interested in her biography. Just send her down. Yes, Dr. Gillespie. Immediately, Dr. Gillespie. Goodbye. Whatever you say, Dr. Gillespie. I'm sure I don't know why you should be afraid of this woman. You should see some of the women Dr. Carew sent to see me. They came in on broomsticks. I see. Well, we'll examine this one. Give her some cold capsules or something and a quick heave hole. Nicely, of course, in the best Carew manner. Come in. Well, hello. Hello. Mrs. Forbes? Why, yes. Uh, that is, it's, it's Miss Forbes. Oh, well, I'm Dr. Kildare. This is Dr. Gillespie. Uh, how do you do, Dr. Gillespie? Well, I was told you were the most handsome doctor in New York, and I can certainly see why. <laughs> yes, Dr. Gillespie is definitely the Clark Gable of Blair General Hospital. Uh, yes, I can see that. Uh, well, won't you sit down, Miss Forbes? Oh, I wish you'd call me Millicent. I've never heard Dr. Carew call you anything but Leonard, and I do hope you won't mind if I call you that. You see, I feel as though I know you already. Uh, Of course. (coughs) Millicent. (laughs) There, you see, we're friends already. (laughs) Uh, Dr. Kildare, I I don't think we'll need you. Oh, Dr. Gillespie, you forget that I was called in as a consultant on this case. Well, I I think I can hand it alone, all right. Dr. Carew insisted that Miss Forbes have every attention possible. Oh. Oh, isn't that charming? Oh, he's such a sweet man, sweet. Oh, let's see, you're suffering from a cold, Miss Forbes? Yes, yes, it's just a nasty old case of the sniffles, really. But Dr. Carew said that since I was on the board of trustees and all that, I shouldn't take any chances. Well, I should think not. Well, if you'll just open your mouth and say, ah, Miss Forbes, I'd like to look at your throat. Why, of course, I'd be happy to. <laughs> mm-hmm. A slight inflammation. Uh, let me see. Uh, You have such strong hands, Mm. Dr. Gillespie. (laughs) Gesundheit. Thank you. (laughs) I'll take your temperature, Miss Forbes. Just slip this under your tongue, please. That's right. Uh, You must not talk for three minutes. Uh, I understand. Don't you worry, Millicent. Don't you worry. We'll have you all fixed up in no time. We can't have a lovely woman like you ill for one single moment. Do you think we should hospitalize Miss Forbes, Dr. Gillespie? Well, we'll have to see what her temperature is. It's a long-distance call for you, Dr. Kildare. Oh, thanks, Molly. Hello. Oh, hello, Dr. Carew. 
Yes, I'll be glad to help you in any way I can. What is it? Miss Forbes. Hmm? Why, she's in my office right now. Dr. Gillespie called me in for a consultation himself. Yes, her condition seems to be very favorable. Yes, we are giving her every possible attention. Goodbye. It was Dr. Carew phoning from Albany, Miss Forbes. He wanted to be sure that we were doing everything possible for you. Uh, isn't that right? Yeah, yeah. I'll take out that thermometer. Oh, how sweet of Dr. Carew. Mm. Uh, your temperature is normal, Miss uh, uh, Millicent. Oh, thank you, Leonard. <laughs> oh, suffering microbes. Oh, my goodness. What's the matter with her? Oh, of course, of course, she's jealous. <laughs> my, you see the effect you have on women, Dr. Gillespie? Oh, I don't think that I... Now, now, don't be uh, modest, uh, Leonard. Yes, he is modest. Why, anyone can look at him and see that he's just a big, shy schoolboy at heart. Uh, uh, don't you agree, Dr. Kildare? <laughs> Perhaps I don't have your insight, Miss Forbes. Now, I'll tell you how I'm going to prescribe for you, if it meets with Dr. Gillespie's approval, of course. Yeah. I'd like you to take one coracetin pill every three hours. Your mm. cold is in the very early stages, and I think we can get rid of it for you before it gets too uncomfortable. Yes, you, you want to eat a light dinner tonight. Oh, um, why don't you come along and have dinner at my home, Dr. Gillespie? Or are you too busy? Well, now, let's see. I was on duty tonight, but Dr. Kildare could look after my cases. Well, I'll... Uh... Yeah, you, you will, Kildare. Yes, 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 to be sure. Well, uh, uh, Miss Forbes, uh, uh, Millicent... <laughs> I think that's a very nice suggestion, but I insist on taking you out to dinner. Oh, oh, how exciting. <laughs> well, I'll run along home and dress. Oh, um, now, what time will you pick me up? Oh, about seven. I'll be waiting. <laughs> uh, you have my address on my card. Well. Uh, goodbye. Oh, thank you, Dr. Kildare. You've been so charming. Don't mention it. Uh, I'll see you at seven, <laughs> Leonard. <laughs> Well, we certainly gave her some cold capsules and the quick heave-ho, didn't we? Yeah, attractive woman, isn't she? Maybe I should go along with you. Oh, no, you don't. No, you don't. You're staying right here at Blair General. Yes, sir. Yes, a very attractive woman. <laughs> Oh, oh! I just came down here to turn off your office light, Dr. Kildare. What are you doing up? Hmm? Oh, I just thought I'd sit up and keep a candle burning in the window. They had dinner at the club and team. How do you know? One of the ambulance drivers saw them going in. Hmm. Then they went dancing at the Waldorf roof. How do you know that? One of the trained nurses over there phoned me. She rode up in the elevator with them. I suppose he had lobster Newberg for dinner again. He did. Well, I'd better get out the bicarbonate of soda. Dr. Kildare, do you think she's so attractive? Mm, she's not nearly as attractive as you, Molly. Oh, you. Uh, men never fall for women that act intelligent. And I never had time to learn to act dumb. I can get very tiresome. Yeah, but by the time a man finds it out, he's usually been married a few years. Now, don't you worry about Millicent Forbes. She hasn't got a brain in her head. Listen to me. The smarter they are, the dumber they act. Don't you kid yourself. I've been a woman long enough to know that. He'll probably marry her. Oh, I doubt if she's asked him yet. <laughs> I always knew somebody would get their hooks into him someday. Oh, Molly, don't give up the ship. She'll probably make him very happy. 
She's probably just the sort of wife he should have. Look, they only went out to dinner. Just because they went out to dinner doesn't mean... That's the way these things start. Hmm? Two people go out to dinner, and the next thing you know, they're getting married. Now, Molly, you have too much common sense to think that. I have plenty of common sense, but he hasn't any. No, no, it's all right. Let him marry her. I can take it. I've been expecting this for years. But he only met the woman today. I'm sure I hope they'll be very happy. <laughs> Uh-oh, I think I hear Casanova's footsteps. Now, mop your eyes, Molly. You don't want him to see you crying, do you? Crying? My goodness, who's crying? Well, what's everybody doing up? Nothing. And if you think we're waiting up for you, you're crazy. Absolutely. Why, I never thought for a moment that you two... And I'm were... sure I hope you and Miss Forbes will be very happy. Good night. What's the matter with her? Have a nice evening. Uh, very quiet. What did you do? Oh, we had a little dinner, quiet little dinner, you know, in a neighborhood restaurant. That was all. Mm-hmm. Where's the bicarbonate of soda? Right there on my desk. Ah. How's Miss Forbes? Oh, fine, fine. I think I'll have her come into the hospital, though, for a few days tomorrow. What for, if she's fine? Well, a little checkup never does any harm, you know. Crew wanted us to be nice to her. Well, I'll be doggone. Yeah? Well, what's the matter with you? Evidently, Molly was right. Molly was right about what? Look here. You don't want to be taken in by this woman. Taken in? What are you talking about? Well, now, a woman like this may seem dumb, but they're smarter than they seem. Seem dumb? Millicent is an extremely intelligent woman. That's my whole point. And for you to get involved... Kildare? Are you by any chance laboring under the impression that you are one or the other of my parents? No, no, but... Are you laboring under the impression that I can't take care of myself? Well, I didn't mean to imply exactly that, no. No I... man is going to lead me around by the hand, you know. I'm not afraid of a man leading you around by the hand as much as I'm afraid of a woman leading you around by the nose. What woman? You know what woman. Look here, I just went to dinner with Millicent Forbes, that's all. I know, but that's the way these things always start. Two people go to dinner and, and end up married. Ah, you're out of your mind. I'm not going to end up married to anyone. You talk like I'm a little child married. That's ridiculous. Look here, Kildare. You take care of your life and I'll take care of mine. All right, if that's the way you feel about it, all right. Good night, oh. Dr. Kildare. And good night, you, you wolf. Golly Molly, that's the nicest thing you ever said to me. <laughs> We return to the story of Dr. Kildare in just a moment.
continue with the story of Dr. Kildare, starring Lou Ayers as Dr. Kildare and Lionel Barrymore as Dr. Gillespie. Look what it says here in the columns, Dr. Kildare. Hmm? Hmm. Seen last night at the Waldorf, society leader Millicent Forbes and Dr. Leonard Gillespie of the staff of Player General. Does this mean wedding bells? Oh, and here's another. New romantic duo, Millicent Forbes and <laughs> well, Leonard... Well, it's not my affair. Take them down to Dr. Gillespie's office. He told me to mind my own business last night, and I'm minding it. Jimmy, 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 I need your help. Did you see the papers? It's... Oh, I, I see you, you've got them. Hey, I have a book here I've been meaning to send down to your office. Huh? It's called... Uh... What Every Young Bridegroom Should Know. Ah. Just off the press, quite good, as a matter of fact. Very informative. Ah, now, Jimmy, you know very well. Oh, the nurses are taking up a collection to buy you a wedding present. I don't want a wedding present. Well, I must say that's very ungrateful. No, I am not getting married. That isn't what the papers say. Now, Jimmy, I need help. You told me to take care of my life and you take care of yours. Well, that was last night. That was last night. I didn't know I was in trouble last night. I can't forgive and forget so easily. I was deeply wounded after all. Just because love has at last come to you, that doesn't give you any right to turn on your old friend. Ah, love has not come to me. It's getting a little late for denials, isn't it? <laughs> Hello. Yes, he is. Send him right down here. There's a reporter on his way down from your office. Wants a picture of the bridegroom. Ah. Oh. Now, this has gone far enough. Why did you have him sent down here? You can't run away from things, you know. Uh, when you get involved with an heiress, you have to be prepared to face uh, her public. Jimmy Kildare, I'd like to chain you to an anthill. Well, I'm going back to work. I'm sure we all hope you'll be very happy, Dr. Uh, Gillespie. Molly. Come in. Um, Dr. Gillespie? Uh, Dr. Gillespie is no more. He just passed on into the great beyond. What? <laughs> Don't let him kid you. This is Dr. Gillespie. Oh. I'm Dr. Kildare. How do you do? And how do you do, Dr. Gillespie? I'm from the New York Globe. I wanted to get a statement from you about your marriage. No, I'm not getting... Oh, my goodness, here you all are. My gracious, I've been hunting all over the hospital for you. Uh, good morning, Leonard, dear. <laughs> oh, Dr. Kildare, how nice to see you. Uh, hello, Millicent. Good morning, Miss Forbes. May I present Mr. Uh, Mr. Gordon Arkley of the Globe. Oh, how do you do, Mr. Arkley? I'm so happy to meet you. How do you do? I just came over to see if I could get a statement from Dr. Gillespie on your wedding plans, Miss Forbes. Wedding plans, dear me. <laughs> Dr. Gillespie and I are just good friends. Why, we haven't even discussed wedding plans. No. Yet. Oh. Uh, you seem to have stumbled on something rather prematurely, Mr. Arkley. Killed air. My goodness, yes. <laughs> uh, well, I'm all checked into the hospital, Lenny. You are? Oh, are you entering the hospital, Miss Forbes? Oh, it's just for a routine checkup. I see. How's your cold? Why, well, it seems to be all gone. Lenny cured it. No. Well, I'll see you in a little while. Uh, may I walk down the hall with you, Miss Forbes? Why, well, yes, of course. Uh, you're a lucky man, Dr. Gillespie. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> now, see here, Jimmy Kildare. Stop that laughing. Now, this is serious. 
I feel like I'm up to my chin in a barrel of molasses. Yes, tell me more, Lenny. Lenny? No, no, no. I, I'm not going to marry that woman. Oh, don't tell me. Tell her. Tell the newspapers. Tell Dr. Carew. Hey, did you ever hear of a breach of promise suit? How can I breach what I never promised? Are you sure you made no promise? Ah, oh, Jimmy, now, I am in trouble. Trouble. I need help. Not you. You're the man that can take care of himself. Ah, oh, no man can take care of himself, Jimmy. No man on earth when a woman's around. What am I going to do? I can think of just one way, but why should I bore you with the details? I'm sure you've figured a way out by now yourself. I'm sorry I said I could take care of myself. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry I told you to mind your own business. I'm sorry. I am sorry! What do you want, my arm or my head, my leg? Name it. You can have anything you want. It's yours. Only get me out of this. All right. As long as you're sorry, I'll try, Lenny. No. I'll try. Oh. Why, Dr. Kildare. Yes. Miss Forbes, Dr. Gillespie has asked me to conduct your checkup. He feels that because of all the gossip and publicity that it might be less embarrassing for you if I took care of you. Oh, well, that's very thoughtful of him. Yes, well, he's a very thoughtful man. As a matter of fact, I'm glad of the opportunity to have a little talk with you. I don't know how serious your romance with Dr. Gillespie is just now. Well, one never knows, does one? But I think a woman like you could bring a lot into his life. Uh, you do? Yes, I do. I think you have the understanding it takes to be the wife of a doctor. Understanding? Yes, I'm sure that night after night, while you sit alone, waiting for him to come home, you will understand. You'll be patient and, and silent in the face of loneliness. Well, I, I, I try to be. And when he does come in, tired and cross, without the strength to speak even one civil word to you, I'm... I'm sure you'll understand and be even kinder to him. Well, I... Uh... And if... Heaven forbid, in the heat of exasperation, and a doctor experiences many exasperations and frustrations during the course of a day, if, as I say, the result of these, he should even strike you, I, I know you're the kind of a woman who will understand even that and turn the other cheek. Uh, 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 did, did you say strike me, Dr. Kildare? Well, he has been known to be quite violent around the hospital, but he's always very sorry about it the next day. He needs understanding, you see, and compassion and devotion. Uh, yes, but I... Uh, he'll be living at home with you, of course, so... Naturally, you'll have to take care of him, see that he takes his pills in the morning. There are 11 of them. You mustn't let him skip even one. Uh, 11 pills? Yes, two for his liver, two for his heart, two for his blood pressure, and two are vitamins. Um, what are the other three? Well, I... I think he had better explain the other three to you. Then he must have a rub-down before you let him get out of bed. A rub-down? For his circulation. And also he has to wear red flannels and a nightcap until May 15th, unless the weather turns hot earlier. And in June, he can go without his vest. And yes, one other thing. Uh, Dr. Kildare, would you mind? I'd like very much to talk to Dr. Gillespie. You won't tell him what I told you? He becomes quite violent if he thinks people are discussing it. Oh, I'm sure that I'll be able to find protection from his violence if he should become violent in this great hospital. Oh, uh, but you may remain present if you care to, Dr. Kildare. Um, 
Will you send for him, please? Well, yes, Miss Forbes, of course I will, if you insist. Oh, I'm afraid it is quite necessary. Gillespie, I am a woman and you are a man. Now, we can be frank with one another. Um, oh, yes, yes, of course, Millicent. Well, there seems to have been some sort of misunderstanding afloat about us. Oh. <laughs> People seem to have the ridiculous idea that we're engaged. Yes, 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 yes. there does seem to be some such idea around. Uh, Dr. Kildare has told me all about you. Oh, he has, huh? Yes, I told her uh, that. Please, uh, Dr. Kildare, <clears throat> I could put up with the 11 pills, the rub-downs, and even the times when you would strike me. When I'd what? Uh, well, you see, Dr. Gillespie, I, I uh, explained please, that... Please, Dr. Kildare, but I am afraid I could never, never, never feel romantically about a man who wore red flannels and a nightcap. Why, I never... It's no use denying it, Dr. Gillespie. I have already told Millicent the truth. Oh, you have, have you? Oh, I I must be honest with you. Hmm. This has all been a mistake. One evening's delightful illusion, gone with the coming of morning. But I do hope we'll always be friends, Dr. Gillespie. Yes, I hope we shall always be friends, too, Miss Forbes. You are a sweet, sweet man. Oh, dear, it's too bad. But c'est la vie, c'est la vie. And now, if you don't mind, I'm rather tired and I should like to rest. Yes, 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 to be sure. Yes, yes, of course. Come on, Jimmy. I'll be in to complete your checkup in the morning, Miss Forbes. Did you have to destroy all my glamour to save me? All your glamour? Well, I'll be hanged. Ah, man doesn't like to lose all his glamour with a pretty woman, you know? I'd like to tell her that I don't... Be careful, doctor. You'll be right back in the fire again, and I haven't got a prescription to save your life a second time. I accept your decision, Dr. Gildare. Glamour be hanged. Liberty is the important thing. (laughs) Liberty. (laughs) In just a moment, we will return to the story of Dr. Kildare. Once again, the story of Dr. Kildare, starring Lou Ayers as Dr. Kildare and Lionel Barrymore as Dr. Gillespie. Well, it says here in the paper that Millicent Forbes has a new flame. Anyone we know? No. Molly, did you actually think I'd marry Millicent Forbes? Well, I knew she was going to marry you if you didn't step awfully fast. Were you jealous? Not a bit. 
Ah, you were too. Well, I think you two can fight this out better without me. I have some patients that require a little attention. Hmm. You think you're safe now, Dr. Gillespie? I can leave you alone? <laughs> you leave him alone with me at your own risk. Hmm. I'll figure out a way to break down his resistance to me yet. Doggone, I never realized how irresistible I am to women. <laughs> ah. Why don't you give in and marry Molly, Dr. Gillespie? I wouldn't want to break up a beautiful friendship, Kildare. Uh, a beautiful friendship. You have just heard the story of Dr. Kildare, starring Lou Ayers and Lionel Barrymore. This program was written by Gene Holloway and directed by William P. Russo. Original music was composed and conducted by Walter Schumann. Supporting cast included Eleanor Audley, Isabel Randolph, and Eddie Fields. Dick Joy speaking. Talk to you Sunday night, everybody. May the good Lord bless you all. Jaws Professional, DR Kilder, DR Tab, Jaws of Tab, Sound Forge Pro Eleven, Escape, Escape. Enter. To your father. Enter. Menu File A, Leaving Menus, Data Window S, Say A. Escape, Escape. Enter. Enter. Menu File A, Leaving Menus, Data Window, Sound One Star, Save as Dialog, Edit to set the value. Use the arrow keys or type the value. S A T U R D A Y N I G A T 1 8 1 7 G U E S T J O N I C A N O V A D I T H J O H N COM L A R R Y A N D P A T R I C I A S E C O N D P C Save us, save button, enter data window, type in text. Jaws Professional, Skype trademark, left bracket, 43, right bracket, dash, Walden, alt, tab, Larry Gassman, Windows M, desk, S, C, Gatex, S, sound, 4, enter, user account, Y, desk, escape, escape, enter, sound, forge, pro.